You see, the knowledge of death changes everything. If I were to tell you the exact date and time of your own death, it would shatter your world completely. I know. Can you imagine what it feels like to have someone sit you down? John Kramer? And tell you that you're dying? The gravity of that. Did the clock's ticking for you? In a split second, your world's cracked open. You look at things differently, you smell things differently. You savor everything, be it a glass of water or a walk in the park. The clock is ticking, John. But most people have the luxury of not knowing when that clock's gonna go off. And the irony of it is that that keeps them from really living their life. It keeps them drinking that glass of water, but never really tasting it. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women, but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 119 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, John Kramer, also known as Jigsaw, a.k.a. Moods. And of course, I have my two investigators up in here with me. We got Detective Tap, a.k.a. JP. And of course, we got Detective Hoffman. A.K.A. Jeremy in the heezy. <laughs> at, least I lived the lo- at least I lived the longest, so fuck you, JP. <laughs> but I you're also the know, I used to know Ron Kramer. I wonder if he's related. Could be. Yeah. Sounds legit. Sounds <laughs> 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 legit. Fuck you. I yeah. lived through four sequels, JP. You die <laughs> right away. Fuck I don't you. even know who I am. You don't kept him alive the whole time? Was just being so lame. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man, here we are. Episode 119, Soft Franchise, a long time in the making. Yes. Finally. Um yeah, first up here just a little bit of a disclaimer. This uh show was all recorded at separate times. So if you hear, you know, not the most consistent of maybe voices and other things that you may notice that are just different, it's because at times we were sick, grumpy, I don't know, charted a couple times. <laughs> I, I think things happened during these shows, so, but anyways, yeah, so we were recording this intro after everything. I pick up the and, phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, I'm just very... I'm happy that it's come to an end or a start, depending on how you look at this. So, <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is definitely end. something different that we we just decided to try out. You know, 
figure out a way to kind of get a bonus episode in there by recording these saw reviews before our feature long podcasts every week it was kind of fun i enjoyed doing it uh, i don't know if we'll do this all the time but it's it's it was a it was an interesting way to record knowing that great. we have already easy. recorded the episode it's done yeah. you're about to hear it was, it. <laughs> it was way easier you know it actually was especially you didn't have to watch films these you didn't films. have to watch think, eight films in a week you know you just watched one one or two a week one this was the ideal franchise to do it like this, to record every review separately, I think was probably the only way to do it. Because there's so much fuckery and, and just timeline issues in this franchise that you really need to kind of separate the films one by one. Um, yeah, or else they'll all run together. And, you know, there were yeah. times where they ran together even a week apart. So I couldn't even yeah. imagine if we watched all eight of them in a week. You know, Because we're mean? like, oh, it's like, are we going to rate them in order afterwards? And it's like, shit, I don't even fucking remember the differences between part four and part five. And it's just fucking crazy. I, I think it's a great show, though, because uh, at the time of us recording this, I'm working through the edit. And it's it's very insightful and, and you know, good, 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 good conversations in there. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's get right into the film reviews. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so let's start this franchise talk off with the first one coming from the year of 2004, directed by James Wan, Wan, however you want to say his name. I hear his oh, name. now you sound like me, you fucker. I hear his name pronounced differently every day. Dude, it's definitely Wan. Is it definitely Wan? Everybody, Wan everybody Wan. who's friends with him, like Adam Green and all them, dudes, they always say Wan. Okay. James Wan. That's that's what I say. But I, I just heard the other day James Wan, and I was like, what? That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. But yes, from 2004... The infamous Saw. Saw yeah. one. So this this movie right here, um, ah man, it's just it's just, it's such a wasn't this movie based off of a short film? Yeah, it's on the DVD. Yeah. It's like a it's the trap with Amanda is the short film. Just the trap that they don't have Amanda in this. It's uh, the guy who plays Adam, the other writer of all these movies. He is the he's in place of Amanda, so it's just like the Amanda section is uh. just a short. So, um, mm. one thing we will be spoiling these films uh, because they are a franchise <laughs> and they all do bleed directly into each other. It's a actual continuity. Yeah, there's this yeah, might there's be the most continuity in a horror franchise ever when I think about yeah. it. And it's something that we always seem to forget when we start these franchise shows is to let you guys know before we get halfway through the first review that we yep. are going to be spoiling because, I mean, I'm sure everyone out there listening to this is familiar with this franchise and you do know there's continuity, so yeah, spoilers have is, to be said, man. Uh, part six, six and seven are first, six, seven, and eight, obviously, are first time watches for me. Uh, how about you? <laughs> uh, I have, haven't seen past part four. Oh, yeah, so, okay. so, so five, six, seven, and eight. Well, one, eight. Yeah. So, all first times for me. So this short film that came out. Thanks for asking about me. You fucking. I know asshole. you've seen them all. You know your story, man. You saw all these ones in the theater with your grandma. Yeah, and your you all know. You've but said it on else? the show like eight times in the no, first episode. In the first the episode, you say it. On episode one, and now we're on episode one hundred and ten. How many fucking people do you think are really still here from episode one? 
bro, we're not on 110. What number do you think? We're not on episode 110. Jesus, this guy can't even keep track of fucking shows. Wow, jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so saw the short film was made by was it made by James Wan? Yes. All right. So then he he they were like, hey, this is pretty good. Let's let's make this a whole film. And I didn't know until you just said that, Jeremy, that Lee Wynell is Adam. Yep. Never noticed that once in in the history of me watching these movies. Yeah, buddy. Um, which is cool. Which is definitely cool. Because I like the Adam like, character. He writes all the Insidious movies. and oh, shit. He wrote Cooties a few <laughs> years ago. But he he writes all, all of those movies. That's cool. Like he, Did he write Dead written, Silence? That's the question. I'm not sure, but I know he's written all four of the Insidious movies. N- all four? Yep, he wrote all four. Wait, well, he wrote the four first. Is not even out yet. But it's coming out, and it's coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So is he that wrote this year? Fourth... No, it's 2018. I, yeah, I think it's next year. I love. I that think James One, you know, up until this point in his film career, he's had a pretty interesting career, to be honest. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I always used to think that this was his first full length film, but he had actually done a full length film in 2000 called Stygian, I guess, and. Upon before the show, none of us have seen the film before. No, um, I don't even know where you could see it. At. That's that's a, my next question. I was like, I wonder where you can actually find this film. But yeah. um, so that's actually pretty interesting that this actually isn't his first full length film. But he said a pretty interesting career. He went on to do Dead Silence um, a couple years after Saw. Which, um, what are your guys' thoughts on that film? Uh, Man, I haven't seen that I one. Didn't since I didn't like it when it came out, but I've seriously wanted to revisit it since then. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. I saw it theatrically. That's the last time I saw it's it. It's been ten years, I, dude. Ten yep. years. Ten. You know years. what? <laughs> I I pretty much saw it when it first came out, and that's the last time I saw it too. So, yeah. uh, but I did like it though. I actually did like it. I thought it was creepy. Yeah. It had so good, so good this music and stuff. Lee Wanell only did three of the Saw films in terms of writing, though. Yeah, the first three, right? Yeah, the, the original yeah. trilogy. I mean, the same year he did a movie called Death Sentence, which I feel that. A lot of people haven't seen that film, or maybe film. just kind of overlooked it because it's not generally a horror film. It's more of like a revenge type film with Kevin Bacon. But if you haven't seen Death Sentence, give that one a shot. It's really damn good. Yeah, it's good. Um, year after, of course, he did, um, or a couple years later, he did Insidious, The Conjuring, Insidious 2. And then out of the blue, he gets brought on to direct Furious 7, which I haven't seen. I'm not a big fan of the Furious, Fast and Furious films. I'm just not a big fan of flashy bullshit car films. It's just but they didn't right. start <laughs> out at that man. No, like the first they started one out as like so real car movies. <laughs> like yeah, I remember people like... who were into like like that was not you know like the whole like Need for Speed like like Underglow like that that thing was not nobody knew about that like only like hardcore like car heads knew about that that type of stuff going on and it brought that style to the mainstream and I remember yeah, yeah. I remember people were just like like love that movie and i actually really like the first one that's the only one i actually like though i like number three number three i think it's more about the cars themselves like i i like new you know fancy sports cars no some of them are pretty cool i would personally never buy something like that like i'm more of an old school muscle type guy like i like you know the 70 gtos and shit like that so i mean if, if if there was a film based around cars like that it would interest me a lot more so for myself, it's more or less about the cars in general that are actually used in the films, but I don't know. I can't really... I think I've seen the first two Fast and Furious films, and I, I that was about it. I've seen so, the first three. 
Yeah. I love Tokyo Drift, which is awesome. Be, three being the weakest. <laughs> nah, man. Tokyo Drift is like the Halloween 3 of the Fast and Furious franchise. I know I'm a little bit in the minority here, but after Fast 70, did, of course, Conjuring 2. And, you know, Conjuring 2 has the greatest shot of this decade in horror films, hands down, period. It's got a couple laughable moments in it, too, which I really, it brought it down for me, but. Conjuring uh, 2. It was, it definitely wasn't as good as the first one for myself. Um,. You know, just comparably, because I, I remember, you know, even hearing people saying it's on, it's on pace, you know, it's on, you know, the same level as the first one. It's I hear not a better lot of people stuff, say it's, like, it's better. Yeah, which I'm, I'm completely, um, not on board with that at all. I think I like the uh, first one better, but I, not by a whole lot. Mm-hmm. That shot through the window, man, still fucking blows my mind. Oh yeah, that's the, it's I the mean, greatest. Yeah. It's one of the greatest shot. horror shots of this generation, hands fucking down. It's that's, it's so fucking good. Hmm. It's it's amazing. So starts that's, outside. That's, that's a tall through. comment right there, man. It is. It yeah, fucking yeah, starts that's, that's outside. Tall. There's a lot of good shots. Probably it goes through <laughs> the fucking window. It, it tracks down the hallway, and you get a fucking amazing sense of space in that shot. It's it it really is oh, fucking. Yeah. amazing. I, I agree, man. But then there's also a really poorly executed one just later in the film too. I'm just like, <laughs> like, how can you go from you know having this type of great shot to this and stuff? Um, but I don't know. It, it was still good. And then uh, of course he is brought on to do the new Aquaman, the new Aquaman film, the Aquaman film, which I find is just pure hilarity to myself. But um, I don't have any interest in it. I won't lie. No, I don't. I, I don't know about you two, but. Like, I could give a damn less about the superhero movies that come out besides Batman. Me too. I'm pretty much <laughs> the same way, dude. Yeah. Fuck those movies. Let's get into Saw from 2004, the glorious year of 2004. I think there was actually, I think 2004 was actually a pretty decent year, wasn't it? I know Jerry. Well, those came about. out in 2003. I always no. thought it was, two, it was 2004. Yeah. It was yeah. 2004. Well, yeah. well, we'll do the short little synopsis on this. Uh, two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there or why, and soon discover that they are pawns in a deadly game preparated by the notorious serial killer. Dude, so Saw to me, like, first of all, I love that premise. Like, it could, yep. that premise could be done a million times to me, and I always like it because. It just adds this different level of psychological horror. Like, I love when pe- two people wake up in a room and they're, they they got to figure out why. It's like, it stimulates your mind because there's all these puzzles in there and stuff. And and is, for as much shit as the Saw series gets, this one is definitely not... It was not made for pure, like, torture. Like, you can tell yeah, yeah. that this is this is a completely different direction than it's, the Saw it's a very It's a very Hitchcockian-inspired movie. But the main problem that I love Saw, I love this fucking movie, it still holds up, but now watching it, like I said, I saw this one when it came out in theaters, but now that I'm watching it now, it's a very cut-and-paste type of a film in the sense that it's a present shot, Cut flashback, cut present, cut flashback, cut cut back and forth. It's very, it's very jerky. Flashback. Yeah, the execution. Very... You know, I will, I will say, man, that's one thing that I, upon rewatching this film, that got me again. And I hadn't seen it in a few years. I saw it when it first came out. And I saw it a few years back. So it's been kind. Of, I've been watching this one every kind of like five, six years, me kind too, of thing. It seems yeah. like, but so I, upon rewatching it, that was the first thing that I noticed again was just the execution of the storytelling. 
yeah. in this one it's very very jerky man i mean we get introduced to these characters then we get we start getting the backstories for the doctor dr gordon and la- way later on in the film we actually get this backstory for adam and stuff but in in the middle of that it jumps back and forth with the police investigation and we got uh um yeah, all that kind of stuff going on, but it really does jump around quite a bit. And I, I mm-hmm. didn't really remember it doing that. It, yeah. it but, not only um, does it jump around a lot, but it also does the, those like stylized sped up she- scenes that are like flashes almost. And James mm-hmm. Wan kind of does that a lot. Um, yeah. But I think that I honestly think that they come. They it's kind of weird to say this, and it's it's crazy to say this. But I almost feel like they make the movie look a little dated now, which is crazy to say because it's not that old. Yep. But yep. It, there's just something about that look that I, I associate with like that 2000, early 2000s era. Well, you can and tell it, like like he's I, a fan. I 100% agree with that. You could tell like he's a fan of the old school stuff, you know, just by like, damn it, I don't have it played up. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh fucking shots of flashing going black and white you know mm-hmm. i think th- those are totally texas chainsaw well yeah there's the first thing when we first get amanda or uh, when we get introduced to the amanda character with the with the reverse bear trap type thing on her head yeah. there mm-hmm. uh there's a scene right before it and, and it just it speeds like to the point it's like fucking yeah. it's like uh the camera's going around in a fucking yeah, circle like around techno, her really like fast music is happening it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like really fucking fast and stuff and <laughs> And as well, you guys probably know, like I've talked about this in the past, I'm not a big fan of doing that. It's like we'll I, get to it. I like it in this movie in certain situations because <laughs> it gives you a sense of chaotic rushing, which is exactly yeah, yeah. what the characters are dealing with. It's more supposed to illustrate what's going on in the character's mind than anything. Yeah. And that well, makes sense. That makes sense to do it that way, where it's like it's like illustrating well, the, the, the panic. Right? Yeah, it's it's showing the panic for sure. It's them against a the clock, you know. I mean, what are you going to do when you're being timed? You're going to fucking panic, you know. You're going to start to get shit done real fast. I get that shit, man. Um, but typically, but I, mean, I don't like it too. But I feel like it works in most, not all of the movie. It does not work in all of the movie. But exactly. I would say most of the movie that it, that it feels right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when you have these two characters wake up. Um, one of the things I've always liked about this, this original saw, um, but I don't, I I almost feel like they point it out a little too much is that the, everything is so just like, well, if you would have just did this, you know, it's, it's, it's so like, um, I don't know, like spiteful isn't the word. It's, it's like, like poetically like rude or something you know what i mean like basically the key is with dude when he wakes up in the tub and if he just didn't panic then yep. he would be good um it's it's like so like backhanded like it's it's just like burns. yeah i mean that's insult part of like, you know, injury type thing you know what i mean exactly and i mean that's just another one of those you know twists that happens in the last 20 minutes of this film it's you know just kind of adds to it right yeah i almost <laughs> you know? wish they didn't tell you that ever though yeah. Um, because there's a scene in Saw 2 that we'll get to, um, where they say, where the, they play the tape and it's like, it whispers like, fall the rainbow. And I believe there's no dialogue that ever says that the guy has to type in the combination based on the colors on the back of the necks. Um, that it's, you know, red, green, or red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Um, 
which is the colors of the rainbow. That's the order in which to do it. But they never tell you that in the film, but they do mention it, fall the rainbow. And that's what that means. I always noticed that ever since I was seeing it for the first time. But I like yeah. when they leave things in there and don't explain them, but there's answers to them. And mm-hmm. I feel like when they show the key, I, I feel like it's, it's good script. Writing. I feel like it's a little too, little too much. You know what I mean? Like, cause it was there. I think, I, I don't think you had to explain that. And it would have been cool for people to notice it. And some people wouldn't notice it. You know what I mean? Cause it, it shows it at the beginning when he's struggling, right? Like the, so it shows it go down the drain. Yep. Yeah. That's right. But then the kill, the, the killer reveals it too. Like the key was the keys in the bathtub and then it flashes the back to it falling into the thing. Um, there's a lot of like flash, flashback type moments in, the in these movies, especially this one though, dude. Yeah, the, this one's a little bit too jerky. And that's always been my main kind of gripe with this film is that I feel like you're getting taken out of you know the ex- the situation that that we're presented with with these two guys in this in this bathroom type setting, and then we're, we're almost getting too much you know backstory and we're getting a little bit you know police investigation at times, which I feel like you know we get introduced to our two characters and then it's within like 10, 12 minutes in the film, you know, the police investigation kind of starts, we get, we get that kind of backstory and stuff. And mm-hmm. it like instantly feels like seven, like automatically. It just does feels feel like seven. Like seven. I think, you, know, I you think get these, those movies are so similar. Um, yeah, but I, okay. So I will say this though. I think that watching it after seeing a lot of the sequels, after seeing it so many times, kind of hurts you a little bit because I remember at the time like fully the committed my fucking fully committing on the red herrings of the movie right mm-hmm. because like you have no reason not to you know like the the guy I forget his name but he he plays like Ben in Lost he's like the guy that holds up ties up the family yeah. like there's no reason for you to think that he isn't the killer you know what I mean? There's no real reason because you're not yeah, expecting yeah. it to be a whodunit. You know what I mean? And then you, but then you even start to question the the cop with the scar on his neck a little bit because mm-hmm. he's like crazy now. <laughs> but um, so I, I think that I think that once you know that you know who Jigsaw is and he has this big legacy in the films, it makes those moments feel like less important. When you watch it in in today's time with knowing these things, like you look at it and it's like a distraction almost, but really mm-hmm. it was an important moment if you see the film for the first time. Because I got I the really... same feeling a little bit that it was like I, I wanted to see what was going on with Adam and and um, the Doctor Gordon. Yeah, I never really fully bought into the the cops. Um, I mean, I understand where you know his breakdown of mentality happens when his when his uh, partner is killed and stuff like that and then he becomes obsessed with the case because he feels that yeah. like yeah. You know, i Dr. never Ford, actually thought he was the killer but you know i'm saying that they threw it in there you know exactly but like from a viewer's perspective you know like i can see him losing his mind and you know being uh you know not really kicked off the force but being discharged from the force stuff because his mental state isn't there anymore but then he becomes obsessed with this case and he's so hell-bent on the fact that dr gordon actually is responsible for these killings and stuff like that i just within the story it just it seems so far-fetched because i given the evidence and stuff that is presented it doesn't seem like he would be that obsessed with that kind of circumstantial kind of out in left field evidence you know the stuff that we're just not getting or we're not seeing i I don't know that's fair to say 
But yeah. we're also looking at somebody who's grasping at straws here. Like he's he has nothing. Mm. He has nothing on this fucking dude. Like he's he's so obsessed with it that he he's almost yeah. delusional to a point where he's just willing to take anything he gets. And but he's, he's just physically going with involved. It. But it's not just a mental thing with him too. Trying to you know crack this case and you know put the fucking you know put the kibosh down on on Doctor Gordon. But he's physically involved in this. Like he's you know saving every damn clip and stuff and he's a fucking obsessed with this case i'm just like man dude like it, it just seems so out there it, mm-hmm. when i first watched it too i was like man that seems so crazy that you know the transformation he went from this i understand you know it's all stemming from his his partner and stuff but it, it just seems so crazy to me and i think it, the, the focus on that was you know it's not like overly done mm-hmm. but it's enough that you remember it too it kind of takes away from it. and and you know the runtime in the film is 102 103 minutes you know you got to remember the there's a runtime here Right, so yeah. the things I do take away from it, I'm like, eh, you know, it kind of drags the times and stuff too. And um, well, see, that's the one thing I never thought about this movie, though. Like, I, I think that I get, I, I, I don't like the distraction necessarily, but I've never yeah. once felt this. This movie flies by to me every time I watch it. It just, it's so intense. It I think for myself, for to me. be honest, I don't remember my experience back in 2004 when I seen it. I'm pretty sure it didn't drag at all because it was intriguing. I didn't. I, I'll be admit. I admit it. I had no idea what the fuck was going on until the end. The ending. You know, when you're presented with all the twists and stuff, and then you're like, "Oh goddamn, that's so cool!" Man, you walk oh, out. So you good. walk out of the, you know, from wherever you saw, and you're like, "Damn, man, that was that was pretty fucking cool." You, you want to know this what, what's really? This is one of those films for myself. Sorry, this is one of those films for myself that, upon rewatches, you know, it's it it's so twist heavy and stuff, and you know what's going to happen upon rewatches that yeah. I feel like you start to notice other things like you know, the, the, these type of storylines and stuff with the cop dragging a little bit and stuff. It's just things that you know, because for me, it's not the ultimate rewatchability type film because it's so twist heavy. You right? shouldn't watch it because that twist loses its power. You shouldn't watch it. Yeah. I think, I think you should only watch it like every like five, six, seven years, even, and yeah. maybe never even again for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, until like 20 years later or something. But one of the things that I always like about Saw so much, like I, I think back of it fondly, is there there was a time where I was like not into horror. I told you guys it was like two thousand mm-hmm. two thousand two to like like the late nineties to like early two thousands. I was like a kid. I was still like a kid and stuff. But um, in two thousand four, uh, I had just seen Cabin Fever because I, I I know Cabin Fever came out in two thousand two, but I didn't see it till DVD. Which was not as fast as it is it is today, um, but right after Cabin Fever, I was at my cousin's house, my older cousin, and I was hanging out with her son who was a couple years younger than me, and she brought home some some DVDs from the video store, and it was Saw and Twenty Eight Days Later, and I watched both of them that night and like, I was like, holy shit, like horror has changed. <laughs> like these movies are crazy intense now. And, um, I remember think being on the edge of my seat the whole time watching saw and that feeling has left a little bit since I've seen it so many times, mm-hmm. but there's still hints of it. And I think that like putting these two characters in a room and not knowing like what everything, like, like they find out these, this more and more information slowly, like, like the little whisper on the tape, like follow your heart or whatever. And then there's the yeah. heart on the toilet and then Adam sticks his hand in the toilet. And it's like, Oh, I wish I would have checked the top first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always funny to me. But then they get the, the moment they pull out the saws. It's like real, like chilling. 
And then, then they start cutting the things, the the chains, and they're like, you know, going hard at it and stuff. And and his, and Adams breaks, and then he's like. The revelation is awesome because you're like, oh, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> now. They're like, they want us to cut through our feet. Yeah. And I'm like, yo. Like, I just, anytime, I think, I just put myself in that position. And it's just the ultimate fear. It's just like, oh, fuck no. Like, like I, if I if you put yourself in that position, dude, it is just terrifying to think that. You know what I mean? You're going to literally starve or, or uh, uh, well, die from lack of water probably first, but, or, or you know, what happens at six o'clock, or you're going to cut off your foot, you know, it's just a terrifying yeah. thought. And I think that that's one of the most brilliant things about this movie is that it's, and all of them are cool. Like the, the other one, like some of them are just so unfair though. Like if, if I could choose any of these, it's like, okay, let me do the bear trap thing because I'm just going to cut this dude open real quick. But it's like this other guy has to look at a million numbers on a wall covered in, <laughs> covered in flammable liquid holding a can. Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, that dude got fucked. <laughs> you know? well, like, even the barbed wire thing. It's like, how the fuck are you going to climb through barbed wire? You, know? you That's can like, if yeah. you start right away, but he waited too long. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they make the script so nasty too. You know the whole thing with with Shawnee. Nasty. This one's like a PG movie compared to the other ones. No, I meant with the like Shawnee. Well, with the Shawnee Smith character, man. Like you know what like happens what, to her. What JP? Like the, the like the, he's like rude. Like the like Jigsaw's like kind of rude. Like oh, he, he okay. just the, some of the people's traps are like way worse than other people's. <laughs> like remember the one. Where, um, we'll not remember the one, but we'll talk about it later, but where the dude has the key implanted under his eye, it's like, that's dude, come on, nobody's cutting that's their the, eye out. That's the beginning of the second one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, re-watching this film, and, you know, I, I can't quite remember, like, part two, three, and four, like, overly that well, um, but, uh, you know, compare, but, like, those films are so much yeah. more heavy on, like, you know, the torturesque yeah. porn type you know, and this one doesn't really, you know, rewatching it, it doesn't really rely on that at all. This movie is all story and twists and turns, man. It's crazy. Like I said, even with the Shawnee Smith character and the, the reverse bear trap, like even in that scene, what happens to her with the dude is brutal. The you only know, like, gore like, in this and, movie. Like there's... mentality wise, that's nasty what they do. I think the script is at times really, really brilliant in this film, man. There's so. three, three scenes of gore in the entire movie. Yeah. One. When she, when Amanda cuts open the body, two, when Danny Glover's character gets his throat slashed, and when the cop gets his head blown off, those are the There's only three. There's a little three... bit of leg gore. Yeah, a little bit, but not too much. This movie isn't that much about the gore. Mm-hmm. It's more like Mood says about the story and the twist and turns like that. And I agree, like watching it now, and you know what happens at the end with with John's character laying in the middle of the floor. I just feel like it it doesn't like you said, JP, have the same effect as it did the first time I saw it, but even when you said, like, oh, it's a movie that you shouldn't watch for 20 years, I think it's that kind of the ending that would always stick into my mind, no matter how long time has passed. I think even 50 years if I would, you yeah, know, sit down it, and yeah. think about it, like, that ending would o- will always be stuck in my mind, because when the first time I saw it, it fucking just blew it, it my bl- blows testicles you away, open. Dude, because it's, like, so it's, it's such a brilliant uh, structured movie in terms of like it's information as it's delivered to the audience and finally like I I love how poetic Jigsaw is where he's like you spent like you know the tape you know the tape comes on and stuff and and the puppet was a cool idea like they just had a lot going for him like they really did like think 
this through and add all these little nifty like pieces to it and like the you know where where it comes on it's like you know you spent your life uh wanting to die or something what did you really do it or if it was or was it for attention like if you don't if you really do want to die then you don't have to do anything just sit there but if you want to live you're gonna have to cut yourself again and it's just like dude like this guy is like crazy but it's kind of makes sense at the same time like it's almost like that um like like he like you know that the whole it's such a fine duality you know what i mean like on on one hand he's frustrated at the world for not loving what they have you know not not embracing what they have and not cherishing what they have because he was unfortunate and and lost everything and he's angry at the people who who don't respect what they have but at the same time he's a maniac because he's just going too far with like the idea. It's, I think it's brilliant. I think Jigsaw is one of the most complex characters ever, uh, in in you know in horror films. Yeah, man. Yeah, this <laughs> this, this is a great example. Yeah, this is a great example of a film though too, man. Because like when you really break it down after you're given the you know the backstories of these characters. I mean, right off the hop. I mean, obviously, uh, Doctor Gordon and Adam. They don't seem like the most likable characters but then we as we get to learn things too like you kind of learn that they're a little bit douchey and stuff Mm -hmm. it's interesting because i always talk about you know likable characters and you know wanting to root for people and stuff in films and this is a great example of a film where these characters aren't necessarily perfect they're not even that likable but at the same time it doesn't really affect my my viewing when i'm watching the film at all because it's just so much there's so much going on in this film they also have redemption stories though especially dr gordon where you can see that once he has it all put on the line, he realizes what a huge dick he's been, and he cares mm-hmm. about it more than anything. Yeah, the revelation is, you know, I mean, and he's really, and it shows too, because when he's screaming about his family and shit, and he makes that conscious decision to, to lop off his foot. You know, really, I mean, if he was just a greedy motherfucker and didn't give a shit, man, he wouldn't, he wouldn't cut off his foot. The, the final you know? couple, the final, like, 20 minutes of this movie is just amazing. Everything from the, the, the moment that, you know, he's on the phone, he's hearing the commotion, he doesn't know what's happening, and he's crying, and then he, like, that when he decide the moment he decides that he's gonna cut off his foot, it, if you watch his facial expressions, like, it's just agony and, like, p- pure rage. And then, it, when you watch Adam, dude, Adam is freaking out, he's like, no, 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 like, he's just, like, the acting is amazing from Adam on the, on that moment, yeah. like, and, and then he once he gets the gun, foot, I'm just saying. Huh? He should have known how to cut off his foot. I'm just saying. That's def- that's definitely a little bit of a. <laughs> Why didn't he not break his leg if he's going to cut off his foot? Yeah. I mean, well, the, we don't see the whole thing either, so at some but point. He just, but he just saws it off right away. But he's cutting a little bit high up on the bone there. I well, mean, you I want mean, to get if, down in the, this area. The thing like, is, the thing is, like, go ahead and try to break your leg. You know what I mean? Like, like, well, well, I would be like, hey, hey, Adam, so give me the top of the toilet. There you go. Break your leg. <laughs> He, I, I, I mean, don't know. I, I think that it's a little far. Like, I, I don't think you can expect him to rationally think out how he's going to cut off his leg. He, it's just <laughs> something you got to go for when you're about when you're feeling it. You just got to do it because if I don't know. You the don't, guy got his arm stuck in that folder. He, he, he has to think like he has to think rationally all the time. You know, you think you just take the time to to go down a little bit lower instead of going right through the the shin bone. I mean, that's kind of nasty in itself, man. But. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, I the art of leg, cutting off your own leg it has not been perfected over the years. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think this, this, in 127 hours, the guy cuts off his arm and he does it right. This film well, right here, man, also is has like 127 hours, and this guy has like a like minute. <laughs> no, it's called 127 hours because he was stuck on the rock. I know. I've a- seen the movie. All right. Wow, you've very, actually seen a non-horror movie? It's it's not very often that you find a film where it has, like, so many twists in the end of a film, and they actually all work. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a great example, man. I'm Like, honestly, <laughs> when I first watched this, man, when you find out, you know, the twist with the dude... Um, with who? With John? No, not with John, with the other guy. Uh, okay. The one that's supposed to kill a wife and a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, fuck, goddamn. And you go find out his story, and you're like, oh, okay, that's crazy. And then it goes one step further. But it's just like, it's one of those things where it could come off bad in a script, you know, like too many twists. People are going to be like, holy fuck, like, yeah. how much more can you do here? But it it's so fluent in the end of the film, too, um, which brings me to the scene with John. Uh, man, I never noticed the first time I watched this film, and I don't even know if I watched it the sec- noticed it the second time, but I sure as hell noticed it today. That scene is fucked, man. It's so fucked because I was looking at the, uh, the like the aesthetic of that of that scene, like the way he's placed on the ground. He's got the fucking the bullet hole, you know, the brains hanging out on the right side of his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's holding the gun with his left hand when he's on the ground, and I'm like, wait, you know, what side it, of the, what side of the brains come out on the right side? On the on, yeah, but that's that that's the entry on that side though. No, that's, that's where the he exit. Shot. I don't think so, man. He put it in his mouth. You... That's how I always pictured it. Left hand in the mouth. Take your left hand and put it towards your mouth. Because it's like a tra- it's like an upward trajectory. And I mean, exit, I guess exit wounds are like way that? bigger than entrance wounds, too. It just seems like, uh, even the way he's placed with a gun still is, I don't know, man. To me, but... it's the, I, th- I think that he shot himself up through the mouth, came out the top backside of his head, and he fell forward. That's how I've always looked at it. I guess. I mean, it could. I mean, the physics do seem like they're a little bit off, just the way his head is. I don't know. Because that's funny. Look, it just looks. It, wrong. it doesn't look like a, a entry wound. It looks like an exit wound. The, at the top mm. of his head. Yeah, that's true. It is true. Um, but it's still the physics look <laughs> fucked up, man. Just the way he is. I don't know. Even holding the gun is still crazy because that generally. Well, he's not, not dead, so I mean, <laughs> it, it, I know. Supposed. I guess it's supposed to look like. Oh, some dude just fucking but as a doctor but as a doctor gordon i mean i'm sure he's seen suicides before i'm even scenes who knows i mean he's he's also not up close to him too you know and nobody would fucking question that that guy was actually alive no like nobody would think that like i don't care how smart of a doctor you are you're not gonna be like oh like this guy over here with his head blown off he's clearly the guy behind this I don't know, man. Some people are some people are no, totally get the fuck out of their here. surroundings Come at on. all times, man. Not, I don't know. Not at a heightened sense of, of of fear and and frustration and like and adrenaline like that. I don't see. I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's a long time to. I mean, there's there's obvious moments in the film where they're thinking quite clearly and you know trying to figure out things yeah. and stuff. I mean, he's still aware. There there is mess ups in the film, though. Actually, but, but, there's but, a. But what I noticed I another one. It, there, I actually. think it looks right though. So like, I don't I don't know why you would think that it would look wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It just it looked the aesthetic of it just looks fucked up to me. But uh, there actually is a legitimate fuck up that I did notice. Actually, you know the scene where Gordon throws Adam the cigarette there. Yeah. Uh, he, after he smokes that shit, man, it's kind of panning back and forth to to Doctor Gordon. He's sitting on the ground, and 
when you first reach in the box, there's only two cigarettes in there. Well, after Adam smokes that one, there's actually two cigarettes sitting right back in front of him. I was like, ah, there's a <laughs> fuck up right there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I guess so, huh? It's just random things. Like I was like, oh, shit, there's two smokes. <laughs> there's shit like that in every fucking movie made. Oh, totally. Every 100%. movie. Actually, if you wanted to get real technical about shit, too, I actually noticed you, with, you know uh, what, you know with Adam Smokes. You know something else that that could be, too, though? Because like, Adam Green has talked fun. about this a little bit. Um, basically, like... You know how when you have all these pickup shots, right? Like, okay, you, you're filming that scene, but you know you're going to have to cut back to the box a few times. Well, like, if you forget to do that once, then you can only use shots that you had before. and so, Like, it, it can get super messy. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And actually, even with, I mean, if you want to get real technical, uh, Adam's clothes, man, because he was, like, filthy, you know, after he dipped his arm in, into that uh, toilet and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's quite covered in, in gross. His clothes are changing all through the film, man. Like, all the stains. And sh- I actually noticed, I was like, why is his shirt so clean on that one side now? <laughs> so it's just bad. That. But it's just, it's low budget, you know? I mean, I mean, really, th- those type of things are always going to happen in every type of film. It's pretty hard to keep the exact, you know, look and stuff. I mean, it, it really is, but... But, uh, um, here, I have to say, though, man, here's, uh, film, right? here's an interesting fact that James Wan said. He said uh, he wanted to make the camera movements reflect the two main characters emotions and personality he filmed dr gordon with steady controlled shots and adam uh as handheld shots to capture their emotions of the situation that's mm. a progressive filmmaking thinking yep. right there and actually well, that makes sense now that you mentioned that too because yeah. the reason why adam would be a little more giddy and stuff because he was lying the entire fucking time you know like he you know they're supposedly not to they didn't know each other but Adam, of course, knew who Dr. Gordon was, so he was a little bit sketchy on the fact that maybe he's going to find out, and then oh, this whole shit's going to be like your fucking yeah. lines kind of thing, right? So, like, that kind of, yeah, that's really capturing his emotions because, you know, if you're hiding something, what do you do? You act fidgety. You know, you're, you're just, you're not steady all the time. So, that, that's really good. That's good. Uh, here's another little thing James Wan discovered that he didn't have enough shots to, to, in yeah, post production, James Wan discovered he didn't have enough shots or takes to fill out most of his scenes so he and yep. editor kevin guterette created their own filler shots by doctoring some of them to make them look as if they were filmed through a surveillance camera yeah i, <laughs> I heard that too i actually laughed about the surveillance shots too i'm like man even in 2004 you know if you're going to go through all the extreme levels of planning out these this huge game and shit why would you have some decent surveillance man that shit looks like it was like 244 <laughs> pixels <laughs> Like fucking terrible. Well, it was 2004, dude. Shit was fucking 244p pixelated. You could probably get at least standard def in that, man. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's 2004. Fuck. I mean, we were into that age, yeah. right? So, but no. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So, um, the puppet uh, James Wan designed himself. Or Billy himself. Yeah. I will say that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. Actually, is, yeah, so is the moment dude. when <laughs> when when the fucking dummy comes ro- rolling in on that awesome trike, man. I love that trike because it's, it's so like, creepy, dude. It's kind of a clowny trike type deal, but it's I don't know. It's just fucking creepy. Then man. it makes that fucking noise. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So good. It's the way it's shot too, because I like the way he's shot from. He, you know, he's almost down low and he's shooting up at it. And you know, really, I mean, a trike is this tall, right? It's like yeah. two feet off the ground. So he's shooting up at it, makes it kind of look a little bit bigger and stuff. Uh, I thought that was cool, man. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, whenever you talk about that reveal, dude, 
the when the music comes on, the saw music that we know. I I think that I feel like that's the only time that it's used in the movie though. Is at the end. Do you guys know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it is so, and, and you're just like, what? You see him yeah. get, start getting up in the background, and you're like, what the hell? First of all, yeah. the scene where he shoots him, and then you know they they like hug, and he's like, I'm good. like he's looking dead, like the doctor's looking dead as fuck right there. Yeah, he's powerless. Like, like, and, and oh, the thing dude, with this it's movie, it's so like, sad. He's like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Like, I like that shit hits me, man. Every every time my mom would say. Dr. Gordon's still alive. I'm telling you, he's still alive. And then whatever that ends up happening. But it's like, I thought, oh, man, I can't wait till we get later on. But I don't know, man. So that story I, went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because I can't spoil fucking future movies. So. All right. So I still think um, that I still think the cast, casting of Danny Glover in this film was was random to me, man. I would like, you know. Most of the actors in this film were relatively unknown. I mean, sh- people knew who Shawnee Smith was kind of thing, but Danny Glover was nah, a big dude, name. Dude, nobody knew who Shawnee Smith was at this time. She didn't get popular till after this again. They People just knew, like, oh, she was that girl in The Blob. Like, but nobody really, nobody was saying Well, that. I knew who she was because The Blob's one of my <laughs> yeah, favorite movies. Yeah, you did, but nobody else did. I remember people being like, when she started to become well, like a speak for everybody queen. else. Come on. <laughs> I mean... People that aren't remembering Shawnee Smith. I mean, well, the reason why people aren't remembering Shawnee Smith from that film is because they were concentrating too much on fucking Kevin Dillon's plumage in that <laughs> mullet. Uh, you know what? I mean, Actually, is- I didn't even know that was Shawnee Smith until Saw 2. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> really? I just never, like, she just, did, I, like, she didn't look familiar. Like, I didn't think she was important. She's like a throwaway character. She's only in there for like 10 seconds. Yeah, no, she, her story's pretty minor. And I think that's, you know, what's so surprising about her re-entry back into the the series too you know is how much she's not really developed i mean we get that she's a drug addict and yeah. you know kind of that's probably why she was chosen and things like that but the whole danny glover cast in this film really I mean, when i first saw it i was like damn dude it's danny glover that's crazy i don't know because yeah. everyone seems so unknown in this film danny glover you know i mean people know who danny motherfucking glover is man yeah. <laughs> i mean come on so I, I thought that was pretty interesting and just you know to have him play that type of character too like he's not the star of this show at all of this film and you know what happens to him and it's different man i thought it was pretty cool how they utilize the character to be honest so uh the last little bit of trivia that i'll give here is uh the film's pre-production was only five days it was shot and cut at the same time in its 18 day uh shooting period uh, all the bathroom scenes were shot in six days and the actors had absolutely no rehearsals the rehearsals takes were actual footage for the film hmm. um so that is pretty impressive and i think they, they shot they, danny 18 glover. days is nothing they shot danny glover scenes in two days i think i read they probably could have taken a little bit more time with uh with the doctor's scenes maybe done some reshoots on that because there, there is a couple moments in the third act there where his he, he's completely overacting like yeah. he's just like why why and i'm like yep. watch, I'm just, I, I was oh, thinking what, that which too. scenes i'm like Dude, like, um, like it's right in the third act, man. When he's, yeah. when he's freaking out about his family. No, yeah. no, like no, when he no, first no. finds out about. Though you yeah, guys are, are you guys the same type of people that say that uh, uh, Brad Pitt's overacting at the end of Seven? No, because he's actually it's fine in that film. Uh-oh. This one just comes off as like I don't know. It doesn't seem I like it's it. real, real hard. I feel like that's emotion, exactly man. how you would go. 
in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's how I would act. But I don't know. I just, it's funny, man, because I think I'm, I notice like every time I watch a film, I'm like, I don't know, man, it seems a little bit off. <laughs> but uh, but so I mean, it's, not, it's not like it's not like horrible. It's not like you know, fifty dollar fucking budget horror film acting. But yeah, this, see this, this film had a one point two million dollar budget and ended up making fifty five million in North America for a total of one hundred and three million worldwide. Uh, which is insane, right? That's like a hundred. That's over a hundred times your budget. Budget, I think. Well, mm-hmm. not as good. Not as good as Get Out. Uh, Get Out made six hundred percent return on its profit. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, man, that six times, good. Six times it's or six hundred times its money. So uh, the, the the obviously this film was released in October, the the uh, weekend of Halloween. Which became a tradition as we go forward here, um, that you know, and this tradition has resurfaced. So that's pretty. Seven cool. years later, it's crazy. It's been seven years since the last one. Yeah. And I was thinking crazy. about. It. I was like looking at the date. It's like, shit. That was seven years ago already. They could be that- on Saw fourteen if they kept going. I know. <laughs> we could have. We could have. Competing with the witchcraft. We could have a combined witchcraft saw franchise and have a twenty-eight film, or no, thirty film <laughs> marathon. Right? Do you want to get into that, ratings? That, that idea just gives me a headache, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Hey, Jeremy, what, what do you rate this one? What do you rate this film? So saw, so. Like I said, now that I'm watching it now, nine years later, I mean, I've seen it a few times since then, but now that I'm almost 24 and I've watched it now with a more critical eye, you know, sure, it has a little bit of problems, but, you know, that's just an experience-wise sense on on James Wan, because, you know, he hasn't really made that many movies up until this point, so you can't blame him for that. Didn't have much money, but everything else with the film still works today the ending still kicks major fucking ass even though you know what's going to happen it's still freaking awesome i love saw so i'm gonna give it a nine and a half out of ten all right uh me with saw i truly think it's one of the best horror movies ever made and i think that it's from the most one of the most complex horror scripts ever written too you know it, it, it's it really kind of did some new things and and really kind of uh like it it, it definitely has one of the best twists like i i think that that's if you take all the best twists you know it's like i still think psycho probably has the best twist ever if i'm thinking about it um but you know this is this is up there and to me even in this review like, the stuff that we're saying, it's so minor. Like, because it's such a good movie that, like, these things that we're saying are, are just, they're, they're not that problematic. And they mostly come from repeat viewings, honestly. Uh, so, I'm coming in at a 10 out of 10 on Saw. It's one of my favorite horror, it's one of my favorite, it, it's, I think it's one of the best horror movies is what I'm trying to say. Um, super, super awesome movie. Yeah, man. Um, one thing I love about this film is it's a film that doesn't rely on real shit jump scares and things like that. The thing that's scary about this film is is the situation, you know, like the the situation that that they're in. That's what's fucking scary about this film. And how it plays out is really good, man. Um, you know, as much as we talk about how it's a little bit choppy with all the backstories and stuff, but all that information is 
it's uh it's what you need though it, it's a really nice build up to a great script you know getting back to the whole twist things i've never seen a film that had so many twists that actually all worked i mean mm-hmm. it's definitely one of those films i mean there's lots of films out there that try to do things like this you and know? it's how you do a whodunit right because you do see john yeah. you see him in the hospital but yeah. you never yeah. think like oh this is the guy you know i love that yeah yeah, man, it's uh, it's executed really, really well. There's minor, minor issues with this film, very kind of nitpicking things. And like JP said, it is mostly from repeat viewings. And, I mean, that happens with a lot of films. I mean, there's things that you never notice, maybe the first or second or third time you watch a film, and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, it's a prime example. I never I never noticed the cigarettes before. Just something I happen to notice. Uh, it's it. This one, it, it's just a great, great story. I'm also coming in at nine and a half on this one. So I believe with a, what, a 10, 9.5, 9.5, that is... That's a 29.5 out of 30. Oh, no, uh, you learned how to do math, you fucking dumbass. That's a 29 out of 30, so that Good means job. this one goes into the Hall of Fame. That's not, even like that, like, that's not even that mess up of a math thing, and he's making it seem like so big, but it's because he's dumb as fuck <laughs> with everything else. Fuck <laughs> he's, you. Trying, he's just trying to shine the spotlight on a common, mind, it was a on a common, so a common math mistake. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, you can't do a point five point five equals one. You can't fucking. Do I that wish anymore. you. I wish you guys would have came in at at a, at a ten because I do think this is a perfect thirty film. But I understand. I understand. Um. So yeah, let's move on to Saw Two. All right. So moving along into the year two thousand and five with the sequel Saw Two directed by now i think last time i said this guy's name i completely butchered it anybody know how to pronounce this properly darren Darren lynn Lynn bowsman is it bowsman or bozeman it's bowsman bowsman those are the type of names i just i cannot figure out how to pronounce them right but you know what this uh, movie like okay are we gonna give a plot can i just say what i want to say no we we gotta get talk about darren lynn bowsman for a second what are you doing Darren Lynn Bowsman actually went on to direct part three and four, I believe, also. Yep. Um, he's actually directed a decent amount of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, yeah, he did. He directed Repo, the, gen- or the, gen- yep. the genetic opera. Yep. That's yep. what I recognize the name from. Yep. And the and, Mother's uh, Day remake. And the Mother's Day remake, which, which is one of my favorite remakes ever. I will admit, man, that actually is a really good uh, remake. It gets better I mean, the more you okay, watch it, man. Let, let, let's. I mean, we'll use the term remake loosely. Of course, it's kind of a remake in name only, but it's a. It's definitely one of the better ones. It's a great there, home so. invasion. I've never seen the original, so I have nothing to compare it to. But I love Rebecca and Mornay, and I just think it's like super well done. Very, very um, kind of. I raw. like his direction. Yeah, I like the direction he took in this one because the original one's a little more comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, this but one's this one straight just, serious. Have, oh, totally, and it's it's just straight in your face. Yeah. It's hard. So but he did Abator, which got released this year, which I did review on the mm-hmm. show last or a few shows ago. Yep. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember when, did, but you did review it. Yeah, did review Abator, which I enjoyed. It got a little clunky towards the end, but overall, this guy's actually not a bad director. Yeah, and this he's very outspoken on piracy, and he's very uh, outspoken on his time in in Hollywood. I think after the Saw films. Um, one of the reasons why he directed Repo the Genetic Opera was because he just simply wanted to do something that was more artful and just something that was more, uh, you know, grounded in 
in well, more musically inclined too. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, not, it's not that good of a movie. So. I've never seen well, it. it. You, it has you have fans. to admit, but you have to admit though, guy, like Jeremy. I mean, direct. If you're known for directing Saw two, three, and four, to do something that polar opposite, yeah, that's pretty daring actually, because it's like right off the spectrum. Like it's it's way out there. So I give him props to that. But he actually did direct a, an episode of Fear Itself. Oh yeah, I remember that. Which pretty- is weird because he's not like a yeah. master. Or he wouldn't have been yet. Well, I mean, you got three Saw films under your belt. That's pretty impressive. But, uh, yeah. Toby Hooper isn't a master, then this guy isn't a master. Well, just put it this way, man. I mean, by fear itself, I'm sure they were looking for hot commodities at the time, too, right? Mm -hmm. Not just masters. I mean, he was, I would assume, kind of a, not a fully household name, but I mean, he was recognized. Especially back then, when Saw was hot. That's, That's the thing. I mean... I mean, let's face it, even when Saw 2, 3, even 4, I mean, everyone was talking about the Saw films. So his name had to have been attached there. So why not get somebody that's out there and known? Looking at the ratings, he had the lowest rating, like, audience-wise, of the whole series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. Well, yeah. So, anyways, getting into a quick little synopsis here of Saw 2 from 2005. A detective and his team must rescue eight people trapped in a factory by the twisted serial killer known as Jigsaw. And yeah. this detective, Detective Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg, entered Donnie. Donnie, Wahlberg's, Donnie Wahlberg's character into the franchise, which is crazy and, how long he actually lasted for in the franchise, too. When I first saw this movie back in the day, I really, really didn't like it. And See, I haven't I seen it since then. I haven't seen it since then. And I still really, really don't like this movie. Interesting. Really, this is my favorite song for a long time. The acting is fucking atrociously bad in this movie. Atrociously bad. Come on, it's bad. It's not great, dude. It's atrociously bad. It's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word atrocious. I think that's a little overstating the acting. Mm -hmm. But the acting is not strong. No, I I I hundred percent agree. It is not strong. And it's crazy, you know. The, you know, the, I don't know what her name is. The girl from uh, Seventh Heaven. I was. Yeah, it's the girl that fucking. She is bad in this man. Yeah, she, she is. Bad. Beverly Mitchell. Her, she's really, really bad. And actually, Frankie G in this movie, completely overacting. Who's Frankie uh, G? Say, he's he Xavier, the buff dude. It's like an asshole. Yeah, he's the guy that cuts the number uh, off the back of his neck. Yeah, dude, they are Everybody like really, in really this sore. Po- there are two really sore points in this film. Like, really bad. no, he's the worst. He is. Tobin Bell is like the only semi good acting character no in the cop is, the cop uh, is good too i think donnie Wahlberg. yeah no Wahlberg's, Wahlberg has had better performances than this this is definitely not his best one but he's not the worst part he's not a weak link in this at all i, I think I when think the, the film <laughs> mostly succeeds is is during those conversations between him and jigsaw uh tobin bell's character i think that that's where the best yeah. acting takes place mm-hmm. i mean I, you can't you can't uh forget about glenn plower i think he, as jonas um Glenn Plummer does a good job. I mean, he's he doesn't have a shitload of lines in this film. Who, who fortunately. is Jonas? Oh, he's the black guy. Oh, yeah, he's good. And the other dude who's good is, like, the guy who burns alive. Like, he's in the he's in the film short. He's not in the film long, but he was, he yeah, was pretty yeah. solid. And that's, like, another thing with this movie, now that I'm re-watching it. Like, this one really isn't about the traps either. No, 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 no. It's really not up there yet with like oh well, this, essentially it's all about what, the traps it's essentially like, what so- we have here i mean you know in the first film we've got two people that are kind of forced to work together to figure out a puzzle and this it, it this is more of the same but 
where this film kind of fails itself, in my opinion, is that we have now eight people doing the exact same thing as the first film. And when you have characters, which we don't really know a whole shitload about these guys, it's it becomes kind of problematic in itself because they are some of the worst annoying characters, and now you just have a shitload of characters together. It's like, it's just, it's this like mashup of annoyance. No, it's just like all like, all generic annoying characters. You know, you got the, that's, the, that's, the cop's kid, you got the black guy, you got the hot chick, you got the bald greaser kind of a guy, you got I, the I huge strong guy. I don't think they're as cliche, all of them, oh, they're pretty as, cliche. as you're making well, they, them they, out they, to be. They kind, of, they kind of make them like that, though, because essentially they all have that one thing in common, right? You like, know, they're, they're all criminals. criminals. Yeah, so they kind of have that working against them, but but none of the characters are like, you know, obviously they're not going to give a whole lot of backstory, but none of them are really that interesting. Plus, the dialogue in the film really doesn't help the matter out in this film at all. If you actually listen to some of the exchanges between characters, it's just like, some of it's pretty cheeseball. <laughs> it's pretty cheesy. But it's just a nonstop fucking fight fest, you know? Like, nobody really kind of breaks it down and, and, and starts to do smart things in this. It's just, it's all a matter of it's just people doing things out of desperation all the time in this one. There's no real smart things that the characters are doing. And that's what I find. Like the very first kill in the film where the dude just like fucking loses his mind. He's like, Oh, I got to get this. And then he gets shot in the fucking head. It's like, dude, you know, if you're, I understand if, if there's eight people in a place and you wake up there, everyone's going to be a little bit on edge, but you also have to come together. You just eight people, eight minds. Mm-hmm. Like you think you would kind of come together a little bit more and go, guys. There's eight of us. Let's figure this shit out before you know we start dying off or some See, shit. I, I agree with that a little up. bit, but I disagree slightly as well because I, I've, I know that when you're trying to get a, a random group of strangers to fucking all be unison, it is like nearly impossible, right? There, well, there was, there's, um, I remember back in high school, um, th- this gym teacher did, a, 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 I guess test where where he um told everybody to get in groups of like four or something and do something else and it was just utter chaos because there was no leader he didn't designate a leader and it was just like we completely failed and then when he did it with leaders we completely succeeded you know so um Mm -hmm. i I do understand i remember doing those exercises the the chaos of it yeah exercise that's what i was looking for um Uh, should have came up with that considering it was gym class. But um, (laughs) yeah, so I remember when I first seen this, this was my favorite Saw film. I only seen up to five and it was, it was my favorite Saw film when I, when I was younger watching it now, it does not hold up at all in my memory. Like I was like, I thought this was so much better. However, there are still things I very much like about the film. I actually really like this setup. I really like uh, the, way that the numbers are like i like the puzzles because they never even reveal how they're gonna put the combination in right nobody ever says i got it it's the color of the rainbow i have that written down (laughs) and i like that they've never figured out because this dude was so focused on getting these numbers and he probably wouldn't even have known how to do the combination because he didn't remember which color was which number you know yeah 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 yeah. so he would have been f anyway uh, I like that. I like some of the traps. Like the needle thing freaked me out when I was, you know, like that's like a little bit younger. The opening trap and that that's trap. That's a great are the trap. only two the, the, traps. The, like the trap with the, like the razor blades in the box. That's just fucking retarded. Why? Because it's like, how dumb is she? Why well, would she? She knows. Well, that just she adds knows, to the. 
she knows what kind of situation she's in now based on what has happened at this point of the movie. So why would anybody think it's a good idea to put your hand in a glass box after you've seen somebody's head get blown off, somebody get trapped in a because furnace, somebody a get thrown to in a pit? that box. Mm, no, there is a way to beat that box. How? They don't Because you stick one hand in and then you use the other hand to go up your other hand and push up on the blades and stick your hand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the it problem just, it is, Jeremy, I think that there is one thing in this film that is not uh, spoken through dialogue that confuses viewers, and that is as this poison is going through their bloodstream, it's making their, their brain foggy, and they're becoming sick and, and uh, irrational and incoherent. That well, no, is never spoken that. really in dialogue, I don't think. Yeah, well, they, I mean, you you catch on to that also too with the exchange between Frankie G and uh, Glenn Plummer's character when he basically takes him out with a spike bat. I mean, a lot of people might look at that as you know kind of lazy writing. We've got eight characters here. Um, let's try to come up with you know at least seven ways to kill off the characters and and uh, you know in interesting ways. You know, like you know, like for, there was a couple traps that are pretty interesting, but. When I first watched this film, that was one of the biggest problems I had was that exchange, and he ends up killing him with the spike bat. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? It came to that? These guys can't work together that much that, you know, it came to him killing him? I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. But even watching it again, it's like, you know, you think about the gas and how their brain, they're not acting correct. You know, everyone's at that desperation level because they know. They know. They've been told. Like, you know, after a couple hours. If you've been told that you have two hours to to figure this shit out, dude, you are going to be 100% panicked and finicky. And the more panicked you are, the less oxygen to your brain, the, the, the worse it is. So I get that. I just don't think it was crafted well enough to to really get that across easily it's like you have to really like look at it and like analyze it and and figure out why these people are acting like that i feel like there's an easier way and also the acting does not help it it does not help getting that point across that their their uh motor functions are, are declining and decreasing so i think that the acting and the direction is partially at fault for people not getting that that's happening uh i do like uh, a lot of I like the setup, like I really do. Like I, I like the strangers, and I like it less focused on the traps a little bit, you know. Because I remember towards the later saws, and we'll get to those later, obviously in the show. But I remember, you know, initially watching them and feeling like, okay, who's this guy? Okay, another random guy, another random guy. I like that you have a little bit of character development. It just is unfortunate that this particular film they weren't working with the strongest a character you know works you know the way that they're written and be acting um if you would take uh, a more polished script and, and it might be at fault for this film coming out just one year after saw came out uh it, it, it feels a little rushed and honestly if you had a little bit more time to flesh out the characters and also uh find better talent i think that this could have been a, a, a much stronger film oh man I think the next could, I, movie only has one year and it's a way better film okay but that's also after they have the experience of knowing how to do it in a year this film was the first time they did it in a year yeah you but they've done saying? other films before for they decades before this. Did. Mm. I mean, it is a good point. I mean, it's kind of a learning process, right? You pump out this one in a, in a year. You look at what you did right and what you did wrong. Do you not? And then think you go Aaron from there, and then you create experience? a better script. Well, it was his first fucking movie, so I would hope he learned from the experience. 
Okay, so that's my point that I'm making. I think that I think that it, it was you know very fast paced and and I think that if you talk to Darren Lembausman, he would probably agree with a lot of this stuff. Honestly, I mean it's speculation, but I think that I think that it you know it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there are a little bit of problems with um, how this film is put together. And I think that if you have more time to put it together, then maybe there wouldn't be as many problems. I wish they had to came up with a little bit more of a creative way to um, maybe not use the X marks the spot thing as a major reveal in the film. Why? I, I, I don't know, man. Even when I first seen it, I thought it was a little bit lazy to do that again. Just the fact that they've done it before. They've well, used but, that term. But it's the same guy, right? The same no, guy is creating these traps. I know. I know. Exactly. I mean, you can look at it like that, too. But I just, just to hear that again, just remember, X marks the spot. And it's like, oh, fuck. It just, to me, it just seems like, you know, they could have came up with another creative if way. If it would have just been another X drawn on the wall, I would, yeah. I would be with you. But it was a different style of X. It was a cracked picture frame, which I thought was kind of interesting. Because I wouldn't yeah, have I mean, noticed that. I would not have noticed that. If I was in that hmm. situation, no way in hell I would have thought, like, oh, this picture frame that has a crack in it, that's the X. I never would have thought of that. Me. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just always thought it was kind of mm-hmm. just kind of a little bit cheap, but just kind of cheap in the viewer. Well, I felt like X marks the spots again. Like, well, eh, I felt like but, the ending was a little bit cheap. Oh, I love the like, ending not, in this one. Not, not, the, I, not the fault, not the fault thing with the kid. I Going back to the original occasion from the first oh, film. Dude, I love Because that. it's like, I mean, it's cool to see it, but I think like it's you, a nice you, you lose the the space of the first film in the sense that now you know because you you think like oh the mystery of the first one that i liked was like oh how far did dr gordon have to climb to get out of where he was and because of the fact that they're obviously in the same building as where the first film took place and they don't show dr gordon's body in any sense or another then that creates in the viewer's mind that you know I don't know. I just think that James Wan was probably trying to get at that Dr. Gordon died, and I feel like, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I don't know what you're trying to say either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why I like it is because why? it makes you feel like he's he never got caught. These people are still there, you know what I mean? Like, he's he, it makes you think that he's like a mastermind, and it's like you see that, like, they never made, the police never even made it down into there. You know what I mean? And I think that that is amazing because it's like it shows that how smart he is that he's able to keep that under wraps and stuff. I like well, they that. kind of do because they do show a couple, you know, pretty rotten type bodies down there and shit, right? So oh, it kind of gives you that sense that, wow, clearly... like this, yeah, this this guy clearly got away with this shit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, they never even found that place, which makes yeah. you think that the scope is much bigger. Like he could – what what else – has he done that we haven't even seen you know what i mean yeah and and i like that about it and plus it it also makes it more believable that that he could do this again with it being you know because he never got caught on in that place because it's the same place right they're in the same building yeah 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 so it's like it makes sense like oh he's just using the same building so he doesn't have to go fucking buy another building or find another abandoned building you know stuff like that because let's face it he's already found a lot of abandoned buildings like like you Mm -hmm. know it's Mm -hmm. uh i don't know i just thought like the amanda thing was just like i don't know i think that wasn't that creative to be honest like i didn't see it coming when i first seen this really no i did i actually at all i completely thought that like 
oh shit, she fucked up again, and now he's 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 terrorizing her again. And well, and I, I always thought, thought the reason I was like, oh, I always good. Yeah, I always thought the reason why he brought her back was because he was she was the one that beat him. Yeah, she's the only one, and, and it's yeah, like Final why, Destination, right? Like, but don't you think in his yeah. mind that if she had the will to live, she showed Jigsaw that she appreciated life and had the will to live. So why would he send her back unless she lost that will to live? And I don't. Well, well I think that's what's projecting another twist. She right? cuts because herself, right? That's why this she, is the thing. Because Jigsaw is a psychopath, and. You might say, "Is well, he, he really?" Yes, he is. Because the very fact that some of these people have these easy things to do, like cut open this body and th- th- this other person, and other another guy got to fucking cut his I eye never, out. I, you know, I he never doesn't actually thought as Jigsaw as a psychopath. Me neither. Because they go into they go into his background and his story. Yes. Quite drastically, and they yes. explain, and you mm-hmm. know, through dialogue, you know, yep. the reason why he's doing this because, you know, he wants people to appreciate he life does you know? but he's also a psychopath because you have to be a psychopath to be if somebody's a if somebody's a snitch and you want them to you want them to uh you know like he he, I don't he really might have started off as like something like that but definitely he has got because carly had the same conversation when we watched this she was like yeah. dude this guy's an asshole like who cares if somebody's a snitch? Like that's no, that's not like somebody who's like ODing on drugs and don't care about their life. Like, like why, why is he doing this to certain people? Like the, like the kid and stuff and, and you know, and all this. And I'm like, yeah, well that's because he's a psychopath, but he's not picking people at random though. If you, I think if he was picking people at random and he was making them go through these type of obstacles and things, I mm-hmm. think you could label him as a psychopath a little bit more, but given the fact that he wants people to theoretically make it through, he wants you to appreciate your life and things like that. I mean, it's all through dialogue, and I, I do yeah, really, that, really I don't kind of buy like that, that about it, him. Because Dr. Gordon, in the first film, appreciates life. He won. Like, in his head, he truly regretted what he did. You could see it. There's no way that you could deny that he changed, right? And yet, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I think that Jigsaw, yeah, on the surface... It's all fine. Well, he did again. have something against Dr. Gordon, though, too, because he was kind of the guy that told him that yeah. he wasn't going to have much of a life, too. So, I mean, he does have a, I think, a more I of a think reason Jigsaw to, is more to com- dislike him. Complex than just like yeah. he, he wants people to live, like to, to realize yeah. what they have and stuff. Because I think that's what it might have started out as. That's like what he is on the surface. But I just don't think you can do all these things uh, without like almost like reveling in what you're doing and. <laughs> You know, in a sense, I mean, it is a decent argument to say that he's a little psychotic, too, because, you know, he tries to kill himself. He lives through going off a cliff over, you know, driving off a cliff in a fucking car and then has this epiphany. He's like, oh, shit, man, how much can the body really take? <laughs> you know, and he starts kind of fucking with people. So if you look at it from that angle, too, I mean, it's a little bit psychotic even to conjure up and think of these traps and, and, yeah. and, and even go through the process of getting people. I mean, you still if have you to go through that. you pay attention to him and the dialogue insane. that he has, dude, where he says, like, you know, they'll begin to bleed out of every orifice in their body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, there will be blood. That is a madman loving it, okay? Yeah. That That's my yeah. opinion on Jigsaw. Like, I do yeah, think I, that it's fair. he it's does fair. care about the message, too. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what's interesting about Jigsaw is he does care about the message, yet he is still a madman. And yeah. that's the difference between other characters that we see later on in the series where he actually does truly care about the rules, but 
he might stack the deck. He's stacking the deck to where some people have it harder than others. And that is, that's madman talk right there. That's like, he almost wants people to not succeed. I think a lot of times, um, I mean that's also that's also his frustration with life in general, given his present position mm-hmm. with cancer, yeah. right? So I mean that's a little he's bit angry. of that talking he's angry there too. At the world. Of course, he's pissed off at the world, and it, it's a direct response to what to how he's, you know, as how he's living in the world. You know, it's, I'd be fucking pissed like, off too. Think about it. Does the kid really deserve any of this? No, but it but it makes for you know honestly, this is the one thing about the film that I really do like. I like the fact of how they how they gathered up these these seven other people besides Detective Matthew's son. Yeah. They put Matthew's son in there basically as kind of bait, you know. Once they mm-hmm. kind of figure out some shit, um, I, I do like that though, like because Detective Matthews is supposed to be he's he's a detective. He's supposed to be the hero, but at the same time, he's kind of the anti-hero in this too. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't just impatient, you know, it's well, kind that's of a complex ju- that's his riddles, though, right? That's why you uh, you love Jigsaw because it's like. It's like, yeah. All you got to do is talk to me. Yep. And he tells you straight up, but you don't think that's what he means. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we might, because we, we know how he plays now, but, like, this is a guy who met him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite thing about and, how you get into the story of Detective Matthews yeah. and, you know, who he is and stuff and, and how the story develops from there. I think that's actually kind of a decent storyline. I think the execution is not the greatest, you know, but that given that storyline and the backstory of detective Matthews and stuff. And I think the one thing that I thought of when I first watched this film back in the day that I actually rethought of was, you know, because they give you two hours I mean, there's literally a timeline. I wish that they had have somehow been able to do it in real time. I, was, I think that would, I, I added, think that would have been cool too. I think they would have added this element of even for the viewer, it would have made it uneasy to watch because you're, you're like watching way the clock. More you know, like, I, I way thought more of that before once when I watched it. Because they they almost do it in real time. I mean, there's a point where it seems like it's kind of on. Obviously, the movie's not even two hours long, so that doesn't yeah. even make sense. But um, but there is a point where it almost seems like it's counting down and stuff. And and that's also due to the rapid rapid. And you guys know my feelings on that yeah. type of over stylized editing that you they see do it in again. The but it's really really crazy in this film. Like it goes out of control to the point but where it goes out of control right good. in the beginning with the opening trap. They do oh. that fucking move the camera around really fast kind oh, of. Oh sure, bullshit. for sure. But then you know when everything's starting to unravel, you know with you know with the cops and, and you know when they figure out what's going on with the cameras and stuff. It's like crazy, dude. I wasn't feeling good when I was watching this, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy fuck!" Like it was making me nauseated, man. I was like, "Damn." But yeah, that's um, that's pretty wild editing and shit. So not my favorite thing in the world. But I understand why they do it like that because it's unraveling. Everything's coming together, and it's you know the all fast paced energy and shit that they're trying to perceive in the film. But yeah, I don't know, man. Um, there's good, there's good and bad points to this film. Mm-hmm. So. I still don't like it, man. So, I don't know. so this. I film... just think it like lost everything that the first one had, and I understand it's a sequel and it's supposed to do that. It's supposed to do something different and carry the franchise along, but I feel like this one, while it's not like Nightmare 2, I feel like it's still like, you know, when we think of sequels, we think as like the sequels being just as good as the first film usually. You know, Child's Play 2 is just as good as Child's Play 1, Friday 2, it it is what it is, and Halloween 2 is just as good as Halloween 1, Texas Chainsaw 2. You know, it's pretty I, much. I don't the think same so. As, I don't think really? so. On, and I think on like any this, of those that you Hellraiser decide. two, 
It's just as good as Hell well, that, that I agree with. So I just feel like this one doesn't follow that trend, and it, it goes backwards more than it well, goes well, forward. When you're talking about Saw, I mean, it's it's almost like one, it's, of, the, it's it's almost one of the greatest film. horror films ever, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, but it's this a is kind of what, act to follow. I, I feel like this is kind of what you would expect to get. I mean, given Saw was such a creative and well-executed film, it's really hard. I mean, you have to do something else. But I kind of like the ideas that they that they um, they injected into this into the sequel. You know, given like like you said, there has to be a starting point, and I kind of like where they you know they kind of start off this mm-hmm. trilogy, I guess, within the franchise with Detective Matthews kind of thing. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I think there's some really good ideas here. I just it's more about the execution of this film, really. Yeah. So so with I, myself. There is some like you know cool little trivia bits and stuff. Obviously, like in most films with twists, uh, the the actors were not given the last pages of the script to conceal the mm-hmm. ending. Um, uh, there were five alternate endings shot to this film, which I find very interesting because I've never mm. seen any of them. Um, the whole film was shot in one building. Oh, and another thing: when Jigsaw, when er- all the cops enter the building those cops get hurt or killed or something, you know? Like, they yeah, don't know yeah. anything. You know yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? That's, yeah, it, that's, that's, a good... that's another reason why he's a psychopath. Um, the the bathroom's uh, set was completely recreated for this sequel. Obviously, it didn't still exist. Shawnee Smith was pregnant during the filming of this film, but didn't tell anybody. Uh, hmm. Darren Lynn Bowsman plays the hooded figure at the beginning of the... Uh, movie at around the two minute mark hmm. uh there's you know in u.s and canada this is the highest grossing saw film uh really yeah wow yeah it's crazy there, there's i mean there's tons of trivia here guys but uh this film uh <laughs> made a ton of money uh, it had a four million dollar budget and it grossed 87 million dollars in the u.s um, I believe in the U.S. Yep. Well, it's the highest grossing in the. Oh no, that was the third one. Sorry, but <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it did pretty well. Yeah. Do you know any of the differences between the rated and unrated version? Uh, it's actually like two minutes or something like that. Yeah. It's it's not much. We watched the unrated version. I did. I don't know about you guys. I mean, two yeah, minutes is I a did. lot. I did. Yeah, I but it depends. But it depends what it is, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be just a whole scene. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. No, it, it really can be. Um, or it could be like a bunch of gore shots that are extended. You yeah, know, but this it, movie's it, not that gory to begin with. It's which really I which I always gone. thought was quite intriguing. You know, because generally that's the rule. The only, for a the only really like gory scenes in this movie is the beginning, which is not even that gory. And when she puts her arms in the in the razor blade that trap, that actually makes me cringe a little bit. And the eye scene, the eye where he puts the razor blade up to his eye and stuff, or the scalpel, it makes me cringe because Dude, she's that's so the beginning. Stupid. To this day, that is the hardest one. That one I that just, that guy gets, I always feel bad for that guy because I'm like, there's no way in hell I can cut my eye out, no matter what. I can cut my arm off yeah. before I can cut my eye out. The chick <laughs> with the with her hands in that trap, that just 
it really does irritate me because her arm gets stuck and then she puts her other one in the other. Like, does she honestly think she's going to get out of that? I think she's <laughs> not thinking. I think she just sees that serum. Her brain's but, already starting But even if you're all foggy, though, it's like, okay, you know that your arm is not coming out of the first one. <laughs> it's like, but you have the frame of mind to put your hand up in there. I think you have the frame of mind to think that that's not coming back out. I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of silly, but yeah. Well, but. um, okay. So one of the things that, you know, and, and getting, getting into ratings here, one thing that we didn't mention, I like how each of the people had their own jigsaw trap within this building, but we always didn't see each of the person who, you know, that trap was for end up doing that trap or that, that, you know, challenge or whatever. I kind of like that. That was pretty cool, you know. Um, I, I think that if you're going to put everybody in the building, that's kind of a cool way to do it, where there's all these different rooms with tape recorders and stuff, um, and it's for each person. I like that. No? You guys don't? No, it's pretty cool. It's okay. All right. Want to get into ratings? Yeah. Jeremy, what do you rate this? So, Saw 2... So, even though it sounded like I didn't like the movie and I don't like the movie, it's not like a below-average kind of a movie or anything like that. It's not like it does anything bad. I just don't find it as a as a film that I enjoyed. I think the acting is still really, really bad. And, you know, it, it that really hurts it for me. I've said it a trillion times on the show that if there's one thing that really bothers me in a movie, it's bad acting. And this one is pretty, pretty bad. So, I'm just going to come in average on this one, a 5 out of 10 on Saw 2. Holy shit. <laughs> 5 out of 10. Um, yeah, man, I, I like, I, there's a lot of things I like about this. I like the whole Detective Matthews story and how that develops through the film. I think that's my favorite part about it, how they get all these people together and shit. I think that's actually kind of cool. That whole hero slash anti-hero type thing that you got going on with this detective. I mean, he's not really a likable person. Um, and, they, and they don't shy away from showing that, too. You know, he's kind of a fucking dirtbag, really. I mean, he's got obviously big problems with his in his personal life. Um, you know, his son, wife, things like that at work. And I, I, I like that, man. It, it adds to the darkness of the film. I, I just think the biggest problem with this film is just the actual ed, uh, execution within the story. Uh, like Jeremy said, the acting is a big part of this film. I, I mean, if you're going to put eight people into a room and have a very heavily dialogue-driven type film, um, I think that I think the performance need to be able to sell the script a little bit more. And in this case, it doesn't do that for me. It's actually quite com. There's times and, in this film where it's actually what? quite comical. The best actors die first. <laughs> I know, and that's <laughs> which is so, so stupid. <laughs> the dude that. The, the dude that gets burnt, man, he's, he's awesome. Man, that yeah. guy was cast perfect. Though. He was probably one of the most perfect cast yeah, that's, guys. that's what I was talking about, yeah. He was bad. Like, total good look. Perfect mm, look, right? Yeah. Which I didn't understand. And that, and that going back to, like, the casting part, you know, the chick from Seventh Heaven, like, you know, <laughs> you know, just trying to buy in the fact that she's a criminal. Yeah, I was thinking that, It's too. complete horseshit, man. It just, it's not working whatsoever. It's just... They probably could have cast out this film a little bit better, but, you know, overall, it does have some pretty cool ideas. I like the infused um, kind of twist, not the infused, but the twist that they have in this. I, You know, when I first watched this, I never saw it coming, so I, I really liked it. You know, I thought that was actually kind of a cool thing. But within the story, you know, within the films, that come, it actually does make sense why they did this already in this, in part two. So, mm-hmm. I go, I'm going to go with about a 6 out of 10 on this one. It's It's not a terribly great film. 
I'm a little bit surprised at the fact that they didn't go crazy gory in this one. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the conception when this film came out. I was like, holy fuck, Saw, it's going to be crazy, man. Crazy, you know, uh, insane traps and gore and shit. And it's really not like that at it, all. And it's, it's funny like because that. by by after Saw 2, it was full-fledged, you know, hating on Saw because of how violent it is. Like, so it's yeah, funny to look back now. But I still think, I, I think, in my opinion, the most hard scene to watch in this film is a scene that, where there's not really a lot of blood, and that's when uh, Shawnee Smith's character falls into the pit of needles. Yes. There isn't any blood. And that's the there's thing, and that's so cringeworthy. Mm. I, I mean, could you even fathom that happening to you? Yeah. Because, oh, that's yeah. devastating. Come on, man. You, I would mentally, be thinking dude, be, right away. You, oh, mentally, you'd <laughs> be fucked right up. You wouldn't even be able to feel the pit. You'd be so fucked up mentally, probably. <laughs> That's terrible. So, um, for ratings for me, man, like, okay, Saw 2 is not the greatest movie ever, by far. But um, I think that a lot of people forget that that ending still was very powerful when you first seen it. Yeah, it doesn't have that feeling today, but, like, I remember I got fucking chills when that ending happened. I was like, holy shit. Like, it it was like, you know, Goosebump Central. Like, I like that kind of ending that completely you know, surprised me. And I was looking for a twist and I didn't see it coming, you know, not that way at all. And I, I didn't think that Shawnee Smith was involved at all either at all. Like I had, and I didn't see the safe thing. They, they tricked me 100%. Um, and I still think that that ending is super cool. Like I really like that ending. Uh, the opening trap is great. Uh, the, the dialogue between Tobin Bell and, um, the cop is fantastic. I think that, that the line, oh yes, there will be blood, is like one of the coolest horror lines ever. Uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in this film. And honestly, I think that people grade this film a little bit on a scale because it is a Saw film and it is a big, you know, Hollywood picture. But if you would, if this film would come out and be like a, you know, a regular, you know, film that you bought on DVD for like five bucks is like a blind buy, I think people would be fucking raving about it. Um, so I'm going to come in at a 7.5 out of 10. I think this is still a pretty solid flick. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> seven and a half. I do believe that this is seven and a half. I do believe, uh-huh. I, I mean, I know for a fact that you've rated fucking, you've rated ABCs of death higher than this, dude. No, I gave it a six and a half. Yeah. Well, you rated this, ABCs yeah. of death higher than this. Yeah. I just didn't like it, bro. I understand. I understand. But Do you I, guys okay? How did you guys watch this film? Because I I have that like Blu-ray. you know that that single keep case Blu-ray set. You know, I Man, had, I, the transfer the transfers on these first two movies are atrocious. Yeah, the Blu-ray transfers are horrible. Like what, the first like, film's all right for what it is. It's okay, but like this one, it, it looks way this worse. This one's than bad. First one. Yeah. Like honestly, have you ever checked out the ratings on Blu-ray.com? <laughs> they no. got rated on here. I can Holy check. Fuck. They they actually just look like DVDs. Like maybe even okay. yeah, yeah, I, I can't really remember the transfer honestly that much now that you mention it. Like I'm like curious to see if like the individual release. Yeah, I was about 15 minutes into the film and I kind of laughed to myself when man, this transfer looks atrocious. And I'm wondering out, if it's three out of five, dude. You know what's yeah. funny, man, is like I guarantee that Saw has made a killing on DVD sales over the years, like. Do you ever, any used place you go to, there's always like 800 copies of Saw. Yep. I literally went to Goodwill today, and there was like three copies of Saw 2, and then like a copy yep. of Saw 3 and 4. 
And I was yeah. like, they, you always see, I remember going to FYE and there'd be a line of just Saw films, like a whole shelf dedicated to Saw films. Well, like, a couple months back, I sold off all seven of my DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I guess it would have been six. It would have been one through four and then six and seven. Because I have that part, that special edition for part five where you press it and the saw goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kept that. I was like, that's kind of There's cool, so many different versions works. of these films, too, yeah. that oh, have dude. been put out. It's a headache. You know what I never understood why? Because you could, they had like all these like special edition theatrical versions that looked all cool, but then they weren't the director's cut. And, you yeah. know, for collectors, it's like you would have part one, three, and five that were like unrated, and the other ones were rated. And you're like, what the There's fuck? There's no is excuse going on? why there isn't a Blu-ray set with all <laughs> rated and unrated versions. There's no goddamn excuse for it. It drives me crazy. All right, so jumping into the year 2006 with Saw three also directed by darren lynn bozeman Bowsman. and uh yeah man let's get right into this uh, synopsis of it quick we'll do the quick little one here because there's just the other one's way too long all right jigsaw kidnaps a doctor to keep him alive while he watches his new apprentice put an unlucky citizen through a brutal test all right so saw three god damn this is a good fucking movie i'm sorry i love saw three i really do i think like out of all the films in the entire franchise, this one has the most heart, and it has, you know, it's actually a good movie. I mean, the Saw one's actually, you know, Saw's original Saw's a good movie, but this like one actually, like I said, it has heart, has awesome character development, it has a shit ton of traps, but the traps aren't just about the traps. There's a story behind the traps. You know, there's a reason why the traps are in place, and it all revolves around each other. And a lot of those other movies, as we talk about them, really don't have that. So, you know, I, I love this movie when I saw it back in the day, and I still love it even today. Way more than Saw 2, that's for sure. It's just a more well-polished movie. It just shows you what a year does to a filmmaker and, you know, a better script. But And just a second try at something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is a great example of a film that you can tell they put a little bit more thought process into the script. Um, but with that said, you know, I, I still think, you know, to this point in the franchise, it's definitely still the bloodiest one. Uh, yeah. It's got some nastiness to it, some real grittiness to the, you know, to the kills and things that are going on in it. And But even but, like some of the grittier gore, like there's there's a reason behind it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and and big kudos to the script, you know, creating that and doing what they did. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, did anyone actually predict the, the twist in this film? Um, or the outcome, I should say. I don't know if you want to call it a twist. It, I, I guess it's so. It's definitely a twist, but I mean, I don't, I mean, there's like, there's so many like reveals. <laughs> I don't know exactly. Well, this is the last one. one. This one is the last one written by now. So what I was thinking was that. I think he sees these films as like a trilogy and that this should have been the last film. And that's the way I see it, that this should have been the last film in the franchise. And then um, whatever happened, you know, whatever bullshit politics happened and they made Saw 4. And mm-hmm. then that starts that five, four films because the next four films are written by the same two people. So, you know, I kind of like see it broken up into two separate not trilogies because the last four is four and not three, but I, I see it broken up into like two different storylines. Saw one through three is one storyline, and then four through seven is another storyline. So now I, I would assume Jigsaw is going to be, you know, a new storyline. So 
it's just the way I see it. I just I think he's so, that's why I don't think the twist is as in you know mind blowing as the other two films because I thought like he thought that this was going to be it after this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't think that the twist. I mean, the twist is not as powerful, but it's not. It's not really that much of a twist as much as a reveal, anyway. Well, because when you think about it, like this, it 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 sums everything up. Amanda's dead. John's dead. You know, everybody's dead. So it's like, where are they going to go with this besides Doctor Gordon coming back? So it's like, well, that's I why I kind that- of thought. I mean, you see his wife a little bit, and we, we you soon realize what that's going to have to do with the story. But I just feel like with this film, just proves my point even more that he thought is this as a trilogy because there's really nowhere to go after this one. Well, even with the way it ends, though, I mean, it completely sets it up for another yeah, film. Yeah, that's the thing. That that's the thing where it's like, that, well, that's what, yeah, well, well, this the only- proves that trilogy theory though. Like it, this one ends on a note where it it like has to have another film. Yeah, I think yeah. that really I think does, that more so. so it's like we close the book on this chapter and we're starting yeah. the next chapter, which mm-hmm. I like. I like that they did that. I like these little arcs within a overall arc. You know, mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. main story, and then there's these little arcs within. Like Friday Thirteenth's good for that. You know, you have the Tommy Jarvis arc like right there in the middle. You know, and it's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, this film to me is like I, I when I first seen this, I didn't like it that much. Like I told you guys, like Saw 2 was my favorite of the Saw films. That includes Saw 1, even. I don't know what the hell, why that was the case, you know. Really? Um, hmm. But, you know, it, and it was like that as they were coming out, you know, I watched up to Saw 5 and Saw 2 was my favorite. Years later, I watched Saw again and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely my favorite. So Saw became my favorite. Um, but this is the first time revisiting Saw 3 since it came out, or since it came out on DVD anyway. And uh, I guess I just didn't realize that it was like a real you know, movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're all three of them are real movies. I just the, think this one has more I, of a complex story. I think this one it, it feels like a more full film. It feels like it just kind of filled in the gaps a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're watching this film, it, it it almost fills in, say, the minor plot holes from Saw One and Two, yeah. things like that. It kind of shows you, it gives you a little bit more information. I mean, you theoretically don't need that because in our minds we already know what was going on because you're given enough, anyways. But they, yeah, but we I, learn how Adam died, and I think that's kind of important. You know, he just didn't. Yeah. He well, just didn't that, fucking starve to death. You know, he fucking that's, a man well, that killed one, him. So that's one of the things I'm talking about too. You know, yeah. but uh, I do like that. You know, they went that extra mile in the script to show you that and stuff. I mean, yeah. this film is pretty long. You know, as a director's cut, I mean, it runs close to two hours, and it's, you know, it, it, you know, there's a lot going on here. It's a very, very complex script that you know is still very easy to follow and stuff. But um, I like what they did to, with this one, man. I mean, you know, Jigsaw as a character. I mean, we've discussed that. This is Jigsaw you know, is at his best so far. Yeah, man. He's he. I don't know, man. See, the games that he's pulling in this one. I, I just, I like what it really comes down to. You know, it's a, it's a moral tale, man. You know, about like resisting temptation and things like that. And I think mm-hmm. that's just, it's a real fucking hard dilemma they put this Jeff character into. And I love the fact of how it's actually executed too. There, there's so, really, there, really there is a lot of complex stories going on because each person has their own battle. Like yeah. Amanda has her battle. Jigsaw has his battle. Um, the uh, wife and the husband both have their battles. It's very interesting because they're but then similar every person, battles. Like, every person mm-hmm. in the traps 
they have a battle too. So it's like a story in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's very well fleshed out characters in this one. But I will tell you this, guys. And, you know, on when we were talking about Saw 2 a little bit ago, we were uh, arguing whether Jigsaw is a, is a psychopath or not. And mm-hmm. And this is why it's conflicting, right? Because in this film he's all about the rules and things like that. And Amanda yeah, is yeah. that character yeah. who's who's uh, not playing by the rules and things like that. But I, I'm sorry, I just cannot buy it. And I think this is a character flaw with Jigsaw, too. Like, if you look at Saw 1, uh, Amanda, right, she has the, the reverse bear trap on her mouth. And she has to kill an innocent guy and take a key out of his stomach. So Why? You know what I mean? That's that's just pure murder right there. There's no yeah. game or anything for that guy. And again, with the cops who go up the stairs and uh, and, and saw two with the legs or whatever happens to him, like again, innocent people. And I think throughout, you you see Jigsaw put innocent people directly in danger or actually kill them. Um, and I think that that is either one a character flaw because it's a contradiction to what his character is supposed to be or it means that it's a uh, a complex character meaning that what i like to lean on is that he's a psychopath and yeah like in his head he's he thinks that he's doing this all the right way and and he you know he's full of himself with the his legacy and, and his work that he's leaving behind and he ignores the fact that sometimes he has to break his own rules to fucking mm-hmm. make things work so, I think it's also because of the state that he's in in this film, too. He's at his weakest. He knows he's going out. And the story leads right into that. You know? I mean, it, it leads right into what happens to Jigsaw. And I think, at, you know, throughout the film, he has to play by his rules in order for that to actually play itself out the yeah. way he needs it to play out. So, is, is I mean, at the same time, it, it kind of shows, shows him being a little bit sympathetic at times. Mm-hmm. But there still is a motive behind his sympathy and i think that's where the character is so complex and you can look at it from both angles which is you know good that you brought that up but you know at the same time i mean there is a point to what he's doing it's it's very mastermindish so do you you think that he is a hypocrite and his character is written hypocritically or do you think it's supposed to be more complex where yeah, he is a psychopath at times and and does break his rules. Like how do you look at that? Is it a flaw in the script or is it does or is it okay that he's like that because he's a, technically a psychopath? Where do you fall in there? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would go as far to say hypocrite. I think he's just so complex and I think there there is a little bit of a moral dilemma there too. I think it's what it comes down to. I think there's a moral problem there. Um, at one part of him wants to, you know, play by these rules, but I mean, you've given examples where he completely isn't, and it shows the psych- psychopathic side of him, which, you know, in this case is can be labeled as a contradiction. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think the character is just so fucking complex, man, that it's actually hard to ground that type of character. It's really hard to kind of pinpoint the full mentality of somebody like that. And I think that's why we get those character flaws. So, right? um, I love reading reviews for this movie because it's like it, it, yeah, it goes against everything that we're saying. Like I'm reading this film, it says uh, this is from the San Francisco Chronicle, and it says Peter Hartlove gave the film a negative negative review. He said 
it doesn't go much of anywhere until the infuriating last 10 minutes when everything is sort of tied together while still producing more unanswered questions. The movie seems at times to be told in random order, often with flashbacks, and the closest thing to a plot is a weak story about the father who keeps confronting the people responsible for his son's drunken driving You you know what I don't like is when they say, the only thing keeping it... Whatever is a weak plot. Like how? Like explain yourself why oh, it's weak. Just wait. You can't you get, just. You didn't, you, this you is what the whole thing is. You about. You didn't get to hear the the most ridiculous sentence. He points out the lack of realism in the script, saying one incredibly large and in, intricate torture device in this movie couldn't have been made without four or five subcontractors. But we're supposed to believe a mentally. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a little true. <laughs> Ex junkie who weighs pounds put it together at almost at most a few months. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. So, but Jeremy, I was curious, where do you come in on that hip- hypocrite versus psychopath argument? Mm. Well, I didn't think he was a psychopath when we were talking a little while ago, and saw too. If you remember, I was a little bit confused. No, I, I know, but yeah. but what yeah, is, I'm coming on that fence too. So I mean. then, do you think it's the, if he's not a psychopath, then it is a hypocritical script? Right? Because that means that he's doing what he says that you shouldn't do. Hmm. I don't think so, man. I think I think <laughs> honestly I think I think the script is a little bit selfish in itself. I mean, he's near the you know, he's basically near the end of his life and he absolutely knows that. This game is designed and he knows I mean, in his own maybe psychotic mind, the end result of this. If Jeff makes it through all this and it plays out the way Jigsaw wants it to play out, mm-hmm. it's essentially it's essentially suicide, right? So he knew he that's what in his mind was going to work. I mean, he was on his way out anyways. At this point, he doesn't really give a shit, you know? I mean, but he does because in his mind, the end result is what he got. He smiles at the end. I love that yeah, part because shot, he's man. a genius. Like that's the one thing that like that's, people, that's what shows like, like yeah. saw it, the saw series. You one hundred percent have to suspend your disbelief and just be down for the ride. Yes, it makes no sense hmm. that he would be able to plan all. When you talk about the first three sure. movies worth of planning, it's like insane, right? But oh, there's so much illogic going on. There's so yeah, much illogic. You, you no, have like, to suspend your disbelief and just yeah. assume that this is the smartest guy on earth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so. Let's let's roll with that, and I think that um, th- I do have a few minor issues with this one. Um, like, and Carly actually is really good at pointing these things out. Uh, basically, when we have the acid um, key, the key in the acid where the the chick's um, ribs yeah. are attached to the, the thing, and, yeah, and we know yeah. that she does pull the key out and 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 get it and and stuff like that. Um, and then Amanda obviously is a bitch <laughs> and doesn't doesn't want people to it just doesn't it just seem so like and we'll get into Amanda in a second let me put that aside and finish what I was saying real quick but um why didn't she just dump the liquid out yeah I because actually how thought, it, how I thought the same the thing key then if she dumps the liquid out because it's well, at the bottom of the thing you just t- tilt it the key, All I thought gravity of, will I, keep the key in the bottom of the cup. Yeah, but would would you be thinking logically in that kind of situation though? Well, I mean, the I very mean, first time it's I, not I watched that this, illogical of a of a thing to think. Like, 
I understand that in the like when we talk about the girl with the glass, the the yeah. um, razors from part two, where she sticks her hands up in there. That's the same thing. She just did the same thing as this girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, see, so the why are you complaining about it now, though? Huh? Why well, are you complaining I about it, it now? Well, because because th- that girl had poison running through her veins, and this girl is just on a machine. And yeah, she's a cop. About to get fucking ripped off. And she's a cop. I, I, I think. I think that the way I saw it, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, why wouldn't you try to dump out, you know, at least half the acid? You know, mm-hmm. you got to still be conscious of tipping that thing over yeah. and dumping out the key, right? So you still have to be conscious, but you could try that. The way I perceived that that scene was simply the way it was locked in, the way the cup was, or the, the whatever and, you want. And I was teacher, hoping that you would like, be right with that, but the problem yeah. is, is when she starts freaking out. And stuff you can clearly see it like turning like sideways and acid dumping out of it. Yeah, I think that's may of what the idea was supposed to be presented there. That, like how that we it wanted move. to move. That it couldn't move. It was held in by you that's know such big locks be. kind of thing, <laughs> right? I mean that's how I perceived it. I was just like, okay, so she didn't try it because it yeah. was like, well, this thing isn't going to bend. It's still kind gnarly of thing, right? though. So, like that, if they would have just yeah. made that not plot holish, that would have been a fantastic scene. I mean, it's still pretty mm. good, you know what I mean? But they should have just mm. addressed it. Maybe like even showed her try to tip it over or something. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that fucking body trap? <laughs> fucking makes I can't watch it. I got to fast forward. Uh, through, dude, man. everybody always said Saw threes. Uh, twisting arms and and limbs. Oh, dude, that was brutal. I think I that's, gotta, I think that's one of the easier ones to watch. Honestly, oh no, like, I I've never. You, I've had one. a I've had a compound fracture though. You know that shit's <laughs> gnarly. For me, for me, one of the one of the hardest sequences in the film to watch is. The fucking rotten pigs get, yeah. <laughs> get, oh, getting yeah. chopped up because that's fuck, dude. The smell would be so bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're in pain when that's just, but that would be disgusting. And I was actually eating while I was watching that today, and I stopped. <laughs> it was yeah. fucking making me gag. I was I was thinking, I'm like, could you imagine how bad that smells? And I kept thinking to myself, where in the hell did they get so many fucking pigs from for that? <laughs> <scene>? <laughs> Because they like, there was a shit ton. Like, how many pigs got disintegrated in that scene? Is like, oh, holy yeah, shit! Dude. They went and found a lot of damn pigs. And again, coming back to the logic of the series, I mean, uh-huh. setting up that is a lot of work. I mean, theoretically, if given the situation that John is in in this film, he's on his desk. Just Amanda. I, I think you're it's supposed to kind of assume that this is a slaughterhouse, like an abandoned slaughterhouse that had some of that shit in there. And that was my next question, actually. Is is this a different location? Because <laughs> I no swear idea. to God, when I'm watching this film, like the way it, the way they present the flashbacks, I think it's supposed to. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same building, and but and I'm thinking to myself, going, where in the hell is this building that like no <laughs> no one's invading or, you know, even someone would just find this place and go in there, kind of thing, right? But I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the same building or not. Yeah, so it, fucking it's strange. it's one of those saw things where you have to suspend yeah. your disbelief again, but and which I am fine with doing. Like, Shit, even me, enter my mind to be honest. Because to me, I always do it's like ponder, the flashbacks that make me think of that. Uh, I right? do always ponder like, okay, where is this? Like, how could they fit all this here? Is this the same building? Why does he have nineteen buildings? Like, I feel like they would <laughs> yeah, look yeah. into that and 
you know, like, oh, this random old dude started buying all these warehouse buildings around in yeah, the yeah. fucking Lower East Side. What's going on here, you know? And that's my logic with it, too. It's like, how many buildings could you have? That's why I keep yeah. thinking it's this one big-ass building, you know? <laughs> and there's a like slaughterhouse over here, and there's, like, there's but just this fucking grave encounters where the fucking doors shift when you go through them and shit like that? So yeah. it's, like like a shape, that? it's like a shape-shifting but, hospital. I mean, okay, so I'm, like, but to me, that stuff... Yes, it is of note, meaning that probably you can never give like something like Saw 3 or 4 or any of the sequels a 10 out of 10 because of those plot holes. But at the same time, it does not ruin the film. It doesn't even come close to ruining the film. You can kind of just accept that in this movie, in this universe, that is possible. And, uh, you know, Jigsaw's a mastermind, so I'm not going to doubt him. I'm just going to accept it that, you know, in this film that it's uh, unlikely, but um, I guess a little bit possible. And I got I got one quick question. Now, I remember when I first watched this film years ago and I remember thinking it by the end too, going, did I miss something? And I think it happened to me again. Um, In the beginning of the film, when we find what's the doctor's name? Lynn. Yeah, her name is Lynn. Uh, there's a scene in the beginning of the film where she's uh, uh, apparently leaving her husband, you know, that, to go to work. I believe, why does he say? Why does he say I want a divorce? Okay, she's already the, married to the other. The, guy. That's the twist because, like, when, when me and Carly were watching, I knew that the ending had to. I knew that those. I remembered that those two were a couple, but I was like, okay, well then, who yeah. the fuck was this other guy, and why did he say that? And she yeah. pointed out that it was. Like, he wants her to get a divorce. But it's just the way it's worded. Well, it's worded you, that to trick you later, to, so oh, you don't make the guess that, oh, that these two are the of husband course. and wife. Even though it's quite obvious. I wish yeah. they had to use different dialogue for that, though. Because it just, people wouldn't talk like that in real life. That just, you know, if I, you were I, cheap, I, I think I would, actually. I think I would say it, that, honestly. But it's yeah, but you have bad grammar. Yeah, exactly. Maybe worded, this guy does, it's too. Worded like, it's worded, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's worded like he's talking about himself. Yeah. Right? So, and I'm just, and it's confusing. And I'm like, did I miss something again? Like, what well, the you fuck have is to it? be under the impression that maybe they talk about it all the time. All the time. Like, like oh, maybe, you should yeah. get a divorce. You should get a divorce. And he's like, like, you know, he's just like, I want a divorce. Come on. Like, mm. like just happen already. Like, so. I, I, I completely know why that line's there. I mean, it, it ties into the end of the film yeah, big time. Yeah, it tries to but it's just, mislead it's the you. dialogue. Yeah, it's not a cheat, though. It's not a complete mm. cheat because somebody could say that. So it's mm. it's there to mislead you. It worked on me the first time. I know that. And yeah, it's yeah. confusing when watching it a second time because you're like, wait, aren't these two, the, the husband and wife? Why did that guy say that? But, um, yeah, so well, I, I did reason, notice that the, this time, too. The reason why I said, it, you know, it confused me again, just think because right then I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why would it be worded like that? It's because I saw this film. I haven't seen this film probably since it came out. Yeah, so it was like watching it again for the first time. I barely remembered anything. I didn't even, like, it was crazy. I don't remember um, Amanda's character freaking out at the end. That was, like, the only thing I remembered about this film. I still have my original stuff so for weird. this movie. Guys. 2006. <laughs> 2006. Yeah. So, I was 13 years old. It's crazy to think about so, it. You know, getting into Amanda's character in this film, what are your guys' thoughts on the progression of her character? You know, I, honestly, or in the third act, because that's where we get a lot of kind of breakdown. and She's going back to be crazy. Yeah, maybe a little bit of character flaws with her, too. Like, I mean... I understand her point of view, but I mean, when you really kind of break it down, when they show those flashbacks of what she was doing before, 
And it, it seems like she's just not grateful. I don't know, like, uh, how to fully well, explain the, 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 where she's... What Amanda is supposed to be is just the opposite of Jigsaw. She's just the murderer. For sure. For she's sure. just For had sure. a bad life, um, went through a traumatic experience, and uh, reveled in murder. You know, And yeah. it might have something to do with her actually having to kill somebody to get her key and survive. Maybe she so, likes so it. So now her mental game is, is kind of... Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty fucked up. It, you know, it, I mean, they kind of... They showcase that too in the scene where you know it seems like she's all right, but then she kind of goes back into the in the back room there and Cut pulls down herself. her pants and starts yeah. cutting herself. And I'm like, that's a direct impact of she's Healthy. yeah, she's fucking stressed and she's just like her mentality is just on a different planet kind of thing, right? My, my and, main uh, issue with Amanda is I just don't love how her character was written that much. Like, well, it's because she was cutting herself in Saw too, remember? So it's like, yeah, yeah. But it seemed, it, but it seemed like she had kind of gotten past that. She's accepted her role working for Jigsaw, and I mean, this is what she was. Well, I think this, it's, I think it's reminiscent of people who actually cut themselves, where even if they get away from it, you know, they're yeah, always it's a kind really, of a cutter, it's a really, you know what I mean? It's a, it is a weird thing, man. I have a cousin that does that. And getting into her mental state is trying to understand her is like trying to understand fucking Swahili. Yeah, yeah. You but, just but, don't, you can't talk to them, man. It's like, what? what I, I, I asked her straight up, I'm like, why are you fucking cutting your, you know, me, I'm so It blunt. actually pisses me off. Like, I'm like, I've why the fuck are you cutting yourself? Who did that and and she goes, back I don't know. And I'm like, that's your answer. I don't know. Dude, there's a fucking, re- no one just starts cutting themselves. And then when asked, they don't just say, I don't know. Like, there's a problem there, man. It's like, fuck. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's... it's a, <laughs> you just say, I don't know, man. Fuck. Why do you cut yourself? I don't know. I just don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, so what, I, what my issue comes with Amanda is I just find her, like, a little annoying in the way her character is. So she yeah, obviously I, loves Jigsaw as, like, a father figure. Mm-hmm. So she, in in some way, she, like, wants to make her proud because she gets jealous when he's like talking to the the nurse and stuff like that and yeah yeah but but my problem is is like well you know how much he cares about the rules and stuff so it's like why why would you be shocked that he would be upset if you were just murdering people like it almost seems like the motive for her murdering people isn't shown through enough that she just wants to do it like I think if they played that up where she just wanted to kill people like a Dexter, she or something. wanted to be the she wanted to be the star. You know, I th- I think she's a little bit jealous. You know, even in his in his state in his health state that you know he's still kind of running shit and she's getting a little pissed off. But she's so ungrateful, you know, because you know it, it's kind of it's a weird situation, you know, because of what he did to her and you know, but he also kind of saved her too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that her kind of rebelling and defiling, you know, the rules of the game oh. and stuff. And he gives her ample opportunities. Like, no, like, right, how you doing? no, Jeremy, can you not talk on the phone while you're podcasting, please? So, um, <laughs> fucking yeah, guy, man, I know. Holy right? Jesus Christ. So, uh, I think that you're right along those lines, you know, where it, I just, I just wish they would have played it up a little bit more because it almost just comes off whiny and annoying in this one. It does. It, it comes off with a lack of a better term to be completely ungrateful. Yeah. You know how like people are, they just kind of take the situation for granted. Like he theoretically gave her a new life and she's kind of neglecting that a little bit. I Not mean, only whatever. is she neglecting it, but she's full out like going against what he wants and he's a genius, so he sees it coming a mile away, uh, and yeah. he does give her an opportunity to 
do the right thing or what in his perception is the right thing, meaning yeah, follow yeah. the rules that he's set in place and, and continue the legacy and I stuff. I think they kept Jigsaw's character pretty true to the, you know, the, the moral of the story. Mm-hmm within this film right i mean i think it stayed pretty damn true and i think it's probably the well most well-rounded um for jigsaw to this point in the series you know kind of thing right so um i I just think personally i I don't love the angle the the i love part of the angle they took with amanda i like the part where she's you know has love for jigsaw but at the same time um, is going against him. I like that. I just feel like it's a little bit messy and not done to perfection. So that is that it's is one of the weaker enough, yeah. points for me because I actually like the Amanda character and was looking forward to seeing how you know her story went. And I just feel like every film Amanda is completely different. And I know she's acting in the second and first film, but to me it feels like she's genuinely a different character by the third film. And it, and it kind of annoys me a little bit. Uh, I like the dynamic of the guy, uh, his, you know, daughter or whatever, um, was hit by, it was a son or a daughter. Son. Son was hit by somebody and he's, he's forced, he's literally forced to face these feelings. Like, and it's one of the most intense, uh, things that you can do in a film when you're talking about child death and and it's it's very much like it, it's well, so I mean, on point with like what people actually feel when oh, man, someone man. is taken from them and they wish that they could have the people in front of them that caused this and and like th- these very um disturbing yet realistic and honestly um understandable feelings that these that people have when they go through loss like that and to yeah, actually what would you them... do in that situation though yeah but th- this is that's this is the whole point jeremy it's it's uh it's a very very strong script yeah that's what in that, it, that aspect what because you know at. you know basically i mean yeah this is every parent's nightmare is to lose a child Right. And, and what happens is you always want to get revenge and it's always going to be in the back of your mind. And I love the way they write that in the script, too. Like they, they don't just kind of showcase, you know, Jeff, like he's really, really fucking distraught about this. Like he has problems with his own daughter, even touching his son's toys and things like which plays into the script later on. And I think the way they developed the whole story with Jeff and his feelings and the fact that he wanted to get revenge for the last couple of years, he talked about it. he's like, I want to kill everybody that was involved in this leading up and then he has the opportunity but this is where he passes you know and okay. i love that about it i, I think it's so strong it too but here's where my biggest complaint with the film comes in and it's a it's a multi-layered complaint all right mm-hmm. the end of the film i absolutely love the outcome of the end of the film i hate the execution uh meaning we have a situation where amanda shoots his wife lynn or whatever yeah. the doctor and mm-hmm. then we know that you know lynn is attached to jigsaw so if jigsaw dies she dies like really cool stuff there i like that concept yeah yeah. and then the husband kills jigsaw now i don't have a problem with him doing that that much but it is a little ridiculous considering he got over all these triumphant things and, like, dealt with that thing, it almost seems, like, against his character for a twist. And mm-hmm. I I really kind of strongly dislike that. And also, the biggest 
plot hole, I think, and this is another one of those Carly pointed out things, where she was pissed that the 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 nurse, the the doctor, didn't say anything because there's a long scene where he rolls up the jigsaw with the the saw. Yeah, and cuts I said his the throat. same thing. Why does I have the, that actually written down? Why does the wife not say anything? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, it would have made you know more sense if the wife got shot in the neck and couldn't talk, and. Yeah. Amanda was the one that was shot in the stomach or something like that yeah. instead of the other way around. It did not make sense that the doctor Yeah, but then Amanda wouldn't die though. Isn't that the point of for Amanda to die? Well, you can die getting shot in the stomach, dude. <laughs> Pretty easy actually. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's have, I don't know. I literally have that written down. I, I, I agree like, with how, what you're saying. I'm like, how in the fuck could she not say anything? Anything. I mean, yeah, shot anything in the stomach, and, but it's like but I mean, I've well, never been it, shot. It's, it, well, sure. it's not that she can't say anything. Well, I, I, my friend was shot in the stomach, and he could talk the whole time, and he had yeah. four holes in his colon. So uh, I know that you can talk. But my problem is, is she does talk afterwards. Yeah. After yeah. he does it, <laughs> she yeah. says something. So that is the the problem. Like that is it, and it's one of those things. It's such a crucial moment when you're directing that film. That I need you to think that through. I need you to look at the film and be like, oh man. Like, I know that sometimes people, like, directors might be like, oh, I don't think people will think it's that big a deal. And, and it's possible that Darren Lynn Bowsman actually thought of this when, when making that scene and, and just thought that people wouldn't care or, or it would be a moment of suspense. So it would be kind of overlooked or whatever. But to me, as a viewer, I always have hated those type of situations, especially when your end twist, your end reveal, your end climax of the film really, really is uh, dependent upon everything working and flowing for it to not feel cheap. Because all you have to do is have her say something, and the fact, and even if he acknowledges that and still decides to go through with it, at yeah, least or she start trying to say something and like she's like. He, she can't explain it right. You know, her words mm. are fumbling and stuff. I, I would respect that. I mean, I at this it. at this point in the film, though, it's really about Jigsaw winning because it was it was ultimate suicide. His plan had worked for him, you know, too. I mean, if you look at it like that, it's not like the worst thing in the world, but her not saying anything, yeah. you know, obviously, I like it, the does contrib- I love it does the contribute to the stupidness. I mean, I mean, like you said, man, all it would take is just for her to say something, him to acknowledge it, and then if he decides to go one way or the other, mm-hmm. you know, it changes the whole outcome of it. These but, are uh, always questions that I would love to ask directors. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's a, and it's an, it's a kind of an ignorant thing to ask because it's like, uh, it could be perceived as disrespectful, but it's an honest thing that I wonder. It's an honest, uh, thought that goes through my head when i watch these is did they just not think this i I, it's hard Mm. for me to imagine that they had this film and they were cutting it together and they're not like oh man like that kind of just comes off weird you know she doesn't say anything like it's hard for me to picture that that's the case so i would like to know the answer they could try to justify it by saying you know she's been down there for you know, a certain amount of time. She's mm. totally famished. She's but you have to show that. You, know, you have to show that. You can't have her a, talk right after that's and say exactly like John no or something. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I'm saying if you try to justify it by saying that, it's like, well, it yeah. doesn't work that way because if you don't give us any, any indication that she's famished or high dehydrated or mentally just totally done and mm. shit like that, and when she gets shot, it was kind of like the last life out of her. I mean, the yeah. thing is, you have to give us something 
to for us to think that. I know? love and, how these films. It leads to a gnarly final shot. That's all I could say. But yeah, yeah. I am a little butt hurt that we didn't see the head explosion, the the shot, because that is a that is a gnarly trap. I love. Yeah, that but it trap still looks that. fucking brutal. It does. Dude. It does. It does. And At I, this I point, almost that's the best and effect, you know what? Man. It might work better as just the aftermath. I'm cool with that, but it. I would like. Uh, I don't to think be so. A... I think that if they had showed that, it would have been fucking ultimate, man. Uh, well, <laughs> it's like it's more. Of, it packs more of a punch too. If you show that, it's like scanners times ten. Well, <laughs> see, it's like... if no, if it's, it's played anything, straight though. serious and it's played like Full Metal Jacket, Private Pile shooting his head off, right? If it's yeah. like cheesy looking with like like super explosion and stuff, like even scanners is a is it, if it looked like that, I think it might be a little cheesy. But if it's like a realistic head fucking shotgun to the head, like that would have been so powerful. I wish even if they would have chose to not show it because of whatever reason, I would have liked if they at least shot it and put it in the special features to see. Because I think that I think that that could have been cool too. Uh, I think Saw Three is. I mean, it, it's such an it's such an interesting one out of the Saw films, and and it kind of I love when this happens because. You always hear critics and fans and everybody always like discredit any franchise, but then when you actually look inside a franchise and there's like an actual solid movie in one, as one of the, we already know the original Saw is a solid movie, but when you look and see one of the random sequels are a solid movie as well, it always makes me happy because it's like, okay, uh, you dumb fucks don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Up to this point, it's kind of on pace with Nightmare on Elm Street. One and three are super solid. <laughs> Alright, let's get into a little bit of trivia here. Uh, as with the previous two films, only actors who appeared in the final scenes were given the final, uh, the complete script. Uh, which is pretty cool, you know. Um, uh, Lee Wanell was physically sick from watching some of the scenes that were shot. So, um, even he was pretty... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if you had to watch that pig shit over and over again, fuck. It's vile, man. Ugh. Uh, a thousand special posters were made and were sold for $20 each in support of Saw 3 and the American Red Cross. Tobin Bell donated two vials of his own blood to be dumped into uh, the red ink vat. So all 1,000 posters were printed in red ink uh, were actually, you know, Tobin Bell's blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sweet. crazy I wonder that, if you can find any of those yeah I wonder what those go for today I'm gonna eBay it <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll actually yeah do that see if you can find anything um, so uh, Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith spent several weeks before filming getting to know each other on a personal so their pers- other personally so the relationship between the characters would appear believable um, according to producer Daniel Hefner the film was sent to the MPA ratings board seven times before receiving an R rating. Uh, uh, you could is, buy one for $37.50. That's not even bad. <laughs> this that's not even has, double what it went for it when it first came out. It's crazy. This guy has two of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, this film actually had a $10 million budget, which was uh, more than double Saw 2. So it definitely looks that way, too. Right definitely. Up. Uh, Definitely. Internationally, this is the highest growing Saw movie. Yep. For good reason. Uh, it, it's a common misconception among fans that this is the first entry in the franchise to contain nudity. 
However, in the original film, a character named Mark is placed in a trap where his body has been covered in flammable gel. While that scene is artificially sped up, if you watch closely, he is actually completely nude, thus making it the second entry. Shit, I forgot to, to I was gonna, nudity. I actually was thinking about that when I was watching go, damn, it finally has some titties. Did it have anything in there about that scene with the naked chick and the, the CG'd cold air coming out of her mouth? Um, <laughs> There's definitely CG, man. That was noticeable. Uh, the film was so anticipated by fans, the teaser trailer that was placed front in front of The Descent was bootlegged and published online the day of release. <laughs> hey, wow. It's, it's almost as good as the Saw 7 promotional item. I'll talk about it when uh, I get to it. Shot over a period of 32 days, uh, production began immediately after Saw 2, uh, successful opening weekend. So immediately production started after the opening weekend of Saw 2. That's pretty crazy. Um, the final shooting draft of the script was written in under a week in Toronto, ca- uh, Canada, by Lee Whannell based on the ideas of James Wan. Um, so, dude, he wrote this script in a week. That's pretty that good. is crazy. Yeah, that, that is crazy, dude. So my one of my professors... Last movies that Wild Eyes releasing, he he shot in six days. Go, how the fuck did you shoot that in six days? <laughs> I mean, it still boggles my fucking mind. Six days? It's no wonder why fucking Wild Eyes covers are like that because they probably only spend about thirty minutes on each cover. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> probably. So the producers of this film asked the producers of Scary Movie Four if they could use their bathroom set. For this movie, as it was a exact replica replica of the sets used in Saw Two and and One, <laughs> how crazy is that? <laughs> wow. What it wasn't the same. I I just assumed it was the same one. Yeah, I, I mean from the original films, that's crazy. Yeah, that's they used the set from Scary Movie Four. Wow, that is just that's, something. That's, that's really bizarre. Um, <laughs> what else do we have here? Before setting on the final version of the freezer room, the creators and writers of Saw 3 went through different versions of the game with only minor changes. Originally, the victim was going to be a male police officer, but they decided against it, instead going with the idea of a female witness. Instead of being completely naked, Danica was going to be in a t-shirt and panties, but they figured after being sprayed... Uh, would only make the shirt stick to her body and become too sexual, so they decided to put her in the freezer naked instead. Uh, which is true. Which is true. Because if it was like a tank top, you know, it was just... Um, yeah, hmm. so um, that's some of the body count. We have 10, uh, which is, I don't know what that stacks up to, the rest of the the film series. There's, there's, I feel like this one has a higher body count. We, it's got to be close to number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, number two close. does have a... Alright, so this film made um, $80 million in the U.S. on a $10 million budget. That's saw, success. Saw craziness. Full Saw right now. Yeah. I think at this point, Saw 3 was like obviously the highest, highest praise that it was been at. In yeah, the whole dude, dude, it's so saw crazy. Saw craziness was... Yeah, rap this right is now. this is where Saw was at its height of like fandom. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember to this day going to the 
uh, FYE in my town, and everybody was in there for Saw 3. Like, it was just like, it was the day that the Saw 3 was released, and everybody just kept coming in, and they would talk to the guy who was working there, and they're just like, yeah, I thought it was the best one, too. And they would just go on, <laughs> and, and they're like, well, what do you think it's going to go? And like, and these were like regular people, like just some random black dude and his girlfriend, you know, who's not a horror fan. But the, the, like, I just, I love that, personally. Like, to me, that is, that is one really cool thing about the Saw films. Uh, so if you guys want to get into ratings here... Show. Alright, uh, I believe Jeremy went first in Saw 2. Moods? Yeah, I'm straight. Alright. Um, yeah, man, this is a really, really surprisingly strong film. The script is really well flushed out. Um, it does have a little bit of flaws. Uh, again, coming back to the style of these type of films, I'm not overly the biggest fan of these, these type of stylistic editing ways of the 2000s and stuff i'm it gets a little much for me after a while you know watching these just hardcore flashy edit scenes and things i mean some people like them i'm not overly the biggest fan um yeah i think i'll just start with a few kind of things i didn't care for the film since we talked nothing but good things um another thing i i'm not really a big fan of in this one is the actual score in this film it actually feels like an episode of csi i mean that might not be the worst thing in the world but the music at times comes off as really kind of boring at times i'm thinking i'm listening to it i'm going fuck man where's grissom (laughs) it's like it's just one of those moments seriously it's not really the greatest but you know the theme is there but it's you know it's i don't know it's not as prevalent in this one um but uh you know, this one is long. We watch a director's cut. It runs almost two hours long. I think it's a little tad long for even being a director's cut. I'm not sure how comparatively it is to the theatrical cut. I can't remember what the like difference is. Nine minutes or something. Well, no, there's quite a bit of time, but like what extra footage oh, was put yeah, into yeah. this film? I'm not sure what it was. I'm assuming it's probably a lot of flashbacks and a little bit maybe to do with Detective Matthews stuff. I don't know if that was in the theatrical or not. Um, I could see it being out of there. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, the flashbacks in this one do get a little bit tiresome at times, too. Um, that and made me, that's another scene that made me fucking turn no, my him head. Smashing his fuck, dude. That is just... Oh, I thought the same <laughs> thing, man. I thought the same thing. Which is kind of funny, too, because there's even a scene where he's fighting with uh, with Amanda, and he's kind of walking on it. I'm like, dude, how are you putting any pressure on that thing, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you smashed your foot enough to get it out of that. It's pulp. <laughs> There's no way you could be standing on that thing, man. It's brutal. Um, I thought the mixing at times was a little bit poor in this film, too. Uh, there, you know, a lot of the scenes where, uh, you know, you got to press play on the analog tape and you hear, you know, what the game or this part of the, the movie is all about and you hear, you know, John's voice, Jigsaw's voice. And it's really mixed poorly. That was one thing that was bugging me in this film. I kept having to turn it up and shit. Man, like, you're the fuck? only dude that's noticing that. Yeah, you're you can't you're use that as a critique. <laughs> I can, dude. This is what happens when you do this shit, man. It fucking bugs the shit out of me, man. It bugs the shit out of me. And uh, I mean, these are all minor gripes. I mean, Classic these are moods talking about these little fucking tiny audio waves that none of us notice. <laughs> That honestly, dude, if you went, to, if you did this stuff before, you would notice it too, man. It fucking kills it for everybody. It's so brutal. But I generally don't bring it up unless it's actually a big issue. But this one, I was like, man, my ears plugged. Or like, what the fuck's going on? It seems so mumbled and shit like that. But, um, but you know, that's really about it. It's just a bunch of little stuff, man. I think this one uh, is a very, very strong film. Uh, we talked about Amanda's character not being 
overly the greatest in the end. I think it's a little, little contrived a little bit with what she becomes and things. But other than that, man, it's, it's a strong, strong film. I love the script in this film. I think it's fantastic. I Jesus love what it stands Christ, for. Get on I love with the it. morals. It's fucking awesome. Jeremy, why do you got to be such a fucking loser? <laughs> Seriously, man. I did the same shit with JP. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but I'm in the middle of talking, man. Come on. Yeah, I lost my no So now I'm going to start all over No, no, again. no, 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 no. <laughs> Just kidding. What was your rating? Um, I'm going to go with 8.5 out of 10. All right. Uh, me next. Um, Saw 3 was completely surprising. I did not expect that I was going to like it uh, that much. And in fact, you know, Saw 3, 4... Five, I actually didn't really love when they came out. I just liked that they came out, and I liked the hype for them. They weren't great movies to me back then. I just thought they were cool. Um, but this one is actually good. It's it's really good. I have a few minor complaints, which I talked about, and I talked through that, that does hurt the film a little bit. I think that one of the strongest points of this film is actually the script, and I, I would give Lee Whannell credit for that, and I think that over time, um, people will probably start looking at Lee Whannell as as more of a um, definitive sort of uh, member of uh, of horror history in the early to mid two thousands, and and even into now. You know, that a ten year, fifteen year span, starting with Saw, ending with Insidious Chapter Three. Uh, he wrote those films. You know, he wrote uh, Saw Three as well, and. And Saw 2 and Insidious 1 and 2 and directed Insidious 3. Uh, he has a film that's supposedly out this year called Stem, which I have not seen. He also wrote Cuties. Um, I think that this guy is actually pretty talented and, and I look forward to seeing, you know, more paying attention to what he actually does. Because believe it or not, this is the first time that I actually paid attention to who he is. Huh, and he wrote. Cooties? I know Jeremy's about to. Yeah, I know Jeremy's about to say some shit, but um, <laughs> I'll get to the point here, and uh, I'll come in at eight point five out of ten, just like modes. Cooties. Jesus Christ. Oof. No, no joke. I have eight and a half out of ten written down as well. Wow. Nice. Eight and a half out of ten. Is that a Hall of Famer? Nope. No. No. I didn't, man, I didn't really care for Cooties that much, man. To be honest, I didn't see it, but. What are we? I don't think you'll like it. I really don't. Uh, what what is eight and a half times three? Twenty five and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah, twenty five and a half. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty far behind. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's move on to saw number four. All right, so moving into saw four from two thousand and seven, also directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman. Bozeman. And let's Bozeman. Fuck me. You know, Every time, three, man. Three times, third time's a charm? Yeah, right. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> closes out the Darren Lynn Bowsman trilogy of Saw films. That's right, that's right. So let's get into a quick little synopsis here. The film continues the story of the Jigsaw Killer's obsession with teaching people the value of their lives. Despite Jigsaw's death in the previous installments, the film focuses on his ability to manipulate people into continuing his work. The story follows Lieutenant Daniel Rigg being put through a series of tests in order to try to let go of his obsession with ev- with saving everyone. Willis, at the same time, attempting to save his partner. Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> That was longer than I thought it was. It seemed like it wasn't as long, but it was long. What she said. So this <laughs> this one was actually not. Uh, Lee Winnell was not 
anything. It was the executive producer, I thought. Uh, okay. I thought, he was, I thought him and Juan were EP on all of the films. Probably. Probably. I'm sure yeah. they were attached to it through the yeah. history. So, this one was, you know, it was pretty risky in part three to kill off Jigsaw and then kind of, you know, to see... Uh, you know, I remember Have four more films Saul. without him? Yeah, like, well, we obviously didn't know that it, we would get that many afterwards. Yeah. Maybe we thought this would be the last one or something along those lines at the time. But uh, this film was actually written by Marcus Dunstan, who um, wrote uh, a bunch of films. Uh, he did Feast. Uh, he did Saw 4, 5, and 6, and, and 3D, I believe. Uh, the Collector, Feast 2, Feast 3, uh, Prana 3, Double D, The Collection, uh, and he was the director of The Collector and The Collection. So, um, definitely knows his, like, tortury type of films, and he has a very... It's like, Feast, Saw 4. Feast 2, Saw 5. Feast 3, The Collector, Saw 6, Saw 7, Piranha 3, DD. I'm, um, I'm depressed the, the, collect, the Collector and The Collection did bad. I like those movies. I like I like oh, the first one, at least, so... I, I wish they would make another one. Those movies are cool. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. I thought there was supposed to be a third one of that. Whatever happened to the third one? Maybe the th- th- second one didn't do good enough or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it did really bad. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, this one <coughs> opens up with an autopsy of Mr. Jigsaw, uh, John Kramer. Yeah. And basically, we saw in part three that he swallowed a tape um, that he coated mm-hmm. in wax. So I guess his stomach acid wouldn't eat it away or whatever. However that works, I don't really know. Yeah, really <laughs> smart, really smart logic there. To yeah. continue the games. Uh, and that tape is played uh, by the detective, Mr. Uh, Mark Hoffman. And basically, you know, uh, I mean, I don't even know what the tape really said, except for, like, the games are continuing, and I even know I'm dead. Uh, like, you thought the games were over? No. It, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty much exactly on that line. It says, you know, even though I'm dead or whatever, the games are just starting right now. I, I, got, I gotta say, even it's though... Really what it says. Uh, like, by this point, like, even with, uh... I already knew right now what the twist was gonna be in the first two minutes of the fucking movie. Well, let's get to that in a second, but, but in the time frame, Saw 4 coming out, I think by this film is where it really started to get like very like redundant and convoluted in terms of what is that this is where they start saying they're all the same you know what i'm saying this is really the one that cemented that yeah and you know when i first watch this film and and my feelings are not as harsh as they were before when i first seen this one but um i felt like when i first watched this film and i still kind of think the same thing is it's it's one of those films where uh, you know we'll get into part five too where it's it feels like a filler episode in like a TV series where it's really trying to <laughs> it's fill so in weird some blanks. How the series no, no, no. Like, like I said, it's like you need to have like an in-depth understanding of the Saw folklore to understand to like piece together everything that's going on in this movie because it's like yeah. I think yeah. it's just like all the scraps from Saw one, two, and three trying to get pieced together into this to try to explain the things that happened Dude. in Saw one, two, and I three. Felt it's like, I always felt like it just, just gets. And it gets gets so convoluted and I just extremely feel... difficult to follow after a while. Even if you like watch all these uh, films yeah, in a it, row, like we're doing, which it's we like are doing, yeah. <laughs> it's like I just watch this and I still like have to really fucking. It's hard really, to wrap really your head around. Like it feels like you're on the edge of a balance beam where you're trying to like stay on with like 
like what's going on where you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I, you, listen, I, I swear wish- to God, I said, wait a minute, 17 million times while watching this with Carly. And I was like, who the fuck is that? What, who the fuck is that? And I kept, I kept saying that and I was so confused. And she actually caught onto it a lot more than me, but I want to bring it back for a second with what Mood said. I think it's absolutely the perfect description of this episode or this, sorry, excuse me, exactly. film. Uh, <laughs> And that is that it is a filler film. Like it really feels like a second act of a movie or so, of of an overarching uh, film. Yeah. And it's Doesn't it's very feel- weird. It's so weird. Doesn't and I thought that back when I first seen it too. Yeah, man. Doesn't it feel like it was th- this movie was kind of the result of a lot of people questioning a lot of things from the first couple. I told films. it exactly. I told you on the last film. This movie. It's just a product of the franchise. I still stand by the fact that the yeah. movie, the story was supposed to be done after Saw 3. Because in this film, the reveal of Saw at the end of Saw 3 with the little girl isn't even a major fucking part in this one. They just show it for a few seconds and that's the end of it. They don't really even talk about it or anything like that. Yeah, so that's I why I feel like this movie is just a, a product of the franchise. Like they wanted to make more and they wanted to cash in more. Well, then you can why I not feel like this was planned. Nope, 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 nope. I kind of agree so with you it, though, too, like because... you feel it was written around it, then? Correct. Hmm. Because they wanted to make more money, and, I mean, I think I 4, 5, and 6, and 7 all go together, but I, I feel like they could have been, like, standalone franchises by itself. I feel like they just needed to fill in those gaps enough, and, you know, why not just make this... I mean, you look at part 4 and 5, I mean, they're basically right in between part 2 and 3. They made two films that are, I mean, part five for the most part. There's so much stuff in there that it's filling in those gaps again. And it's just like. It's insane. They pulled like fucking Back to the Future shit there's going more, back. There's going more back to other movies. And- there's more story in part five that is filler to basically. Three. You know, connecting the stories, right? The connecting yeah. the stories between two and three. Uh, with four and five, like I mean, if you were to put the uh, put the movies in order, it's almost like one, two, four, four five, five, three. Yeah, so it's they, very weird because also it's not it's not only to where it's like this is a straight like midquel where it's like oh this one is inserted in between these. It's not because like it also has that like Tarantino thing where it's like they're showing the story out of order to an extent. So it's yeah. like you're just getting like bits and pieces. And I actually think that it is a little problematic with obviously, obviously we know that these films are very confusing by this point and hard to pay attention to. If you haven't seen a a bunch of times, I'm sure the more you watch them, the more it like kind of fits in. But like, even I, I feel like the biggest problem with these films is like character development. Like, you're introduced to so many characters, they all look like detective number A, detective number Dude. B, or letter B, letter A. Stratton and Hoffman are, they're fucking, they're, like, they look like the same person. Yeah, so oh. whenever you're first watching it, and do we, are these guys from another film? Were they, did we, are these, no. so that we're just, character. see, that's a problem no. to me. No. Because it's like, you don't know them, but the story is being told as if you do know them. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly. like, you know nothing exactly. about them. You don't know who they are. You don't, like, you assume they're just other detectives and that they were on the Saw case or something. Hey, I gotta yes. give it credit. It has one of the best kills in the franchise. I gotta give it credit Which on that kill part. Is that? The ending kill with the ice blocks. 
it's one of the best kills in the franchise, hands down. It only loses to a kill in Saw 7. But it's it's number two. Uh, I don't know about that. Why? It's fucking awesome. His head just fucking explodes. It's fucking <laughs> badass. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, actually, Ho- Hoffman does make an appearance in, in Saw 3. Oh, it's okay. just Stram's character that doesn't. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, and, and like, that's very, t- like, in part four, I mean, we get a lot more, in part five, we get, yeah, you know, the whole story like, with Jill Tuck, too, which she was in part three also. They kind of introduce like, her. But isn't, like, Hoffman, like, standing in the background in part three, and he's, like, not really, like, a big deal. Oh, he's just, like, see, he's okay, just, like well, in the background. So it's like props for doing that, at least, like, at least yeah, pulling yeah. from, from those cast of characters. I just feel like the, the problem with it was, when you're when you're casting a film like this where you have these two characters who are both detectives like you have to like why can't you have one like latin guy and another like white dude or something so it's a little easier to tell them apart like you have these two plain white dudes who like look very similar uh mm-hmm. same age range like make one an older dude and one a younger dude like i just felt like it they looked a little too just basic to really tell them apart and when yeah. and to not really know them also they don't say their names a ton in this film or or no. uh, any of the saw films you know, in this section here, that I feel like you need to say the characters' names more often so you know, like, oh, that's Hoffman, that's Hoffman, that's Strong, okay. or whatever. So let's get into the core narrative here before we get into yeah. all the filler and stuff. So basically, the movie follows Rig. He is kind of, uh, well, I should say, down on luck type of person here. It seems like everybody that he works with well, wasn't he the, ends up wasn't, dead. Well, wasn't he the partner of the woman who got her ribs ripped off? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Carrie, who we know was... Well, he worked with her. He's he's part of SWAT. She's an actual FBI agent, but they work side by side, right? They were friends. Yeah, and who was the original uh, (laughs) Saw uh, 2 guy? Saw 2? Was it Saw 2? Yeah, Saw 2. The guy's son. Was that Hoffman? No, that was um, Eric Matthews. Matthews. Okay, so Matthews. Matthews... Who shows up a second in part three and then part four... Well, they, you know, that's he, what, but little, didn't they kind of set up Matthews for this one in part three? Yeah, because he like yes. fucks his leg up. Yeah, so that's why I feel like these films are like they yeah. kind of had an idea that what they wanted to do here. So I think it, to me, it felt like that story was kind of kind of put together. I mean, me what too. I, mean, I feel like they big story. I mean, they use they tell you right off the bat here. We have this guy who every everybody's been dying around and stuff, and they get to a point where they almost have him as a suspect. You know, as the person well, it's that's a helping. definite suspect in the and yeah. and even as the viewer, you're supposed to um, maybe consider the fact that he that this jigsaw maze that he's putting this guy through is going to eventually awaken his dark side similar to like a a, a yeah. Darth Vader like an Anakin Skywalker type thing where where all these bad things are happening around him and these choices that he are making that it's just going to feed into whatever darkness he has in him and he's going to be the new jigsaw type guy. So there's mm-hmm. definitely that angle which I like, liked. And I already I like how they developed it though. Like they kind of they kind of come to the conclusion that oh, you know, the, that that's what it was like right away. And I was like, wow, man, they kind of figured that out real quick. <laughs> you know, that Riggs is in there. And, well, you know, everyone that dies around Riggs, and he can never be, he can never explain, you know, where his, his abouts, and, you know, he never has an alibi and things like that. And uh-huh. it just seemed like so easy to throw now, him into now, that. Now, Riggs was part test. of the initial SWAT team that went in and saw two with 
Detective Matthews, correct? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. I think he was. So, again, yeah. I like that that exists. That these This film is so not good for somebody who... Like, I cannot imagine seeing Saw 3 and then a year later watching this and knowing what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not imagine knowing what was going on if, if I hadn't just watched these films. And I still was confused. So, like, I, I feel like these films are... Like, because... Our homie Dave Z is a huge fan of these films. Like he's, it's his yeah. second yeah. favorite franchise. He says they all blend together so well. They all uh, ha- have the like the most continuity ever, and I I probably believe him. But it's really mm-hmm. hard to tell because of of how difficult and convoluted the story gets to follow, especially with all these characters that they kill off and then they bring back like like Carrie, for example, the 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 woman who had her ribs ripped out. Like like she's yeah. in this film to like tell like to, to tell the story. Well, see, that was, of, see that was part and, of that was just adding to Riggs' story right there. It's like man, you know, he was with her, and then you know she gets you know, or you know he went in to go save her and stuff, and then oh she's dead again. So it was kind of adding to the lore that you know he was you know he was connected with Jigsaw kind of thing, right? That's yeah. like right after that whole scene happens, they're already you know plaguing him as a as a suspect <laughs> and stuff yeah. it's just like the whole setup is insane with rig um yeah i don't know man it, it just it to me I, I don't really care for the whole st- I, I feel like the story is just a little bit basic in this film with his character and things and just the way the way things are executed and stuff i don't know if we want to get into the whole hoffman being you know quote unquote abducted and things i i don't know man what do you what do you guys feel about the execution in this film you know, you're taking Riggs, and it's basically another moral tale. I mean, this is what they all are. I think Riggs is just a second thought, to be honest. See, that's that's how it comes off to me, too. It's like they use this character that everyone's been dying around. Oh, yeah, you know, that's kind of true. They just use, they just, I think the main story is with Hoffman and Strom more than it is with Riggs. It, it is. And don't you feel like the execution with, you know, the path that Riggs has to go through? You know, his dilemmas that he has to go through, of course, he's that guy that wants to save everybody. So his dilemma is, you know, can you not save these people to continue? And then you and his goal was to save Matthews because he's told that Matthews is alive. And that's another thing in in the setup in this film I didn't really care for a whole lot. Also, is they even mentioned it, too. They're like, Riggs, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know. Carrie, Don't go through the door. No, yeah, well, that that thing too, which is kind of a foreshadowing big time. But well, that's the, the main thing, the whole, reason the whole, why. You know, that the was whole just... thing with Carrie bugged me. The whole thing with Carrie bugged me is like, okay, I think it's st- or stress. I think he says it or something. Maybe it's Hoffman. I don't know. They're like, you know, <laughs> Carrie. She's been missing for three days and she's wound up dead. And you you're being so optimistic that Matthews is still alive. He's been missing for six months. Yeah, like, and oh, he's like, he's yeah, alive. man. He's he's like, no, he's alive. And I'm like, dude. That doesn't make any sense. You would take Carrie's situation and be like, no, there's no way Matthews is alive. We've seen what Jigsaw has done through all these other um, episodes, the reality. Uh-huh. This guy's killing everybody. That doesn't make any sense to me in the story. So then he's put through this whole challenge and stuff. And well, his goal I, is I to think the problem is, Moods, is that... Lopez, Lopez and Matthews, not... Well, I guess Matthews gets abducted, and then Lopez and the other guy... If he doesn't save them, they're, they're going to be put into danger. That's kind of what's said on one of the tapes. I'm just like, holy yeah. fuck, dude. <laughs> like, what so, the fuck? Well, I think one of the reasons why you might assume he's alive is simply because there's no body and you always find yeah. Jigsaw's bodies, kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they kind of hinted that too, but I mean, <laughs> the obvious doubt is there, though, right? It's like, really? Like, why? He's going to. He's going to. And, and that was another thing, too. I'm like, in the storyline, I'm like, man, it's been six months. It's like the timeline to me was getting a little bit convoluted there too. I don't know. 
how to fully break down that timeline between, especially when you add in. It's just the fact that it like fucking cuts back and forth so much. It's like it's hard to like realize what's in real time and what's because like they like they use that that yellowish tint Mm -hmm. when they're cutting back between flashbacks and like and present time, but they do it so fucking much. It's like it's so fucking hard to pay attention to this shit. Uh I think it would take quite a few of us, you know, after inserting the the events of part five and four into the storyline and in creating an actual timeline. In this, in this whole development, like really think about it for a minute. I was sitting there to watch a film, and I went, "What six months?" I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "It is so hard when you put timelines into the film like that." I'm just like, "I I don't know." So I, I really it- like certain things, like with this film, but I, I really dislike certain things too. Like I think the yeah. opening trap is pretty cool. With the uh, one guy has his eyelids shown sewn shut, and the other has his mouth sewn shut. And that that's and this just makes a, a reappearance later on. That's a really interesting concept right there. But let's be honest, the guy with his eyes showed sewn shut is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like he's screwed. Like and and that's one of the things that you know what I really hated about that scene though, Moods? He didn't have a chance. <laughs> is after he is successful and, you know, kills dude and gets the key or whatever. He then rips his mouth open. Like, dude, why didn't you just do that like 10 seconds ago? And then you could have saved everybody. Good observation. It's annoying to me, like, because he's safe now. It's like, oh, now I'm going to rip my mouth open and rip the stitches out. Like, yeah. Like, why? Um, I I was thinking about that too. And then another thing, like, dude is later on in the film, like, okay, he won his trap. Like, why does he have to come back now and do other shit? Because Jigsaw's dead and it's fucking Hoffman that's doing him because Hoffman doesn't play by the rules. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I guess Hoffman doesn't. Uh, okay, so, um, but I could. I, I listen. This is how ridiculous this movie is with characters. I, I think didn't Hoffman even and know Amanda. that that guy was that guy until like the reveal of like, oh that, oh yeah, I was the guy that had my lips sewn shut. I can't say shut sh- sh- sewn sewn shut. Jesus sewn shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> he has the scar on his face, but to me that didn't like the scar should be on his lips. Why is it on his cheek? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's supposed to let me know that that's that guy. Yeah. Well, the way I piece it together is that in 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 reality, Amanda <laughs> and Hoffman didn't play by the rules, and Jigsaw was the one that plays by the rules. So that's why I think that. What what we were just talking about that it was Hoffman who who did that yeah that's that's fine I, I could buy that so um it, it was kind of an interesting like the main setup here is like okay so Riggs like the way it's worded is like super fuckery like he, he basically it's like <laughs> Eric Matthews like you have ninety minutes or something to like it, it was worded like because at the end I'm like okay so like <laughs> but saw five you have ninety minutes like, and saw six. You have 90 minutes. Well, the whole point... And Saw 7, you have 90 minutes. See, the whole point of the game that, the, you know, that the viewer is supposed to get, and I think a lot of people might be missing this too, is Rig is not... The, I mean, this, the foreshadowing happens with, what, five seconds of the movie? You know, with okay. going through the door? That's the whole thing with this movie, going through the door. <laughs> but they also kind of contradict it too, because he's not. he wants everyone to die anyways. Hoffman. Every, oh yeah. Hoffman wants everyone to die anyway. So like, so if you look back at the reveal in this, it makes the whole movie 
seems so ridiculously pointless. Because right in the end, you know, like, like they have the, you know, people start shooting each other and everyone kind of just dies, you know? Yeah. That's it. All of a sudden it's like, man, what the fuck? Like, okay. Like right away I was like, are you kidding me? And then of course part five fills in those gaps again with, with Hoffman yeah. and stuff like that. But, but when you really think back on the whole thing as a whole, you're like, wow, that seems really fucking pointless. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of continuity, but it's like, man, dude, the whole story with Riggs and part four, it's like, it's, like man, said, dude, it's, 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 uh, it's a franchise that you could definitely make a a chronically confusing <laughs> yeah, video dude, because yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, it's, it does. Like someone should make like the ultimate fan cut of Saw and like fucking put them all in order and just release just it feel, as like. I just feel like they took this story in part four and it got so kind of like. It kind of got so ridiculous at points, like in the reveal and stuff, that when they did part five they had to kind of write in those gaps again don't you feel like that's what happened with part five they were like well, hey, we, it's, it's we need to add where... in this story with hoffman and and um you know john and then even add in the whole aspect of john's wife and they even well, they even break it down you know to the whole thing with the entire film is set up <laughs> it's like set up for uh yeah. other reveals in part five um it's, it's so like crazy whole, what do you guys think of you know jigsaw's wife you know the whole reveal with her like the pregnancy and i never like liked her i really never like liked that. her i've never liked that i personally character. like that because it get to me it gives a, a deeper motive than just like i had cancer in the world it goes on <clears> living and is like happy like it, it, I, it shows I, like like psychoticness be deeper than like I, my life is going cancer, right Huh? They questioned it, and I think in part four, I can't remember who says it, but they're like, so you mean to tell me that your wife lost a baby and he became a psychotic serial killer? <laughs> Literally say that out loud, man. It's like, holy shit. I don't know, man. I think a lot of stuff with her just bugs me. Like a ton. I, I didn't really need to know that part of the story. Like, I don't know. It, I understand they're just trying to elevate and kind of add to the whole John character, the whole Jigsaw character, to why he is what he is and why he does his things. I get that. Well, but... I, I really liked what it resulted in because we got to see his prototype, like mm-hmm. his first his first trap and his first concept. And I really liked that he said, "I've already forgiven you." Um, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was pretty cool because it, it lends to the fact that, that he's trying to teach lessons, not necessarily get vengeance. Um, even though I like, I like to think that he's more complex and deeper down, he does want vengeance. He's just trying to be not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I, I think it's just because I thought maybe the whole pregnancy was cliched. I thought maybe they'd eroded in that maybe, you know, that dude went in and attacked his wife in the, in the clinic or something like that and maybe raped and murdered his wife well, or something. We learn we learn more about that later, so. Oh, oh, okay, so I was just wondering because, like, just the whole pregnancy, it, it's just been done so many times in films, you know. It pops up and it's kind of fucking retarded. Okay, so so for right now, as we know, I'm not a big fan. I wish something more had to happen, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they put it there. So, like, Moods doesn't like it that much. I think it's... Pr- I, I think that it, it's decent. Like, I don't think it's amazing. I think that mm-hmm. it, like... Yeah, it's cliche. Like, you'd kind of expect that. Like, that's probably what, yeah. like, the basic person would write in. Oh, uh, let's give Jigsaw more backstory. Okay. Well, we can go with he was molested as a kid. He, uh, yep. mur- his parents murdered and burned some, some sh- molester at the, at the school. Uh, <laughs> you know, or, uh, he, he lost the baby to a, a junkie, um, who, uh, yep. you know, smashed his wife. But I love the knife thing. 
that was cool. I I I never liked Jill Tuck's character to be honest. Did you like the knife trap? Yeah, the knife trap is cool. I love everything that like trap. that. That's my I think it's kind of cool that you get to see, well, yeah, obviously his first trap type deal, but you get to see like the prototype of like the little jigsaw the doll. Yeah, I'm yeah, belly. I like that too. It's like part prequel <laughs> cool up in here. That thing was so small. It was like this little like cabbage patch doll. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> like, it's, just... it's weird when you prequel. Like your prequel is actually a prequel to before the first film, uh, after the Christ. first film. Before the second film, after the second film, before the oh, yeah. third film, and after the third film, all at once. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It, it, that's where it gets really, like, just crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, it, I just watched this just a couple days ago, and, like, I already forget a lot of things. Like, I, I'm curious to watch these again one day, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like you need to see them a couple times, but I don't know if I necessarily have the the drive to really rewatch them anytime soon like i don't really feel that that it's something that i want to do but i do like them like i i I get excited to watch each one like i'm like oh this is fun well i think i just want to know it's like like i don't remember them being that way back in the day Mm -hmm. i I just remember them being this like convoluted that's i noticed that right away in part four like i remember that was the biggest thing i took away from part, part four because Part one I saw on DVD, and as soon as part two came out on DVD, I picked, I bought it at Walmart, you know, on Tuesday release. Same thing with part three and part four. And I think I, I could be wrong here, but I want to say that this got released in like January and like the Super Bowl, Patriots versus, uh, um, Patriots versus the Giants was on. Um, 2007 <laughs> sounds about right, actually. So I, I think that that was the Super Bowl. I remember watching the Super Bowl and then watching Saw Four uh, on DVD. And I, I got to say, like, it, it, I was really goddamn confused back then, and I still was confused. Carly picked it up way better than me this time. I was like, mm. "Who the hell are these people?" Like for the whole movie, I could not tell Stram and uh, Matthews apart, um, or not Matthews Hoffman, Hoffman, <laughs> which confuses me. By I think way, it's more confusing. I think it's almost more confusing in part f- uh, five. Well, with I those two, because you get to see him a lot more. Hoffman is there's a BMXer named Matt Hoffman, and yeah. then there's Detective Matthews, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it's just like all these names run together for me. But just um, just wait, guys. This isn't the first time that they fucking Saw Six is basically the same fucking thing. So. Man, they do that again. Yeah, okay. They do it again. We learn more about stuff that happened in Saw 1, 2, and 3 in Saw but I 6. Guess, I guess that's, you know, the way it has to go, though, because, you know, Jigsaw being dead at the end of Part 3, you have to, f- to keep him relevant in the franchise, you have to tell the story from before he dies. <laughs> that's it, why it's bullshit, and they shouldn't have never made anything after 3. I mean, no, I get that. I disagree, point. though, I, man, because they're still fun at the end of the day. I, would, See, I, I think still what else is them. interesting is this right now is that, you know, they managed to kill off the killer in the third one and still make another, I guess, five movies, <laughs> I guess, with the, the new oh, one coming out. So it's crazy. I mean, it's insane that they they managed to come up with enough ideas to link everything together and fill in those gaps. And, you know, I mean, it it, it is convoluted. But, I mean, when you really think take the time to think about the stories, it's it's there. 
it's not that confusing. It's just a matter of the storytelling. Yeah, you know, it's, the construction of it's the story weird. is confusing because when you start throwing in prequel stuff in epi- in part four and five, and you start learning, you know, about John, you know, his car accident, you know, the first things, it's like it's insane. You're like, holy shit, dude! They're taking this. They're not just filling in the gaps between two movies. They're filling in the whole fucking story. Folklore. I'm gonna it's say so like crazy, this. Dude. I'm gonna it's say so like crazy. This. Trip. It wouldn't be folklore, by the way, Jeremy. <laughs> what is it then? <clears throat> the mythology of the sure story. mythology. The sure mythology. mythology. Um, sure. Folklore Fuck has her. more to do with like tales of like towns and and you know. Yeah, it's like, about stories that have been passed down down yeah, from generations. Yeah. Nobody's passing saw down from generations. I get it. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, so okay, I'm gonna say it like this, right? So I can critique this film for some of its faults with. Um, Maybe uh, some of the you know character casting and and some of that stuff, but I can't really critique a film for being confusing if no. the information is there, because if they told the story with the information there and it's there for you to find and you can't prove any of the shit wrong and it's not you know ridiculous to where you know it doesn't make sense. Period. <laughs> I can't critique it if the information is there is what I'm saying. Uh, I can't give a negative critique anyway. It just means that I didn't pick it up, which is a fault of a viewer, not necessarily a filmmaker. Now, are you as a filmmaker supposed to uh, display, make it easier for the audience to consume that information? Yes, a little bit, but you still can't fault the filmmaker if the information exists. And I do think that the information does exist in these films. I think all the points are there to where you can watch it again. You could probably pick up things a little bit better and understand the film a little bit better and it be a little bit more cohesive. Um, I do have issues with like some of the casting, stuff like that. But then I almost kind of don't at the same time because they're just bringing back people that they had in the previous films, which I actually give them credit for doing that. Uh, one thing that I didn't like about this one is I actually do not like the setup of Matthew's uh detective matthews in the chair uh the dude with the scar on his oh, face hoffman like guarding him hoffman's in the chair matthews, oh, hanging. matthews is hanging. Matthews that's is actually what, who i was thinking of i just said it wrong um and and you know the the hooded person which we obviously find out who it is uh in the chair i, I just to me it's like okay they're they're literally trying to recapture the 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 reveal exactly. of saw one with the person mm. that's doing it is in the room and I don't like that. I feel like it because it's not as good. Like, um, well, I just think it's just like Riggs' story that this is just like a third part of the attentional narrative with with Hoffman and Scram. That is just like it's 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 just like an afterthought. Um, like the way I think about this is 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 Scram's and Hoffman's narrative, then Riggs' narrative, and then this, and this is to piece together Riggs' narrative, and the Hoffman and Scram stories is pieced together by Riggs' story. So it's just going backwards how it's pieced together. In yeah, my well, opinion, I like I like Riggs' story, and I like his. Yeah, but I think it's only there to piece together. Uh, Hoffman and Scram's story. That's the only reason why it's there. Well, it's definitely not only there together. for that because he's he, you're following a story that's developed for Riggs, so it's also there for Riggs. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of trivia here. Uh, the first installment of the franchise of the franchise that does not open with a character in the trap. 
Yeah. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Um, the autopsy scene was completely <clears throat> passed by the MPAA. Uncut. They didn't have to make any cuts to it. You know, which, which is, I find insane. That's me, a really graphic scene. Yeah. Really graphic scene, man. It's so well done. That's crazy. Yeah, I love that scene. We didn't really mention it, but that's his, was really, really, really interesting. Um, Darren Lynn Bowsman was originally not interested in directing a for, the fourth installment in the Saw series, but the producers persuaded him to read the script. Anyway, Bowsman decided to take directorial duties when a plot twist in the script took him completely by surprise, something he thought impossible after being involved in the Saw series for three years. <laughs> so, interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, in the making of the first trap, prosthetic thread was used on both actors. Art, uh, the mute, really couldn't speak during the filming, uh, but Trevor uh, was actually able to see. Hmm. Uh, there was a coroner on set at all times during the autopsy scene. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, in in uh, this is the first Saw film not to be written uh, by co-creator Lee Winnell. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, dude, you, you know how I always bring up CSI and all this. The autopsy scene was deliberately gruesome, <clears throat> gruesome distance to distance the film from from similar scenes that take place on TV every week on shows like CSI. <laughs> I, I'll admit that. I'll admit that. <laughs> uh, the uh, the the autopsy scene was actually supposed to take place at the end of Saw Three. You know, hmm. I mean, I, I really, I guess it doesn't really make a difference, but it does make you think, though, right? Yeah. Because when you're watching Saw Four and you see the autopsy scene, and then when it gets into the story, you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like this whole thing is happening before this kind of thing, and yeah, I can see how it can be confusing. So, because without that, though, you you know, you would obviously start to pick up on the events are happening before he died, quite obviously. But yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lionsgate's sixth highest-grossing film in the United States and Canada. Hmm. Um, what else do we have? Uh, while he was filming Saw Four, Darren Lombardsman was also preparing his next film, Repo: The Genetic Opera. So he was pretty much moving on from Saw after this one. Um. It's, it's kind of weird because like I would like I feel like if I directed like three of them I would just want to continue doing it until they were done <laughs> like in a way like I, I, I kind of would want to move on but at the same time like I just would feel attached to it at that point I wouldn't want other people doing it I can see from a creative level for him though you know doing three films like that it's probably pretty pretty hectic and stuff you kind of you don't want to be pigeonholed. You don't want to be typecasted as that director. You the know, saw guy. You, you know, know, the saw guy. So he wanted to go. I mean, you have to admit though, like what he went and did next was pretty off the wall. <laughs> I mean, he fucking yeah. did like a musical. It's quite different. And I, I praise guys that do that. You know, they go out of their their realm to you know other ways to do d- different things. That's kind of cool though. Which I didn't. Yeah, want that film. Darren Lynn Bowsman is very vocal on like Hollywood and like filmmaking and mm-hmm. pirating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, body body count we have 10 
um, 10 people die in this one. The timeline takes place during the events of Sauce 3, so the first... So the two films are overlapping right until the end. Such a weird concept. I still can't wrap my head around it. It's, like, weird. Um, so, yeah, that is the trivia for Saw 4. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so, um, really, let's... I think we should probably get into our final thoughts on this one and ratings. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, I think, Mood's its turn to rate. Okay. Um yeah, you know, this film, I, I'm not a really a big fan of the whole setup, you know, the whole rig thing and stuff. I just I just feel it's just so simple, and just the construction of the story, to me, was a little bit okay. Um, I felt like there was a lot of story in this that I think that you kind of... It's almost better once you've watched Part 5, <laughs> to be honest. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and, that, and that's, you know, with that said, though, too, it, it almost kind of makes it like I said earlier, a little bit pointless, too, just in what is going on. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of good things to this film. I mean, you can tell that this film has been edited by the same person. It just, man, dude, I mean, there's there's some points in this film where the editing is so spastic, man. <laughs> just like, again, not a huge fan of that approach in filmmaking. I, I don't understand why it has to be so insane, because in part five, they totally eliminated all that. I understand that the story doesn't really allow it to be that spastic either, but you know they they definitely kept a a very conscious idea of what they wanted to do with editing in these films. Um, yeah, man, I, I can see these ones not being for everybody the way the story is told and stuff. But you know, there is at times too where I find the acting in this film is pretty subpar, not really the greatest. I do think one of one of the best performances actually is Rick. I yeah, think he's no, actually I, pretty I like good in this film. Too. You know, some of the other performances seem a little bit dry. I mean, uh, I mean, I would say the lawyer. I mean, he's. I mean, he's okay and stuff. But um, you know, who actually had a decent performance was the junkie. Actually, yeah, he wasn't too bad. <laughs> he wasn't too bad. Uh, but I don't know, man. The just, last time you see him, it's just it's just the whole story, man. It seems a little far fetched with the whole rig thing. It's taking that idea. I, I just feel like everything had to fall into. It had to be so perfect in this one, just like the you know most of the Saw films. Like everything kind of has to work out the way it needs to work out for the story to to finish. You know, mm-hmm. this one seemed just far fetched in my opinion, just the way things were kind of happening and stuff. Like, dude, like the whole fucking <laughs> that pet or I get what do you want to call him, pedophile or rapist or whatever the dude yeah. that gets the uh, the things in his eyes and yeah, rips his body apart. Holy fuck, dude! <laughs> I kind of like that kill. It's, it's so over the top and ridiculous. Uh, and that was one thing I liked about this film, though was, you know, given the story being far-fetched, the kills were over the top, too, and a little bit ridiculous. But, you know, all in all, I got the film. I really did. I understood everything that was going on. It's it's convoluted as fuck. <laughs> really, it's one of the... This is the type of film that I tell people that you would have you have to sit on the edge of your, your sofa and watch with your arms crossed on your knees. Uh-huh. Have to fuck. You can't be doing anything else. You have to pay attention. The problem is, I'm fucking taking notes the whole time. <laughs> Luckily, I can type without looking at my computer. <laughs> you know, I have that going for me. Sometimes I have to go back and fix 94 mistakes, but the point is, the words are there. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, not really the greatest one in the franchise. I'm gonna come in on this one about a six and a half out of ten. <clears throat> so, solve four. I mean, it's it's a more polished movie than Saw 2, I have to give it that. Yeah, I yeah. hated Saw 2, that shit's fucking just... <laughs> Saw 2. 
I mean, like I said, it has my second favorite kill in the franchise, even though Moods and JP don't agree, but, um, you know, it, it, it has the traps, has everything going for it on that part. And I think, like, as JP said, if you, if you dedicate time to it and you're really into it, like Dave is, then I think you'll probably get a lot more out of it. I don't know how people fucking watch these movies a year apart from each other and remember everything because I watched them all back to back and I couldn't remember half the shit that I watched the day before. So how people waited a year, I have no idea. But like I said, it, it's not a bad movie, but it's not like a, as good as three. But I'm going to come in at a six out of ten. You know why you, know why you can't remember everything, Jeremy? Because you're probably you're probably having convulsions from all the spastic editing in it. <laughs> I swear, man, it makes my eyes go fucking green, like black. I personally do not dislike the editing, like that that spastic, like fast type. Like I hate it in a lot of movies, but I've never hated it in Saw because I like the chaos in in this film. Um, what did but, you think of the the acting in this film, Jeremy? You didn't say anything. Um. It's I thought okay. it. I thought it felt like CSI again. I mean, it's still <laughs> better than part two. Like CSI. <laughs> it does though. It and it's actually the, it's like the the score though too. It's like that's, that's it, what I, I was gonna say with like Betsy Betsy Russell's character. Like yeah, she's so flat all the fucking time. I just want to doesn't punch she, her in the face. Really? She completely is the epitome of one of those CSI guest stars. Yeah. Who's getting you know uh, interviewed or whatever you know <laughs> like that, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it just has that feel to it. I, I, I actually I, I hate her character. I didn't hate her character at all. But uh, so that's great. That's why we all have fucking different opinions, asshole. Yeah, I know. I was just sharing my opinion. I I I like this movie, um, but I swear to God, man, I literally rewinded the film mm. a couple times. Like if I would look away for a second, I would. I swear to God, I missed something. And I would, I was constantly, literally saying out loud, "Who is that? Like, what, what, what are they doing here? Where were they from? Like, were they in another saw? Like, I don't remember them. Like, and I, maybe it's just me, but I had a major issue with that. Um, but I don't think that I could take points off too much for it because Carly, you know, who I watch it with, and apparently Moods and Jeremy, they kind of followed the story better than I did. I think so." Uh, I think that I can't really hurt hurt the film too much for that. Um, I do think that it is the biggest problem with this movie is it does just feel like a middle part of a bigger story that's just a filler episode. And I will say that I'm gonna come in at this with this film. Um, I still liked it. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. Cuckoo. All right, let's move hey. on to Saw number five. Yeah, getting into 2008 with Saw 5. Man, they were just pumping these things out, man, every year. It's crazy. Um, quick little synopsis here. Following Jigsaw's grisly demise, Mark Hoffman is commended as a hero, but Agent Stram is suspicious and delves into Hoffman's past. Meanwhile, another group of people are put through a series of gruesome tests. I read through a couple different stops and there was like a lot of big time spoilers in there. <laughs> Holy shit, man. That was crazy. Um, well, we are spoilers, so. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to give every detail away, though, kind of thing, but. Yeah, so Saw 5. So, this one right here was directed by. Oh, what's his name? I think he was actually the production manager for 
or production designer on like Saw two, three, and four and stuff. David Hackle. Yeah, this guy had worked on the other films as a production designer, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. He stepped into directing. This was actually his debut film that he directed. He went on to direct uh, Into the Grizzly Maze uh, a couple years ago, if you guys saw that one, and some TV stuff. Do you guys see Into the Grizzly Maze? Mm, no. Nah. sure he directed that one? Yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, it says he did. Not where I see it. Oh, yeah. it's called Endangered on here. Oh, yeah, okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I, I actually have it under the title Into the Grizzly Maze, like the DVD. So. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But anyways, yeah, so he stepped up from being in production designing to directing. That's kind of an interesting well, Production genre. designers make a fucking insanely retarded amount of money. So. Oh, probably. Probably. But, I mean, I mean... At least in commercial world, it's 1200 a day. But stepping behind, you know, the scenes and actually directing a film is yeah. is interesting. It's a cool jump to make, actually. But, I mean, they all maybe they couldn't find anybody else. You know, like, well, this guy's worked on some films. Let's just put him to the test kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this is one of those films where I don't really think it's so much the directing that kind of makes the, the whole sum of the film. I think it's more the editing. In my opinion, man, this movie right here, I think is an editor's goddamn nightmare. construct because this thing is like it's like a david lynch nightmare man (laughs) you know but at least this one has logic to it though you know it is it essentially is another gap filler and it actually makes sense and stuff but um yeah this this movie actually made me queasy at some parts like some of the effects are fucking brutally nasty i think this one actually has some of the best effects up until the like point at the end the yeah end with the fucking arms man that was making yeah me i actually really like that scene as well as uh the, i think that this one and and this is what i really liked about saw five which is funny because i remember like hating this one when it came out um but i was surprised with this one um and in rewatch i haven't seen it since it came out but i i really like the setup of um the the main sort of trap with all the people, the one that's, you know, reminiscent of like a Saw 2 or something where it's like, so they a only bunch have of 90 minutes. It's the same setup. And, you know, I actually had a tiny bit of problem with that too. You know, given this movie's 95 minutes, why didn't they make the trap? Oh, you God. have to do this Again? in 80 minutes. <laughs> oh, but, okay. but it wouldn't have, wouldn't have made sense though, wouldn't it? If they gave him 80 minutes, they could have done this movie in real time. Because yeah, the setup what, was about 10, 15 minutes. Give them 80. They could have done this movie in real time. It would have been fucking epic, man. From what I'm hearing about Jigsaw. Because you want to add to another goddamn no, <laughs> level of editing Jig- for this fucking Jigsaw does editor. the same shit. The new yeah. film does the same shit I read where they have fucking 90 minutes and it's a group of people. So 90 minutes. What, what's wrong with that? He always puts a tape on. He always fucking puts the Jigsaw <laughs> But it's out. 90 minutes every fucking time. So what? He's, he's a product of... He's a guy that... Uh, you know, oh, likes to continue his uh, trends. You know, he uh, set up. What's wrong this with that? Actually... What's, seriously, the, no, seriously, b- break down why it's bad to have it ninety minutes. Because in every film, it's they have it's the same fucking thing. It just feels redundant. It's like kidnap somebody has ninety minutes to find themselves and save everybody. What about the ones that we have sixty seconds or or ninety yeah, but, seconds? But, but, Overall, the main storyline is the person that we're following is 90 minutes to get through whatever they're trying to get through. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. I don't see the problem. I don't know. I just think it gets redundant after a while. That's what you're picking on? Per- the whole movies are the exact same movies every time, and you're picking on the time limit. Okay. So, actually, the very first kill... I don't know what it is about... 
this, and I realized five minutes into this movie that I've been lying to you guys the entire time. I always said I'd only ever seen the first four Saw films. I have totally, one. 100% seen this film before because I remembered this kill and, and I started getting into it. I'm like, I've seen this before. I just fucking completely forgot I'd watched it. <laughs> but I have to admit, man, the very first kill in this film, I love that. I think the gore looks so great in it. It just, it looks, uh, I don't know. There's something about the way it happens and the gore is awesome. I think the effects in this film are to this point the best. Yeah. I think they're they're nasty. Um, actually, the whole the fucking arm film, cut in half, man. Dude, brutal, man. And I think Ugh. some of the everything in this one are nasty. I love the aesthetic of this film. They don't overdo it. There's a lot of really good things about the the whole genetic makeup of this film that I really enjoyed. I like the fact. Maybe it's the fact that this guy was a designer on the other ones. I don't know. Maybe decided to do something a little bit different for his directorial debut. I don't know what it was, but when I was watching this film, it just felt a lot different in kind of the sub-narrative, which is the main narrative. I don't know. This one is just so hard to explain because it seems like the main focus is, like, the backstories, the fillers in this one. It's so weird. Like, I feel like they focus on that more. Like, 80% of the film is is backstory and kind of developing that whole thing. And, you know, the other 20% is, you know, these five people going through these traps. It's really crazy. Really weird setup. You know, Talibot Hoffman. I, I don't think that I can like, scram I didn't again. really get that. I don't know. Like I was interested in in both things this time. Like I, I like what was going on that there was characters, and I liked you know the little bit of backstories that we were getting. There's a point in this film though where there's about twenty twenty five minutes where they don't even focus on the people going through the traps at all. There's so much development within that story that's been building up throughout the whole franchise. That they didn't really focus on the main narrative in this one. I was, I just thought that was so interesting how they got away from it. And you're just, you're, you're learning a lot about all these characters. Like you're learning stuff about, you know, Jill and, uh, and all the other characters and stuff. And, and Hoffman, of course, like his whole thing. And, and, and we're following Stram. And it, it's just crazy. It, it almost to me, it feels like a, like a mystery, like a crime police drama at times, man. It's crazy. <laughs> like it's not like the weirdest feel to this film. I don't know what it is. Kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's different to me. Saw was, you know, dominating the October. That's why they kept making them because they kept doing very well in October, we, Halloween. Yeah, weekend. but they started to do pretty shitty starting w- with this one. Okay, but, I mean they still made a shit ton of money, but like, I think people are starting to lose steam at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, by by this point, people were. I mean, it still did one hundred and thirteen million. I know. Months. I'm not saying it didn't do good. That's huge. That's huge this. for a 13 million dollar budget. Mm. Not to mention the mm-hmm. DVD sales. Like, dude, th- this film was a massive success. Still, you know, yeah, it may not have been a as big as Saw Two or Saw Three or Saw Four, but it's, it's still. What's that? The first Saw made the most money. I thought Saw Two did. Mm. Pretty sure Saw Two did. Um. But yeah, so it it might not have made, you know, as much money, but it is still a very, very, very successful film in Saw Five. We learn very quick in this one that Hoffman is an accomplice. Oh well, yeah, he is. Well, he's the he's the hero, but you learn very quick in this one that he's an accomplice. I mean, the but story. Did we learn that in four? Well, yeah, that's the reveal. You but- do. 
You do, but then you know right off the hop in this one, like, he's bonafide. But then it kind of goes through his backstory of how he's connected to Jigsaw. And, of course, Stram is, he, you know, he was the guy that was kind of left for dead in in part four. And he's very, very curious about Hoffman's past. So he starts digging into it. That's when it kind of turns into a crime thriller a little bit. But most of the movie is telling the story of Hoffman, uh, his association with... um, with jigsaw and you know it's actually kind of cool you know yeah, no, I, it, it is kind of cool and yeah, yeah. i will say that um the like, way that like this that one bag. is told is pretty interesting because yeah. uh you assume that at least i assumed and and me watching it this time was pretty much like me watching it for the first time because i only had memory of like a few things like the hand saw but I mean, the first actual fucking saw, like spinny saw in the series, I believe. Uh, and it was so brutal. I, I, I had memories of that. But the story, I did not remember anything. So this was like the most fresh out of the ones we've watched so far. And I had assumed that the, uh, what's his name? Matthew? No. Hoffman. Hoffman. Jesus. Uh, Hoffman. <laughs> I assumed that he was sort of, you know, like how they was trying to trick the audience with Riggs, where he was going to be the next Jigsaw. Like, yeah, he is going to be, like, the next Jigsaw, but I took it as he is, like, like, Jigsaw did this to him, like, at, like, post... I I guess I didn't expect that he was there the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, that, that I expected it to be after... And after the fact type thing where Hoffman uh, begins to um, like, like how Amanda was right. Where like, well, mm-hmm. I guess like, Amanda was there a while too, but well, I, I, I didn't I, expect but it. That's to, like, I think that like this backstory back. is a lot more, a lot more interesting than the backstory this, that we learned. This backstory, it's a lot more back, interesting and it makes sense. You know? It does make sense because like I said, you learn very quick in this film Hoffman is, you know, the accomplice, but then you also learn why he is, you know, why you learn from his sister yeah. and then, he yeah. sets up the first trap, and that he tries to be a fucking jigsaw wannabe. So jigsaw basically kidnapped. He was the one that kind of put him into that thing, yeah, and kind of made him who he was. And so I, I think that was actually kind of cool, man. I mean, honestly, like yeah, that that's actually makes a lot of sense, right? Like this guy. Oh, okay, there is a jigsaw killer out there. It's known by the public. Okay, yeah. so that pretty much means I can go kill somebody as long as I'm careful with the evidence and I set it up like a jigsaw trap. They'll never suspect me. But the cool thing was is that he was an FBI agent. Yeah, you know he well, obviously. Like, <laughs> you know, no one would suspect him, right? Yeah, nobody would suspect him. So why not set it up to make it look like Jigsaw did this? But it kind of backfired on him. He got <laughs> caught by him, and then he was forced to kind of do some shit. But do you, I, I, I kind of like the reveal, even with the opening kill in this one, like how that comes across and yeah. and like how he figures it out i i I don't know man i thought the storytelling was you know at times in this film i won't lie it's very very tiresome because you seem to get so much story in this you know it it seems like it almost seems at times this film isn't even trying to be scary i don't know if any of the other films to you know some of the listeners are scary but at times this one just felt like a total crime thriller to me like but i was digging it because it felt different to me and i enjoyed this kind of story the story that was developing between four and five and, and it's more a little bit much more in five though I, I thought it was really cool and i don't know man i just like the approach in this one i'm glad that there was a different director you well, I like, I noticed I, there was a different director <laughs> i like how we learn about like fucking uh hoffman going back and he's setting up the trap in saw one and he's going back and he's setting up the saw and trap the 
trapped in Saw 2. I know, like, I, I really like, like that because like I respect it because it's like, it's like, oh, this world we're so familiar with, like, these are classic set pieces at this point that we all know, and it's like, oh, that's so cool, so that's oh, it's how just that interesting happened. To like, yeah, it's just but it answered some of our questions before. Yeah. Of like, it answers some of our questions with Shawnee Smith's character. It's like, was she doing this? Like, you know, yeah. was she able to do this? And stuff? It's like, okay. You know, it, it, now it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, like, I, Shawnee I, like, Smith I, feels completely pointless now. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I think, you know, this story kind of definitely took precedence, you know, in the first five. Like, yeah. it, there is such an abundance of story to this, man. It's crazy how much they give yeah. you. And, and uh, I, okay, so you do have Stram, and he's, the, like, the whole point of this is, like, okay, he's going to go down. Everybody who was involved... Like, basically, he went around, it's like, he went around and he's, everybody who was involved initially is now dead, so there's no way to track the evidence back to him. That's yeah. the whole point of, of what he's doing and to be the hero or whatever, is like, if you kill everybody involved, then nobody can find out any more information, nobody can be like, hey, wait a minute, remember that time, like, you know, and and start thinking and digging deeper. Um, but the problem is, is Stram is like, and, you know, a G and he decides to stab himself in the goddamn neck and give himself a check for to me or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man, that's some badass shit right there. Yeah, uh, how practical it is? Probably not very. But <laughs> I didn't buy it one bit. Just like how I didn't buy how he goes back to all the fucking traps and all the other films, and he somehow ends back where Hoffman is. That's like the biggest. Well, that, that's one of the biggest problems I had, too, because it's definitely a head scratch. There, there was a point I was like, how did he get there? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, and you notice that right away, too, is very, very prevalent, man. And I was like, okay. But then, you know, like, I, how, how I, I tried know? to justify it in my mind, and I'm like, well, he is supposed to be, like, one of the best cops. Like, maybe he just kind of figured, but the thing is with that, but that means that it's he problematic. Must, he, he had to be there where the barbed wire trap in the first film because he knows where it was. Mm-hmm. So it's like exactly. he had to be there during the fucking well, first Well, why would he have to be just... there? Because how else would he know where the fuck it is? Because that shit is documented. Well, I don't see, know. I just don't believe like, like it's that, all that still set up. That shit is available in files. In I just don't believe like it's all, still, it's all still set up and everything. Oh, like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, and there's no cops yeah. there like guarding it or anything. Like, it's like, yeah. that's all bullshit. Yeah, you, you definitely have to sort of suspend your disbelief a lot. I mean, like, the very scope of these films at this point with the amount of giant, massive warehouses that they would have to have to hold all this shit in, especially when you find out a lot of this shit is happening at the same time, you're just like, no fucking way, dude. I know, that's the other thing that, I, like, if you put it into the larger spectrum, when uh, when these start, like, the timeline, if you try to break out this timeline, these things... Are they actually happening at the same time? Like, what it's the so, fuck? It, like, I, I need to see some, like, super smart dude who, like... Construct an actual timeline. Yeah, in, in video right. form. And he's like, meanwhile, while well, this is going on, this is going on. And then two days later, this happens. Like, like, like I said, we should make the ultimate 22 shots of moods and horror fan cut of the Saw franchise. Yeah, because, wow. because there is a scene, though. For I mean, episode 200, there you go. When, when Hoffman saves the little girl... You know, like that basically was happening at the same time as the other story, then too. So <laughs> it's like, holy fuck, dude! Like, <laughs> head scratchers, dude. Yeah. Like, what the hell, man? It's like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, so uh. when you have these, um, like, I'm always a big fan of like the traps. I like when they're like thought out and cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could be just gory and stuff, and and I like that. Like. That's why I'm not the biggest fan of the one where the guy's arms just twist. 
Like, to me, I know a lot of people, that's, like, one of their favorite chops, but I like ones that are, like, really creative and, like, and once you find out, like, how they could have, like, like, this one with the key, the key at the beginning, like, if they all just worked together, like, it would have, you know, been fine well, or whatever. Like, I like that, those type of ones. It's kind of funny, though, right? Like, this movie has a very similar premise to part two. We all, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it. I know Jeremy hates that film. But this one, you know, even though it had some of the same type characters, you know, it has that cliche dude in it that has no job, but he's wearing a fucking suit. Yeah. Huh? Head scratcher again? What? I don't understand it. But again, like, I don't, like, the very first trap in this one, they've got all these neck pieces on there attached to this wire. They figure it out. They're kind of working together. And they figured out, well, if, if someone pulls too hard, it's going to release this pin. The time's going to go. You don't really know. Well, of course, the fucking dude freaks out and, and it happens. It's just like so cliched. Right? Like You're it does like, oh. every time somebody yeah. wakes up in the trap. And yeah, and then of course, but even the after pin. they've discussed it together and then Buddy still says, fuck it, I'm going for it. It's like, dude, come well, on, man. Buddy, just, buddy lived. Yeah, I know, right? And of course, so, the blonde, the blonde shit gets me. decapitated. I'd be, like, I'd be like, let me think about this. Okay, fuck you guys. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I always relate to those guys because I'm like, that maybe would be me. Like, I don't know these fucks. I don't even know if they're good people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But survival of the fittest, homie. And uh, Well, clearly not because the two fucking weakest dudes survive at the end. Well, I mean, yeah. But I I like the reveal where it's like, oh, some of those things had room for two people. It was meant to be. And, you know, it was really cool to see that. I love that final trap where it's like, you know, just yeah. stick your goddamn hand in there. Which, by the way, like, why it's did nice. Homie like go all the way up his like damn forearm, man? Like, oh, it looks so nasty. Off. All you gotta do is looks cut your so hand off. You don't gotta go all the way up there. Do you know who the chick is? It's fucking Julie Benz. She's from. She was um, married to Dexter in the Dexter series. Oh, really? Wow. That's her. She's just got dark hair. You talking in this. about Rita? Rita, that she was fucking Rita from Dexter, man. Like halfway she, through the film, she like, fucked Rita and Dexter. No, she was fucking Rita. That's what I just <laughs> said. She was fucked Rita and Dexter. Sorry, man. She was Rita. You know what I mean? Oh, um, it's so crazy because I was like looking at her, going, "She got dark. Who the hell is that, man?" And then it just dawned on me. Wow, I was like, "I'm surprised oh, I didn't notice that." But I, did anybody else get the vibe that she was gonna not actually have her hand in there the whole time, and that dude was just using all his blood? Hmm. Little bit. Like, that's, little I thought that's what was gonna happen. I was like, oh, cause like, all the camera angles does not show her hand bleeding. It's all blood coming from his hand. Well, was it a time trap? I don't remember. I think so. Because if it, yeah, if it wasn't so. a time trap, I was just gonna say, like, why wouldn't she fake it and just, like, pretend to put her hand in there? Well, she and probably the guy passes out. Still, you know what I mean? I like, think it, just chop sure up time. his body. But if the body only has, like, nine quarts of blood in it or whatever, pints of blood or quarts or whatever, and then. Like, he would need, like, you can't, like, that would have to be no wasted blood, then, mm-hmm. <laughs> from that guy. Like, I don't think it's possible, but you could probably well, put think- some, like, fingers in there or something to weigh it up a little bit. But, um, I love that concept, right? Because, it's like, well, if everybody was there, it would only take them cutting themselves a little bit. Like, maybe just cut a finger off and let it drip, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but they fucked themselves by, you know, not working together, and now they gotta pretty much literally probably kill themselves like the, like chances are that they're not even gonna like you have a high probability of bleeding to death before you ever get saved whenever oh, you lose time. that much blood so not in the saw franchise well i mean you know what i'm saying but i'm saying from their point of view like i know i know but yeah i mean i i like that trap a lot that was cool i like that whole setup i like the 
the all, all the traps involved in there. I thought it was really cool. I like that. The whole thing. I, I was really down with it in this one. I thought it was one of the more fun and creative ones that we've had in a little while. Mm-hmm. Way better mm-hmm. than, like, Detective Matthews and fucking dudes sitting in chairs and, like, hanging from a thing and another dude watching. That was... That's another thing, actually, I forgot to mention in part four. Um, <laughs> the Detective Matthews thing. So he's been, you know, cooped up in there for six months. Why did he still have his fucking his boot cast on i mean was his foot okay by now was he it's been six months since this happened oh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> was it fucking healed your shit doesn't take six months to heal man i don't know i don't it know that was a pretty months. nasty break but still <laughs> i was I, I mean i guess you know jigsaw as long as you give or you know whoever doesn't really give a shit that's you know what kind of shape he's in but yeah. uh but you know it's oh fuck it just kind of i was like really yeah boot still on Come i will on. say that the original the first head cut off though with the when they wake up to the chains and the collars and mm-hmm. the blades like I don't that was not super good uh, for a decapitation scene <laughs> it's not as good as fucking part four man that shit's awesome I did like I like the end I mean yeah I thought this movie like I said man it, there's a lot of good things going for this I mean oh, I can dude, see I how- love the end actually I was like okay yeah. the only part that I don't like dude is I'm not down with Hoffman I don't like him he's not he's <laughs> not He's not like he's not the villain that I would want. Like Jigsaw's dope. I don't mm. like Hoffman. He's not very he's, charismatic yeah. for a main nope. villain. He's very bland. He's very woodlike, and yeah. he's just you know. I mean, even a you know Jigsaw a John. You know, as much as you know, you shouldn't like him. You still kind of respected him at least. Yeah, cause he's because smart he's smart and shit. Smart. And, yeah, but but when you have uh, Stram and. Uh, Hoffman at the end here and you have this this sort of uh, fight into this box where you think that Stram has the upper hand because he threw dude in the trap really it wasn't a trap at all it was like a you know it's kind of brilliant yeah it's kind of brilliant. and 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 the like that was the best piece of uh, charisma and acting in terms of villainous activities for from Hoffman sort of look that he gives him while this shit's happening and honestly like I feel pretty bad it's like oh shit like it, the the bad guy wins, like you know what I mean. Like Stram was like completely the good guy, and like yeah, for, you know, you totally think that he's gonna you know win this battle, but he you know goes complete opposite. But the way he dies, man, oh, holy fuck, brutal! Dude. And it's like Jeez, they will man. never find his. Yep. It's like that's I'm, another I'm, scene. That's another thing that um, that scene with the arm getting cut in half, and that scene was the two scenes that made me queasy. Yeah, yeah. he gets destroyed. Yeah, and you know what I love about that brutal. scene? That's just I love scary the... to me, man. Like that's that's a pretty shitty way to die. And see, I really like the directing of this too because I like the overhead shot that they used on this. Yeah, and you know the woodiness of of uh, of Hoffman's acting actually came out pretty good in that scene because yeah, that's like where it plays best. He's laying in this box and he just has this grin on his face, but he's not even blinking. There's literally like you know blood and everything. it's like hitting the the glass thing, and he's yeah. just staring up at him. Like, no emotion at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's fucking like awesome. But I love the way it was shot. It was shot really well. Really good scene. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, in terms of box office here, like I said, it had a budget of 10 million, 10.8 million. Ended up making 113.8 million, which is really, really good. That is good no matter how you look at it. Uh, in terms of releases here, there's been a ton, but. Uh, there's actually a 14-minute difference in the cuts for this one. The unrated director's cut is 14 minutes longer than the theatrical cut, which is quite a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and it says that um, 
some of the scenes of the film uh, are reordered and arranged differently than the theatrical cut. So it actually tells the story a little differently as well. Well, that's because it was probably the first edit, and when they went to go do the second one, they probably fucked it up and they said, well, we're just going to change this like this. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Oh, oh, oh okay, so, excuse me, that's actually going- not what happened, guys, sorry. Um, ha- uh, the director claimed that uh, the film would run 14 minutes longer, but however, only a few changes were made, and the extra footage was never released, and the the, the cut only ran four minutes longer than the theatrical apparently hmm. why the hell would it not put it on the special features who the hell knows but that annoys me <laughs> fuck you Lionsgate yeah hashtag fuck Lionsgate we getting Vestron releases a saw or what <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but so uh yeah uh to get into like any type of trivia I'll see if we have anything here um, for Saw number five, uh, like I said, opening weekend actually was thirty million. So did thirty million opening weekend. Um, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, let's see. Uh, basically, obviously, Seth's trap was inspired by Edgar Allan Poe's short, "The Pain and the Pendulum." Uh, pretty, pretty obvious reference there. Uh, real animal blood was used for the final trap. Um. That's interesting. Wow. Uh, the, the, the director Maybe said that's why they, the effects were the best. Yeah, the director said <laughs> they wouldn't blood. have used it had they known how bad it was going to smell. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so uh, the original screenplay called for the characters played by Megan Good and Julie Benz to go through most of their ordeal wearing their undergarments. The production team decided against this when they realized how committed and serious the two actresses were about their roles. That's funny. <laughs> um, Scott Patterson had to re record his lines in ADR to make his voice deeper and more hoarse to reflect the voice of someone who had just had a trisectomy, which yeah, is that yeah. neck thing. Uh, uh, the well, footage... they did a good job in the ADR there, though, because, I mean, obviously you can tell his voice has changed and stuff, but yeah, it's interesting. Didn't you, I, I didn't even notice. That's good. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> that's especially good. from the audio guy. Yeah. Uh, this that actually is, is the first sequel of the Saw franchise not to open in first place opening weekend at the U.S. box office. Um, be curious. Jeremy, can you find out what did opening weekend there? While I uh, if, my, the if my correction is correct, Your correction that is would correct? be High School, Mem- High School Musical 3. Wow, lame. Uh, Lionsgate's 10th biggest grossing film in the U.S. and Canada. So still very successful. Um, the, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. I didn't look it up, I swear. I just remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, really? That's weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's see. Anything else here we have? Um... The guillotine blades in the first trap were all shaped like V's um, to look like Saw 5. Uh, did not know that. Damn, didn't even pick up on that. But <laughs> I fucking love that kill. It's awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, the first film in the series to have the same amount of participants in the games to match the number of, of the movie. Huh. Hmm. Did not know that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's interesting because yeah, usually in some of the, like in Saw two, 
where there's a couple people that have to get killed in between the yeah that's cool man oh wow the first and only film where a character does not say game over at the climax so out of (laughs) all seven films is the only one that doesn't say that yep that makes sense but i guess i guess hoffman couldn't really say that Game over. He could have mouthed like he, it. Like if he, he, I wish like he mouthed he, it. Like he opens up the coffin and says, "Game over," and he closes it. Yeah, back then the door, door, like that, he falls out or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Let's see what else we have here. I think that is about it. Hoffman is involved in the traps from Saw Two. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Body yeah. count six. Six. So I must have. Is that the lowest um, in the whole franchise? Because even the first wall has one, two. I'm not sure actually. It's close. It's got to yeah. be competing with the it. crazy. So all right, um, yeah, that is Saw number five. Uh, you want to get into ratings? Yes. Who's going first now? I uh, believe that would be me. So uh, I actually really liked Saw 5, surprisingly. Um, I felt like this one's story was a lot easier to follow, except for the actual, like, time line that was going on, because, like, like where this event happened, at what point mm-hmm. in the Saw storyline does this happen? Like, that was a little bit confusing. I really, I really kind of dug this one, though. I'm coming in at 8 out of 10. 8? Yes. Nice. 7 out of 10. Yeah, man, I enjoyed this one. It, it was pretty good. You know, like I said before, I thought the, you know, the narrative, the way the narrative was kind of playing out was a little bit tiresome at times. But I thought this one was the best aesthetic looking film so far, even better than the first one. I thought a lot of things that were happening in this one, set pieces, gore, just the actual visuals of it, the sound, everything about this one was the best so far in the franchise, which blew my mind. Blew my mind because when this one first started playing and it was just kind of doing that, you know, ah, flashbacks, you know, flashbacks, flat. I was like, holy shit. But it actually played out pretty nice, man. I, I really enjoyed this one. I'm going to go with 7.5 out of 10. Pretty nice. good film. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Saw 6 from 2009, directed by, how do you guys say his name? Kevin Gertert? 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 How do you pronounce that shit? Kevin Gertert? Gertert? I think it's that's a weird name, man. Um, yeah, dude, I, I honestly didn't know much about this guy. Uh, so we have a director change here. But uh, he actually went on to direct also the final chapter. But did you guys see Jezebel from 2014? He apparently no, did that one too. I didn't. So that's kind of his uh, horror resume right yeah, there. Yeah, but, but he's been the editor of all these movies. Yeah, yeah, So... So he moved up from editor to director. To, That's pretty cool director. that they promoted from within with a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, I think it's a good idea to do that, you know, in a long-lasting franchise, you know, because these guys are familiar with it. You know, they kind of know what to do. And, you know, we'll get to the editing here in a minute, which I thought was actually kind of interesting in itself because that's one thing one thing i've you know talked about many many times throughout this franchise is the uh the acid type spastic fucking editing throughout the series but so this this, is kind of a strange one this one came out october 23rd 2009 uh which i don't know if that's that's the year i believe 
the Paranormal Activity debuted, right? 2009? Yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13. I believe so, yes. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. So, so this this was the first time that Saw yep, did 2009. Not, this is the first time that Saw did not open on Halloween week. It actually mm-hmm. opened the week before. Um, which so did that actually result, help it? I believe of Paranormal Activity. Um, no, I mean it did. It did decent at the box mm-hmm. office. Uh, you know, still made money, but considering, you know, did it play? It actually placed second at the box office uh, to Paranormal Activity, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, it did go on to gross some money. But like considering the other films in the series, like it was a huge step down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really People surprise me though because out. not only burnt out though, man. I think well, the marketing campaign for for Paranormal Activity was amazing. Yeah, there I think was a lot were of just really ready good... to move on to something else. And and honestly, like I think between that year that Saw came out, all the way up until like Paranormal Activity Four was like one of the cooler little eras in horror because like. It, every year you had one of those films coming out on Halloween and since then we haven't had anything do that which bums me out because like I would like to see another series own Halloween like like it, oh. it's just bizarre to me that a, a film studio does not try to put out a film every Halloween you got some assholes running those studios apparently because that is ridiculous yeah. there should be a film opening like, up on Halloween weekend were... it, it's just like a given it's going to make some type of money I, right? I believe so. like Three years ago, like when we first started doing this, like mm-hmm. I even remember like talking about it, but theatrical horror films were completely Crap. in the non-existent at, at the time when we started this podcast. And did, we actually we, we even broke it down one year. Was it two years ago? And there was only nine theatrical no, films the whole year. It was like year? six or something. It was even less. That I is believe. that's crazy, dude. Yeah. What a turnaround it's been movies. since that. Yeah, I agree. Pretty wild stuff, man. Pretty wild stuff. But getting into Saw 6 here, man, let's get into a quick little synopsis. Agent Schramm is dead. An FBI agent, Erickson, draws near to Hoffman. Meanwhile, a pair of insurance executives find themselves in another game set by Jigsaw. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Saw 6. So this is the first Saw Saw that I hadn't seen on these rewatches. Apparently, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my first uh, my first impression with the film was um, this one wasn't as it didn't it obviously didn't have as much flashbacks as part four and five did. Mm-hmm. And in my my initial thought while watching this film was um, it, it, it was played a lot more straightforward. Again, this is obviously you know, happening between two and three leading into the events of three and stuff like that. But I thought this one was a lot more, um, straightforward and learning, you know, that this, the guy directing this film was actually the editor and, you know, obviously the director. And I thought it was quite interesting. This one had a different feel than some of the other films. Cause I've been talking about how much I've been not really loathing, but just, I'm not a big fan of the spastic type editing throughout. I, I noticed this one right here. It felt a little calmer. It was a little more straightforward. I don't know if it was because it was like his first film directed and he just kind of wanted to do something not so crazy. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this film? I, I felt like it just kind of 
it just kind of slid in there and it didn't really break any barriers. It wasn't really, it wasn't the shining star. It, it was just kind of another entry into the, into the franchise. I don't know. It was less confusing than part five. That's for sure. I well, still ended up confused. <laughs> like uh, I have a rough, like apparently I'm a dumb as fuck. Apparently, <laughs> but um, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's because you get confused by characters. That's really the hardest part for me. So, yeah. um, one thing that I do want to say here in terms of characters is uh, there are some new characters introduced. Uh, the first trap, I believe, was the trap that they had to cut like flesh off of themselves and dump into yeah, a, a scale. Um, the actress, uh, the black girl in that scene is actually, and I do remember this, um, VH1 had a reality TV show called Scream Queens. And this was basically an acting competition uh, for young actresses and uh, actually former actresses who like kind of lost their... like. For, there was like a former kid actress who played on um, the Nickelodeon show Caitlin's Way who was on there. Um, and it was basically a competition where, where they would go through these different... Um, things where they would have to uh, act out a scene or like do their own stunt or something like that. It was actually a pretty cool show because it was all horror centric. Yeah. And, uh, one of the, uh, the winner of it was actually, um, let me try to find Tanandra Howard, (laughs) who, uh, played, uh, the black girl. Uh, and I guess it was, um, It says here on Wikipedia, a TV reality show called Scream Queens aired in 2008 on VH1 in which 10 unknown actresses competed for a breakout role in Saw 6. Unknown actress Tanandra Howard won the role. Lionsgate made a public statement ensuring her a leading role in the film but did not elaborate further on her character. I thought that that was really really, really cool. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, she plays a little bit more part in the next one. It's still not a leading role. Yeah, it's not a leading role, but um, I think that it is cool that, you know, they, like, literally had a competition for, like, that's how big Saw was at the time, right? Like, it was was huge at the moment, and, um, like, I remember even when they announced, like, they did, because I watched this reality show, I think there was two seasons, and it was, like, when they announced what the prize was, you know, like... A, a, a walk-on leading role in in uh, Saw Six, like everybody was just like, "Oh my God, Saw is like the hugest thing right now," you know. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, but back to the actual film. Uh, Jeremy, you're the expert on Saw. Why don't we? I ain't no expert. No, on you're Saw. definitely <laughs> the expert on Saw here. I mean, this well, is no, only you, the... you've seen these before. This is you know. Yeah, but this is Saw. I, I've seen them once. During the initial run, and this is the first time that I'm I'm revisiting them. I mean, I don't think the traps are as cool in this one as they are in the all the other films. I mean, up until the first film, this is probably the weakest in I, the in the realm of traps. Yeah, I didn't and think I, that the traps were overly amazing. Um, I liked certain aspects and, of some of them, like I like the and what pound the fuck of is flesh up with, type one. You know what I mean? And what, like and that what the was fuck cool. is and what the fuck is up with naming the insurance company Umbrella Health. Like, really? Like, you really think fucking people aren't going to fucking make the connection that they're clearly ripping off Resident That's Evil? Like, the first come on. thing that I thought was Resident it's Evil. It's like, it's such bullshit. It's like, I want to know how the hell they got away with that shit. So, um... There is some pretty decent... I mean, I do agree, man. The traps in this in this uh, movie were not the greatest, but there is some pretty decent gore. 
especially I would say in a scene towards the end there. Um, that was pretty nasty. And and there was some nasty moments, I think, with the flesh, cutting off the flesh and See, stuff. See, I, I just thought that the flesh one was, they showed a little bit too much of the guy cutting his flesh. And I mm-hmm. thought that it looked like, that's not what the inside of a person looked like to me. You know what I mean? Like, like the way he was cutting it off, it just like, like anatomy-wise just didn't seem mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I kind of, well, I kind of know, didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the trap's not being the greatest, and I, I thought some of the gore was pretty decent in the film too. But, um, but remember the last review I was talking about that we we see more of the uh, druggies story in this one. Yeah, you definitely Amanda. Do. You definitely you know. do. Okay, so I think we do need to walk through the story a little bit to kind of get into the review a little bit. So. Um, there's like a lot of stuff, like a lot of these, I think a lot of problems with the Saw films is just, there's so much going on. And Mm -hmm. like, again, if you don't watch these back to back, like you're going to be lost. So, um, basically we have Hoffman who is now believes that everybody that was involved is now dead because that was his goal. And then he was going to finish off whatever jigsaw left for him. And then he was going to be done. Um, and mm-hmm. we find out that one of the the people who we thought were dead in the previous film is actually still alive. One of the uh, the female police officer or detective. Yeah, but she got she got fucked up in like Saw three. <laughs> no, Saw four. Saw four. She got fucked up. Yeah. Well, they, they fucked up her face again in this one. Too. Yeah, no, that's the first thing I said. I was like, I was like, damn, yeah, this girl has no luck with her face. But um, <laughs> yeah. so you have basically. Um, Two detectives, including the one whose face was messed up, uh, now bringing in Hoffman to try to find out, um, I guess, where if Strom he's the one is. Response. Yeah. Because Strom, they're b- beginning to believe that he might have had something to do with... Uh, well, and essentially, Hoffman's plan kind of worked. You know, it kind of directed the FBI in, Stram- in Strom's way. You yeah, know, as the but- accomplice to, to Jigsaw, right? But... As we know, <laughs> yeah, he that, even went that, as far as to putting Straw Strom's fingerprints on somebody's face, um, mm-hmm. and but the only problem is, is that uh, they the tape recorders or something like that they they're looking like further into it and they're saying that one of them is definitely not Jigsaw's voice or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, John whatever his name is. Kramer they were Kramer. Trying, they were more or less trying to confirm that it was, but then they, they kind of knew it wasn't, so they were looking for, you know, the real person and stuff. Yeah, and That's of course, as the audience, we know that the tape to Seth Baxter was, in fact... And, and it's actually almost... Hoffman. It's yeah. actually yeah. almost very, like... um, oh, What's the word? I don't know, like... It, it almost comes off cheesy whenever they're, like... They're like, yeah, the tape where uh, the the tape for Seth Baxter, which of course was the guy who killed your sister, that one's a little weird, and it's just like, uh, it's like so awkward, you know, because like we know the audience he did it, but they're like, they're like, yeah, you know, the one that killed and brutally murdered your sister that ended up dying. Uh, <laughs> I know. It well, is I want to know it's like what kind of what kind of police department is this that this guy's allowed to kill fucking three people and then run out and be like, oh, nobody's gonna notice. I'm just gonna leave now. I just killed all these people. Like, well, he's kind of supposed to be an expert on, you know, maybe doing it his way and not getting caught type of thing, right? But he's in a fucking police station, bro. Oh, oh, when he burns them? 
when he kills them all, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, I thought you were talking about setting up the... Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. That, exactly. That That's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. That would never... That's just so unbelievable. <laughs> it's so unbelievable that, that, you know, you're kind of going, that's... Wow. Yeah. Wow. But um but this but this the, the structure of this film is actually kind of a lot different than part four and five because you know, in those stories there's so much flashback, there's so much villain story and stuff, and it, it it kind of is the forerunner, you know, in the actual narrative to those films. This one right here, it does focus on the traps and kind of it, it kind of relies on the main narrative in this one quite a lot. Like there's some trap scenes in this one that are like eight, nine minutes long and stuff. And it almost has less of the investigation, which I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I think it was kind of a change up from having like, yeah, but if you're going to do that, at least have, at least have interesting traps, you know, it's just like, oh, this one's just like, there's a bunch of flames underneath this person and she has to run from one end to another without getting fucked up. It's like, it's not very interesting to watch for nine minutes. I didn't really like that one um, so much just because it was like, I don't know. It wasn't even flames. It was just steamy, like boiler pipes. You know, even though they don't show a lot of, like, the filler kind of aspect of the story, what they do show in this one is kind of interesting. Like Jeremy said, we do get a little bit more with the, with the druggie and, you know... Yeah, the it was all Amanda's the... fault. But well, in this no, one, no, no, we no, also... No. I, I really like how they kind of... Ju- like, they completely flipped how I perceived Amanda. Like, mm-hmm. because you find out that she actually was... She probably was the, like, the homie. Reason. You know, and, yeah. and yeah, if exactly. you... Like, yeah. people listening to this review will realize that we were talking about Amanda as it, as in the information that we had on her at the time of that yeah. film. Uh, so now, knowing this, like, it's very... It changes everything, really. Because mm-hmm. Amanda yes. was, you know, probably the, the next to be Jigsaw, you know, but... Uh, it wasn't even her who wasn't playing by the rules. You know what I mean? It was this dickhead, Matt Hoffman. Yeah. See, the the whole film's kind of set up from part five when Jill is giving a key to a box. And oh, she, I hate, she, I hate she that. She opens up this box in part five, and we are not shown the contents. Where in part six, we are, the, re- the contents are revealed. And it's basically a laundry list of people where she goes to Hoffman to set up this whole game kind of thing right? so this is where I the hate whole story that. i hate takes- that shit Why? that shit's so it's so far-fetched what? but the it's like story- not once do we ever see that she would be jill kramer would be anything involved into what john well, was Jeremy, doing you have to realize you have to realize it was also his last dying wish it's stated in that too right because this is kind of like i'm assuming the okay last if i die time- and i tell you to go fuck somebody up are you gonna do it well, it's because of who he's doing it, because th- this person that he's fucking up in, th- you know, the main character in this game, is the guy that kind of set up, set the whole ball rolling for this whole jigsaw type thing, right? He's the guy that basically said, no, you can't go and do that experimental, you're dead, you're fucking dead. So that's how he kind of puts him and his whole corporation into this game. I kind of liked it. It was simple. It was simple, and, and it, it went back. You know, they even put more story into John. My, my thing is, I just don't have a reason to believe that Jill wouldn't be involved. Well, like why from, from the get go, I thought she was involved. Like, well, the thing is, she's married to John. John is dead. Like, you know, or this is his last dying wish. I, I think that she's probably gonna, you know, go forward with this. You know, well, she but loved even her husband. Before that, I think she was involved in some way. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of like the way this thing goes with the whole insurance company and stuff. And I mean, this one's kind of odd though, because it forces, you know, obviously the insurance broker, you know, the insurance guy to make these decisions, life and death decisions. 
with very very innocent people there's there's a really interesting scene in this film that i thought was very i don't know if it was written to be like this or the way i perceived the what that he killed a security guard and he had no guilty conscience for no not just that but no there's a conversation between him you know after the insurance guy tells john he's like there's no way that you can go and do this because if you do we can't insure you you're basically mm-hmm. dead kind of thing. And then John goes off on a tangent and, you know, he starts to give a speech. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of turns to the piranhas and he's like, oh, piranhas. <laughs> and the way he says it, I'm like, it came off as like psychotic. Yeah. It was weird. It was like that, that one moment where John's character was almost flawed. Or remember we were talking about in the early, in the early movies is John, you know, is he crazy? Is he fucking psychotic? Is he normal? But he's just a really good game player kind of thing. There was that, Split He'd be really good at Monopoly. Yeah, there was this one split moment where I was like, he he was just talking. It it was like you know the squirrel moment with the kid. And you're like squirrel. He was like piranhas. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened there? I don't know if it was meant to kind of give you a glimpse of maybe John was a little bit fucking insane, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where you know. But what did you guys I, think about the uh, the carousel trap? So, so let me get trap. this straight. Okay, so this is the type of shit that I get confused by. So. Mm-hmm. The guy who's it, the main like trap going through all the stuff in this one is yeah. the, the, insurance guy, guy. the insurance guy who told John that this experimental procedure you can't do because we won't cover it type thing. Correct. Basically, now, if if he went and did that, he would have not been insured, and then when he died, there would have been no money for Jill. Oh. So. Oh. And that, okay. Yeah. I thought it was his yeah. medical insurance. Never mind. So it's his like life insurance that's telling him not to do that. Pretty much, okay. pretty much. It's like it's like a void in the thing. Like if you go and do some experiment, like to see with with insu- way insurance work. If you there's there's so many stipulations, right? If you die a certain way, you're yeah. only covered a certain a bunch part. of bullshit. Like you, which is why this whole yourself. thing that, that's is they put clauses in there because commentary. they don't want, exactly they don't, they put clauses in in contract or in uh, life insurance stuff because of people killing themselves. You, you'd have people offering themselves to you know further their family's wealth yeah. kind of thing. Right? Yeah. So experimental. You know, health and things like that. No, they're not going to cover that bullshit. So, but he was like, "Man, you just made a decision on my life. Well, I'm going to make one for you." Okay, <laughs> you know, so, so now I kind of like it, and it, it's almost like a revenge thing. Like it turns into like a revenge thing a little bit. It's like, but isn't all these movie revenge things? Well, well you I find out a lot of the people involved if somehow wrong, John. So yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but isn't that like? But this one just seems movies, so motivated. Though? You're like, oh man, you fuck me, I fuck you. <laughs> But he, it's an guys, interesting premise because he makes his insurance, life insurance guy, basically, you know, make these decisions with these very innocent people. Well, it, it's it, now he has to make the decisions where the actual direct result is in his face when normally you sit behind a desk and you push a button or you write a <laughs> thing and it's like not there in your face to see what you're actually doing when you're making these decisions. So yeah. I think that that is brilliant. Like, I really like that about it. Okay, now, who is the other people that are in the room with the acid? Who are, who were they? The, 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 woman, the, in the, the, woman, the woman in the, the sun? Yes. The woman in the sun were, they were the wife and child of... A guy I can't that he the guy. declined coverage for. That he did, yeah, he declined coverage for, and basically, he died, too. Yeah, kind of so, thing, right? and then the other one was his mistress 
See, that, that, that's yeah. the problem I kind of have with these movies a little bit, is they throw these people in there and they don't develop them well. Well, that's because it's kind of... Well, those characters, I know, because they're, they're thrown at you right in the beginning of the film, and you're wondering, but it's also led to believe that he is saving them as his wife and son, right? And that's where the twist oh, happens at the end. Oh, that's yeah. where the twist happens, and you're like, wait a minute. That's not his... Yeah, because I was that, like, when it got to the end, I was like, who the fuck are these people? And I've said that throughout this entire series. Members, his family member happened to be what we thought <laughs> was his mistress, but it turned out it was his sister. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's kind of an interesting twist because and a lot of people would probably look at that whole scene. So what happened to his that. sister then? I don't remember. We don't know. No. Oh, shit. It just ends. <laughs> and it never yeah. says anything in the next one. So, uh-huh. so it's kind of like a... So what they do in this one, they kind of give you like a double twist. You know, they kind of give you this one thing and then it kind of leads to this other thing. And I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, one one thing about this movie that I did notice while I was watching it, I felt like it brought back the suspense and the main narrative. You know, even though the, the traps and stuff weren't the greatest, but at least it brought back that, you know, for long scenes. Like, I mean, I, I was like really, the carousel trap. No, no the, okay. best, the best thing about this movie is that the detectives are close to cracking, finding out the truth about Hoffman. I thought that that was very suspenseful. I still think the biggest sin, the biggest mess up out of the entire Saw franchise is casting this dude as Hoffman. He's bland. He's monotone. He's monotone. He's Mm -hmm, uninteresting. He is a terrible villain, especially when he's a three movie deep villain. He's a one time CSI villain actor. And I started getting (laughs) mad CSI vibes. I don't even watch CSI, but I know what you're talking about. But the thing is, if you've seen one episode, you've seen them all kind of thing, right? (laughs) They're all the same. Yeah, but... uh, um, so once again, know, this is the most I've cared about Hoffman ever, and it was simply because he almost he was about to get caught, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I was a little bit disappointed with the merry-go-round one because I was kind of hoping the shotgun no, was. Gonna I like that. That was my favorite one. That was yeah. Really I mean, I it's a cool it because concept. The end result, though, I, I was hoping it was going to be headshots. <laughs> you know, that would have been, been amazing. Yes, that would have yeah, been amazing. Yeah, dude. Like, but my favorite been part six. is when <laughs> the four. last guy, the la- the last dude realizes that he fucking saved the other two and he's fucked now. And, like, yeah. that he, the way he just flips out and, like, I thought that that was really powerful acting where it was just like, you don't, like, you don't know what to do because you just know you're about to die and no matter what you do now you're already dead so like you're just fucking speaking from the heart and i, I really like that it was pretty mm-hmm, cool mm-hmm. um and it was sad honestly <laughs> but yeah that was pretty rough like and then i like when they're starting to be like she's a fucking liar she isn't pregnant <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's some good shit <laughs> um but yeah uh so what let's see um what so what what about this ending we find mm-hmm. out that we find out that the so the letter that Amanda got we never even knew what that was way back then is that right mm-hmm. wow well, that's we, crazy. we see we see her reading it but we never know and that's something actually we never brought up in the whole review or know, the whole time was because because it's kind of cool that they fill in the gaps on this oh, right yeah. here it's, it's just like, like they this, had this little, little tidbit yeah it's like a, this little tidbit and it really kind of changed your view about things a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's really interesting because as soon as I saw her reading that, and then Hoffman, because it was from <laughs> him, it, that's yeah. crazy, dude. 
Like yeah, was, and, and you know what I like? I like seeing these really flashback cool. scenes where they're all three together, and like these two are like brother and sister, like who hate each other, and then like yeah. Jigsaw's like the dad, where he's like, "No, calm down," <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, um, but one thing that I will say is, okay, the only problem I have with this, and maybe you guys can clear it up a bit. Okay, so Amanda and that piece of shit drug addict dude, um, what is his name? Do you guys know? I can't remember. Uh, uh, it's some weird it. name, right? Cecil? Yeah, Cecil. That may be so, so yeah. Cecil and Amanda are dating, and yeah. basically um, they are trying to rob John's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen what happened with Cecil, but now it's revealed that Amanda was with him that night. But yep. my only problem is, like, what are the chances that that same girl who would have just randomly been there ended up in one of Jigsaw's traps and then survived it and then became her protege? Like, it just seems like... Well, this is where the... still a drug addict, though. Well, I think that's... Well, I know, but why I got her out of a thousand drug addicts? I think I it's know. because Jill probably saw her. I mean, yeah. this has got to be Jill's connection to there, too, right? Like, maybe... I mean, maybe it's she not went to the explained. clinic a lot or something. Yeah, because, I mean, she was there, and, you know, as Jill was losing her baby and stuff, she probably obviously saw Amanda. And I don't think it's a coincidence that she's picked up after kind of thing, right? I mean, well, I, I don't think that G- I don't think that Jill knew that Amanda was with Cecil that night. It Doesn't she drop, like, right in front of her, though? Like, she, you know, after that whole uh, thing happens with the door and stuff, she kind of, like, slides well, down the it, wall. Well, but it's led just... to believe that John doesn't know that Amanda was the one that did this, though. Yeah, so, it is a little bit problematic because so I just how assumed would that maybe... then because that's the whole reveal thing, like that Hoffman threatened to tell John that Amanda was with Cecil, and then maybe uh, if if she didn't kill that girl, which was obviously a setup from Hoffman to make because he knew if she if she broke the rules that John would yeah. kill Amanda, and but but the problem comes from is like why how the fuck did this the coincidence of this girl becoming involved with Jigsaw that also happened to kill his unborn baby just seems like really a stretch. Yeah, unless, I don't think unless I'm missing improperly. something. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's exactly how it is. I think there is a hole there. There definitely is a but hole. But isn't there like a million no, holes yes, in these yes, fucking yes, absolutely. That's well, the, well, especially like, timeline. The, I think the biggest holes is the fucking timeline because if you keep putting all these movies into this one time zone... Listen, the only the mess. only reason why I cut this thing s- some slack is because I've seen Making a Murderer, and like you watch that show <laughs> and you're like, oh, it, like if you watch it and it was fake, you'd be like, there's no way all this shit would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That, there's so many things have to be in place for this all to go out down like this. <laughs> because it's like I thought he did it. I was the, I was twist. one of the only ones who thought that. Uh, of course, of course, uh, Jeremy. I don't know. I don't know. I thought they, I thought his. You're I thought, also one of the I most thought he did, and then I thought he didn't, life. and then I thought he did. I don't did, think so, man. I thought he did it, but I thought that his his uh, fucking nephew didn't do it. Well, dude, I think the his problem nephew is, was is that there's no fucking it. consistency with the fact that they did it in the house when there was no blood. You know what I mean? Well, let's save that for another time. But you know what I Actually, mean? Actually, would be interesting to talk about, yeah. I really yeah. love that. Yeah, it's I, a really good show. They're but, making another one. Now that yeah, he's fucking on parole. Yeah, yeah. So, um, basically, so that's kind of the reveal here. And then you have the detectives kind of figure out the voice 
is eventually Hoffman's. They scramble it, and then Hoffman just goes nuts and and kills all of them. Which is pretty much the stupidest scene in the film. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I, I have it written down as like it's so bad because, I mean, I understand you got to do something if you're Hoffman here, but you, you're not getting away with this is bullshit. You, you're not just killing. You're the only one that like sees building. that. Like it's crazy, dude. Like you're. <laughs> I don't know. I think they could have came up with something a little bit better, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a little bit weak, a little bit, little bit suspect in the script, yeah. a little. But yeah, yeah. So. so then we find out that Jill uh, ends up grabbing up Hoffman, puts him in the reverse bear trap, um, shows him the sixth envelope which contains his photo. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the final piece of Jigsaw's puzzle, according to Saw Six. Like, it's like the third it. twist in this one. It's yeah. like the third twist. There's so many twists in the end of this. The twist um, of the twist. But yeah. then, but then Hoffman. Well, she didn't even see again. She didn't give him a chance to escape, which is like, I don't get that honestly, because like Jigsaw doesn't like. Isn't that what he didn't do? Was just put people in traps <laughs> for the hell of it? I think maybe it's because it was her. You know, it was just like, it, hey, you need to finish shot. this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like, that's Jigsaw the way I should not trust it. a single fucking person to b- do his bidding because they all fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, I think he put a lot of merit in her, though. Yeah, I mean, but well, Hoffman yeah, was actually so. pretty pretty genius because he went and put it in between bars so it couldn't open, and then he ripped yeah. his face out of it, which is pretty cool. Again, I, I don't Hunter. think that his cheek, like, I don't know, man. I feel like the <laughs> anatomy in these films are kind of off a little bit with their um effects like it just doesn't seem like that's what would happen there um, is it like bad worm placement kind of <laughs> kind of like bad worm placement but he rip opens his cheek and that's kind of where the film ends with uh yeah it, it pretty much ends on a drop of dime drop of a dime right there is done and i'm like really come on we, yeah. we got monotone back again <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it but gets even more ridiculous, my man. Everlasting character, man. Holy it, shit. It, it gets more insane. <laughs> yeah, so we obviously have um, two more films to go uh, with this, but let's go ahead and uh, begin to get into like a little bit of um, trivia here. We're going to do some ratings first? Should we do ratings? I think we do the trivia first, right? Haven't we been doing that? Right? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. All right. Um so trivia, uh this one also does end with like the game over thing again. Um the, we know that uh only one film doesn't do that. Um This is the first time Shawnee Smith filmed new scenes for an entry in the Saw franchise since Saw Three. Uh at eight minutes the carousel trap is the longest in the series. Ooh, I, I did even you, called eight minutes. Did, did you hear another thing about the carousel trap? I don't know if it's on there, JP, but uh, when they were shooting it, they had to give the actors anti-nausea medicine oh, because shit, they, they kept getting had to keep sick. Doing the scene over and over they had again. to keep doing it over and over again, and they were spinning around so much that they That's actually had to give such a common thing, though. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, was, that the, was a pretty good guess, right? It was like, man, this seems like eight minutes long. The, the <laughs> carousel even, trap originally had 10 victims tied to it but was changed due to cut down the length of the scene and <laughs> also to tie into the film's title Saw 6 <laughs> um, oh. the plan was to bring Dr. Gordon back into this assault installment he was one of the first victims uh, in the first movie but it did not materialize as Carrie Elwes El- was unavailable um, 
Since the initial release of Saw October 28th in 2004, every Saw since has been released on the released the following year one day previous to the release date of the year before it um oh okay so that makes sense so this was saw 2 was released on the 27th and then saw 3 was the 26th and so oh okay i get it um uh oh jeremy fuck you by the way because the time limit was 60 minutes in this one you dumb fuck oh i actually I have that written down. I forgot to say that. <laughs> oh, but it's the same fucking idea. Yeah, but you're... Well, oh. the point is, the time was different. Like, when yeah. I was sitting there watching that motherfucking trailer and I saw the timer pop up, I go, this is some bullshit. Why? Change the fucking shit up. So <laughs> it's the same shit. There's a timer, they got 60 or 90 minutes to escape, and along the way there's a whole bunch of confusing bullshit. Well, the whole series is the same. They might the whole series is based on that premise. <laughs> That's yeah. stupid. Uh, not not screened for critics. So this Saw film was actually not screened for critics at all. Um, mm. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, had the lowest opening weekend of any Saw film in the U.S., only making $14.1 on the opening weekend. Um, hmm. This film was banned in Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. This, this this contains storylines that are fully explained in Saw '09. I guess is that like a video game or something? Yeah, <laughs> uh, two of them. Post production was completed September 11, 2009. Um, what else do we got here? Body count 13. Uh, what yeah. is this driving totals? How yeah, many titties right. were there? None. <laughs> oh, shame on you, TNT sensors. Yeah. Um, at 36 minutes Amanda and Jill can be seen mingling in the background during a conversation held between William and John at the party director Kevin Gierterit stated that in the DVD commentary that these scenes involving Jill and Amanda greeting and talking to party guests were filmed but ended up getting cut in post-production he also stated (laughs) that the party was intended to be a celebration of both jill's pregnancy and the grand opening of the health clinic so there would have been a little bit more information there uh with that uh at around an hour and 30 minutes the hidden scene with corbett and amanda was originally supposed to have corbett singing you are my sunshine to herself amanda peeping through the peephole and singing with her to comfort the girl the scene had to be changed because production was unable to get the rights to use the song as a result the audio of corbett singing was taken out and contains amanda telling her to not trust hoffman um so that is it for trivia again saw just a word of advice don't write something if you can't get the fucking rights yeah, that's yeah. that's screenwriting that one hundred and one, dude. They tell yeah. you that from the very beginning. Yeah. Like if you don't have, like if you don't have a chance to get the rights, like a, a solid die. chance, do not put it in your film. Yeah. Um, so this one had an eleven million dollar budget. Uh, it opened at fourteen million and went on to grow sixty eight million at the box <clears> office, <throat> which uh, w- which is worldwide yeah. sixty eight million mm. worldwide, That's which is the shitty. lowest grossing Saw film to date, but still a financial fin- financial success compared to its small budgets. Reviews mm. were mixed, with some criticizing the acting and others praising Gear Terts directing. So, um, still made money, but th- it's funny that Saw 6 is often considered the second best film in the series, um, but 
also no the worst in terms of box office. I do not think it's the second best in the series, uh, but I think it's on the... If you split them in half from the good ones and the bad ones, I think it's like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Maybe on the good side, but uh, do you guys want to get into ratings? Yes. Right. Seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I like this film, man, because it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit more straightforward. Um, not like the other ones were... I mean, they were a little bit harder to follow, but this one was a little bit straightforward. But it was also the structure and the approach to it, too. I, I like that it brought back the suspense. It wasn't, like, ridiculous. I mean, I'm glad this guy stepped up from editing the films to directing, because whoever edited this film did a better job, in my opinion. Uh, it, it felt a little more relaxed, and it felt like it kind of elevated the suspense again without being too flashy and too ridiculous. I liked it, man. You know... But it's still, I mean, it it had its moments and stuff. I thought there were some really good scenes. I think one of the favorite scenes in the film, which I was trying to mention before, um, at the party when John basically confronts the uh, his um, insurance guy, you know, on his methods and stuff. I love that scene. You know, he kind of questions, you know, his morality and stuff. And I think that was brilliant. It was really well, really well done and stuff. But, you know, overall, man, this one was just, it was decent. It was a decent film. I had a fun time with it. I'm going with six and a half on it, though. Huh. All right. Uh, I think that I probably came in the highest. Well, I know I came in the highest on this one. Um, turns out I like the Saw movies, even if by the end of them, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> like every time. Uh, but after I talk to you guys, you explain some stuff and then I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I feel like these films definitely benefit from multiple watches. However, I'm not going to watch these again anytime soon, but they're definitely films that, like, if they were doing, like, a screening for Halloween or something, I would totally go see Saw 3 or something like that, but, um... Well, do you know that when they re-released Saw 1 for the 10th anniversary was the third worst box office opening of all time? (laughs) That's pretty crazy. It made, like, $700,000 in, like... Because a lot of people have that mentality where they like, well, I've seen the film. What's it the might have been just too new. You know what I mean? It might have been just too new. Like ten years isn't that long. You know. I don't. I just don't think it's a it, the greatest film to have like a re premiere of it. You know, kind of thing. Not re premiere, but like an anniversary. It's. I don't know, man. I mean, it's good to watch. I don't know if I'd go pay like fifteen bucks to go watch in the cinema. I don't know. It's just me. I mean, it's one of those films where you hear people all the time say, "Well, I've seen Saw." I think Do they I need to watch converted it, again? it into 3D, if I remember correctly. They might have. 3D? Really? Yeah. I love 3D. I hope it comes back. Fuck that Ugh. shit. That shit sucks. It's so I hate fun. Anything. It's uh, so it's... fun. Unless you have pussy eyes and you get headaches from it. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I get true. headaches too, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't like when it's overdone, but like if they were showing Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D or something, I'd be there in a second. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that's just neat. It's cool, man. It looks, especially when it looks good, you know, like when 3D looks mm-hmm. good, it's, it's fun to me. I can't do it all the time, but I, I won't mind when there's a little bit more 3D every once in a while. Anyway, to, uh, get into my rating here, uh, I, I, I like this movie. Um, I thought it was, you know, a, a solid entry. Uh, gonna go ahead and give it a 7.5 out of 10. So the Saw 10th anniversary opened in 2,063 theaters and it made a grand total of $650,051 for the third worst opening for a wide release in the history of movies. Tell me, man, people just didn't want to relive the, the twist they already knew about. 
All right. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So jumping into Saw 3D, the final chapter, also directed by Kevin Gertert. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Forget it with that guy's name. Uh, the editor turned director. Um, yeah, Saw 3D. And I got to admit, man, I am not a big fan of this title whatsoever. It actually very much annoys me. And I've said this a million freaking times. Like, I hate, hate, hate when series drop their numbers. Like, it just really bugs me. Like, because the more there are, the more reason there is to have numbers. Like, you look at Friday the mm-hmm. 13th, 1 through 8, you know, it's it's numbered. You look at Saw, it was doing great, 1 through 6. Simple, no even subtitle. Saw 1, Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, Saw 5, and Saw 6. No subtitle, plain, simple, easy. Mm-hmm. Roman numerals, looks cool. And then you got Saw 3D, which most people unfamiliar with the Saw films might initially think that that is the third film. Because they like to do that, Amityville 3D, Friday the 13th 3D. Um, but no, it's it's the seventh film and the final chapter, a.k.a. anytime you say the final chapter, it's not the final chapter. Um, so Well, it was the final chapter for ten years. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I will give you that. It Seven is pretty years. good. Seven years. Seven years. Seven. Well, close enough. Seven. This movie came out in 2010. But yeah, dude, I, I can't stand the Saw 3D, the final chapter. It just sounds like there was a bunch of Saw 3D movies, and this is the final chapter from the Saw 3D films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things that always irks me. Like, oh, like I just want a clean franchise. Like, that's why I'm still happy with the Wrong Turn franchise, because they're still numbering correctly it, as far as up to part six so um i think the record i mean <laughs> honestly the witchcraft films numbered for a long time too but <laughs> which is impressive yeah. it's, it's, not impressive it's not witchcraft 18 it's just like witchcraft subtitle you sure it's not witchcraft 18 but this is what th- that's 15, exactly jp's 14, point though and 16 the more yeah, films so you have stuff. in a franchise the, the more, more need for numbers yeah because isn't that confusing, man? Like, ah, man, like, how could you have like witchcraft part thirteen, but it's not witchcraft thirteen? It's like witchcraft, the undoing of the brothel or something like that. And then there's like four. Like that would be so fucking confusing, man. Dude, you if the witchcraft the films did not number themselves, there would be no, like you would literally. <laughs> there's no way to tell those things apart from what years they came out, especially when you got three that come out in the same year. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That even proves the point even more. Um, yeah, man. So let's get into quick little synopsis here of Saw 3D, the final chapter. As a deadly battle ages over Jigsaw's brutal legacy, a group of Jigsaw survivors gather to seek the support of self-help guru and fellow survivor Bobby Dagan, a man whose dark secrets unleashed a new wave of terror. It's actually not... Whoever wrote that actually is not too, too bad. So... Yes, Saw 7, I'm going to refer it as, because the Saw 3D thing is... Yeah. It's ridiculous to me. Um, I th- But yeah, it was it was actually marketed in some places as Saw 7, wasn't it, though? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I there was like posters, countries. I think, that, that showed it as with the Roman numerals and things like that, but this was actually not originally intended to be the final Saw film. There was, there was actually an eighth film initially going to be planned, but... 
as we saw with Paranormal Activity being released uh, last year, you know, the last Saw film, which Saw 6, um, it really kind of blew the doors off. And then this one actually completely changed its date of release to avoid Paranormal Activity 2 as well. Um, so... It, see, you know, like they knew that it was dying, and they just wanted to get. They're like, "Oh, well, what if we do the last one in 3D, and you know, hopefully that'll give it an extra push, and, and we could get a final paycheck out of this." Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if they had any idea of continuing this franchise, I mean, they started out this film kind of like how the Nightmare on Elm Street f- franchise was supposed to end with Freddy the- Freddy's Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of Freddy's Dead, you know, they have that montage of, like, all these awesome Freddy kills and stuff. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this one actually starts out with, like, clips from the franchise kind of inducing the thought process that this is actually the final chapter kind of thing, right? Yeah. Marketing's off on this one. <laughs> well, uh, it's not, it's I not, mean, really. It's not the filmmaker's fault that fucking Lionsgate wanted to make another one. Yeah, well, this true. is actually the plot of what that Saw chapter was, so. was going to be. So they, yeah. they essentially yeah. skipped a sequel. Like, they planned on doing something in between this end concept and Saw 6. So this is mm-hmm. technically, like, would have been Saw 8. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, okay, like, I remember, I think I've seen Jackass 3D. Um, in the theater. And My first R-rated film I've ever seen in the theater when I turned 17. Jackass 3D? Jackass 3D. It was good. I, I, that three That is the perfect film for 3D, just because it's like extra funny. Yeah. Uh, but I remember seeing a trailer for Saw 3D during that. And I had been off the Saw films for, I guess, only one sequel at that point. Um, but I was like completely lost interest in them. And I remember seeing the trailer in 3D and, like, the saws coming at you and stuff. And I was like, like, the blades. And I actually liked that. I was like, oh, this actually looks fun. Like, so I actually am bummed that I never got to see this film in 3D. Because from what I understand, the 3D was pretty good. And you can definitely tell watching it. That's that's one of the biggest problems with, with 3D gimmick films. Is that after you see them on home video, you can blatantly see all of or you can see all the blatant attempts at um making yeah. things push towards the screen and i always found that it brought down the product a little bit it too does. because it you know, actually me does watching bring it down today the product. even though this film i mean you know as far as you know i've heard the 3d was actually really good for this film but you know there is a lot of moments in the beginning of this film where it's quite obviously made for 3d but throughout the film and you know, I found the whole middle part of the film, there wasn't a whole lot of moments where I was thinking I was watching this 2D film that was originally done in 3D kind of thing. And then I found in the end that there were some parts too, but I kind of forgot that it was even, you know, you know, done in 3D. I don't know if you it's guys got that, but angle. I didn't notice the, like, okay. Yeah, there's like some stuff like the blade coming towards you in the first trap outside, which is, that, that, well, that's the worst scene of the film. It's fucking retarded, but... Wait, wait hold on. Second. Back up for a second. But, like, when the girl is in the thing and the spikes are coming at her eyes and stuff, like, the angle yeah. that they keep focusing on the spikes, you can tell that that was yeah. supposed to be, like, coming mm. at your face, which I understand. But moving back to what Jamie said, I actually really like the opening to this film. Except Lights. for... Like, that really fucking happened? Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't understand it at all, though, because I find the whole scene in itself is... Is 
I mean, that the idea of the scene is kind of funny, having these two guys fight over this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and they did, at the end, they just kind of decide she's not worth it. I think that's actually kind of funny. But the whole process of setting up that trap in the public is, how the fuck does that ever happen? And like, Exactly. I don't get it. It, it felt so, it, it felt so far fetched and nonsensical to me. Even though you have to you have to dis, you know you have to suspend your disbelief in this franchise anyways. Mm-hmm. But that just seemed so far out of left field to do something in in public, which it almost seemed like it was kind of satiring itself a little bit. Hey, we're just going to make a spectacle of this saw, well, you know, I and we're going to have something outside. I actually I actually really thought it was kind of lame no i no i like, disagree it's not it, it, there's just one part of it that's bad and that's like the acting that's involved in it like to me okay yeah it might be hard to pull that off but let's not forget like we've we've seen videos of people like literally like putting setting up bombs like in public places and nobody realizing that they were doing that um, true true so I get that. It, 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 whether it's possible or not probably not but i mean who knows uh, my thing that I liked about it was it actually became very meta. Um, it is basically a uh, exact um, metaphor for the people that watch Saw films. Everybody who's standing there with their phones out to see this this torture device happen, and everybody's mm-hmm. looking at it, and that is a representation of the audience who watches Saw films. I thought that was just neat. I was like, okay, this yeah. is kind of like we've come full circle now. We've uh, we've actually like acknowledged what we're actually that these are kind of just films that people like to see people die in crazy ways, and we're acknowledging mm-hmm. that in the within the film, and honestly, like kind of satiring it a little bit. Uh, which whether that belongs in a saw film or not, I'm kind of conflicted on but i did think that it was neat nonetheless i i just thought that having that scene was not needed whatsoever i mean if you cut out that whole scene and just went from beginning to the next scene it would have been fine well i think that also i think it actually also moods to be honest i think that it actually does have plot elements and what it is is that it sets up the world where jigsaw has become a pop culture icon and yeah, that's yeah. what it's intended to do along with sort of satire the uh saw films in general but like then we're introduced to this guy who is basically a fraud a phony somebody who said that he was in phony. the saw traps and you mm-hmm. know that he's making um a living off of it and it that scene early on where you see that the, everybody's interested in this this torture device out in the middle of public is setting up the world that we live in now where Jigsaw has become this major thing that everybody knows and almost mm-hmm. like sort of um, it, it, like revels in it. I just feel like I, I feel like the whole setup to this film, you know, of course, with this guy making money off it and just being, you know, it, it's become a mainstream thing is is basically, in, you know, in more ways than one, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the franchise itself, but within the franchise and the story, it's done the exact same thing. And I just, I don't know, I'm not honestly a hell bent on the setup to this film whatsoever with this. I just, I feel like it's almost kind of not really making fun of itself, but I just feel like it's almost laughable. It's almost laughable to me. I think well, the Dr. I, Gordon stuff's laughable, too. I, to I will say this. Like, the, uh, the, that scene in particular where the girl was, like, hanging above and she's like... It, first of all, did anybody clearly see what was the, the result of that coming a mile away? 
Like, you know that those two dudes are going to be like, hey, why don't we kill this bitch? Like, it's just yeah. so obvious. But also, the acting is is truly a low point for this series. I know Jeremy has oh, his beef with part ooh. two, but that right there ooh. made the film feel very much. And I heard Dave say this um, <sighs> on Facebook. It's like a Saw ripoff. It's like a parody yeah, dude. almost. I know. That's what kind of what I thought. Maybe it is because of the acting, too, but holy shit balls dude there's there's a lot of you know very you know serious elements of this film that really bring it down like i agree man the acting is really really bad in this film gibson is horrible i'm sorry but he's atrocious in this film man some of his reactions and and shit he's 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 worse than hoffman for fuck's sakes as an agent <laughs> he's fucking terrible in this film but the very first thing i noticed in that opening scene with the saw and the and the, and the two dudes fighting over the chick um was <laughs> now this actually took me by surprise and i kept laughing about it throughout the whole film because you see it over and over again what the fuck is the deal with the pink blood seriously it looks worse than an italian film from the 70s <laughs> you know that's that's one thing that's always plagued old italian films and old films in general not just italian but american film stuff you know the color of the blood in the 70s sometimes was so off it was laughable so red but i mean this is 2010 and the rest, the blood in the rest of the franchise didn't look like this. It looks like it's like this pink kind of, and it's watery and shit. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I don't know if that was. I, I mean, I doubt they, this has. A, I doubt this has a actual any weight to to this. But um, I know that some filmmakers um, try to change the color of the blood to get past the MPAA. But I really don't think that the Saw films were having trouble with the MP. AA at this point, you know. I don't I think so like either, man. Kind of got by pretty easy. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of those movies that like I actually really like the setup of this guy who's like a false uh, a falsity. You know what I mean? In, in terms of like his story with Jigsaw, like that, because I, I could totally see that happening. I could see people yeah. coming out of the woodwork trying to profit off of this this uh, moment in history and you know lying about it and nobody being able to check their that you know fact check them except for you know the fact that jigsaw murders are still happening and i think that it's cool that he winds up in the the trap himself to you know it's like you said that you did this now actually do it like i like mm -hmm. that but <clears throat> it this film is very problematic like it, it's to the point now where like and then we see this guy go through all of his, uh, you know, the, it, the, like this this long stretch of like uh, funhouse of traps with with people that he knows in them. It's like, yeah, we've seen this before, homie, like two or three times by now. Like it's it's kind of played out at this point. Especially <laughs> but then they for go a, in Doctor Gordon, Come especially on, for a guy who we do not care about that much. Uh, you know, when you look at part three, that is that whole setting but done really well it's it's a guy mm. who um has a a, a traumatic story and a, a very uh, gut-wrenching type of situation that he's in and he's forced to face these demons and and things like that in part three in this one it, it's like okay we've seen this countless times now and it's actually does not do anything to elevate that situation at all uh so to me that you know brings it down heavily but I, 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 there's certain things like the fish hook scene. I actually like that. That was one of the worst, like cringy things for me entire in this entire series. Like the girl that ha had the fish hook in her stomach or something. 
in their chest or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that stuff makes me cringe, man. Like, I kept thinking of, the, like, the City of the Living Dead shit starting to happen. You know what I, I mean? couldn't <laughs> help but notice, okay, so this film takes place, obviously, right after Saw 6. And in the beginning of the film, we see Hoffman escaping and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so my question is, you know, coming back to this mysterious timeline within the Saw franchise, when is this exactly taking place? Like when would when did they have the time to set up all these traps and continue along with this this you know this narrative? Now you're like, I'm, like bullshit. I know it's I know it's just like it's so fucking beyond me. <laughs> I just I'm never believed that this. fucking Doctor Gorin fucking was behind all this the whole time. Like that's some fucking bullshit right there. And, 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 and I, I was actually leading to that. So like. You know this. The timeline is so confusing in this. Like trying to figure out exactly when they had were able to do these traps and set up all these games and things like that's crazy. But yeah, so basically we have this guy named Bobby. He's making a living off of, you know, exploiting these survivors. This guy's a this guy's a phony, right? Mm-hmm. He's a phony and he's hosting a uh, survivors anonymous group type thing. And, and he's we see the girl who won the contest in there. Yeah, yeah. Well. You I see, like, all that. the girls. That was pretty cool. But you see, That's like, cool. all, like, the returning characters, you know? Oh, we, oh, I mean, we get to see a couple and stuff. But then there's there's a point in this where, <laughs> dude, this is the stupidest fucking part in the movie. When Dr. Gordon stands up and he's all, like, he just sounds like fucking a villain. Like, a bonafide villain. And I think that was stupid of them to, to have him voice his character like that. Because it's a dead giveaway to what's coming. This movie is hella predictable. Mm-hmm. hella predictable i'd never seen this movie before and the second i saw dr gordon i was like he's got something to do with it yeah and, yeah and, what else well, would he be doing right away it's like <clears throat> but it's the way they introduced him they didn't introduce him subtly you know as a member or something like that he comes in like all cane in hand raspy voice like <laughs> what the fuck i'm gonna get you and he, he's he's coming in as a villain he comes in like right war there corn. bing Bing. The the script I thought was was very clunky in this film too because you know from there it goes into the main game of course where now Bobby has been put into the exact scenario that he's claiming that he was in once before you know he's this dude that's claiming that you know he was hung up by these things blah blah and now he's put into the exact game and all of his entourage around him is all kind of innocently innocently put into this too because they were just you know with him and stuff and and uh, I don't know man. <laughs> Like, okay, here's my main issue. If we're going to talk about the the reveal that Dr. Gordon is um, a major part of this, if not the key part. Did you guys not find, like, okay, like, just some of the traps, the way they were introduced? Around this time that we find it with Dr. Gordon's entrance into this film and stuff, they they cut into a couple traps in this film. One of them being, and I do agree with Jeremy with this, I don't agree with him very often, but... The fucking car scene in this one is like it's the best dude, in the series. No, dude, that is it's so bad. It's dude, the best. It's, no, it's and, the best and I will say rest series, and I will say rest in peace to to Chester Bennington too because he he's the dude in the car, man. Oh, yeah. is he you know, really? Ch- yeah, and Chester just you know killed him as the lead singer of uh, yeah. We all know, but but like man, dude, but that but that killed yeah, Lincoln Park, but. The fucking that, head getting destroyed is awesome. The head that was good. Fun. I just thought the setup was just the t- like it was way it was way too like um what do they call it's those? Clunky, it's though. like mouse trap, you know, where it's like this ball falls and then this thing yeah, goes, like like the beginning like, of Goonies and shit. It's, it's just too that much. Whole, that whole scene though is just it's just it felt like it's thrown into the film. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that whole scene just felt like it was just, it just kind of cut to the next trap. <laughs> you know, there Which was they've nothing done before. There I mean, they've done no, like I know, a but lot this, throughout the series. This one just, oh no, they, they have definitely done this throughout the franchise, but I felt with this one, it was just like, whoa, it's just all of a sudden there. Like, there was like nothing to it, right? I don't know. Yeah. I just felt like it was really strange. But I felt like they were trying to up the body count too, because I mean, how many traps in the entire fra- uh, Saw franchise involved four people getting killed at one time? None? Well, the carousel. The carousel. No, I meant in one fucking moment. Oh. I mean, yeah, eventually, that was an eight-minute drawn-out scene, whatever, but this was like, bam, 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 like, four people just get fucking done. (laughs) (laughs) It was fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, It's entertaining, but I felt felt the lead-up into that scene was insanely clunky. (laughs) Crazy clunky. So So, let's get into Dr. Gordon and and why I have major issues with it. So, um... (laughs) I like Dr. Gordon's character. He's probably my favorite character in the entire series, um, besides maybe Jigsaw. But um, the uh, the biggest problem with that reveal is that it's it's clearly not intended from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that I told you written. that on. Did oh, I tell I you that at fucking day one? The first review, I said. I told you, my mom fucking always said, oh, he's still alive. He's still alive, and it's it's that's why he's still in that fucking movie. It's because everybody wanted him to be alive. Yeah, and that's that's, that, that's a good reason. good point there. But the thing is, is like if you watch Saw One, and when he's on the phone with his wife and stuff like that, and and you know he's like screaming in agony, like to that he's sorry, and like to like let him go and shit like that. Like you can't fake that, and and the whole concept that he was in on it from the beginning means that he ha- would have had to fake that. Or if he didn't fake it, and Jigsaw didn't tell him what he was going to do to him, well, when you get out, you're probably going to be pretty fucking pissed off at Jigsaw that he did that much shit to you. So like, it just doesn't work. Period. Mm-hmm. You know. What and I mean? if he was faking it, it's like, why would he agree to cut off his own foot? I can almost like, buy like that bullshit. more than he would. Uh, he would. I don't know about Fake that. it for like. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't get it either. And stuff I like don't that. buy that he would cut. No, off I don't. I don't foot. buy it either. No, it's, I just feel like everybody wanted him to come back, so that's why he was back. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know within the Saw franchise, I mean, you know, they were it was getting less popular, so they had to do something, right? I think this comes down to the the point of you know, kind of reading into what the fans wanted a little bit. And, hey, man, Dr. Gordon's a little bit popular. Let's write him into the script. Mm-hmm. Why not, right? Why not put something in there to give people hope that, you know, this this new one's going to be a good film? But it just, it's just <laughs> annoying know? to me because, like, if you wanted to set him up as part of it, well, uh, well, okay, here's another problem with that twist. It's, it's an afterthought. It's that you've done that twist so many times now that, that, that somebody who you initially thought was a decent person is now of like your team member. Like it's happened like four Subconsciously, times. I'm telling you watching, watching when they instep Dr. Gordon, I was like associate right there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I like, think well, anybody, course, well, well, anybody, anybody watching it, who's like, Oh, he's still alive. And they never told us that before. Oh, well, yeah. he's definitely part of this then. But hundred percent, it was just, it was so easy. They they just had better scripts. They've had better reveals in this franchise, and I get what you're saying. You know, once you do that, uh, you know that twist that many times. I mean, subconsciously, I think as viewers, yeah, man, we're Amanda gonna figure shit Hoffman, out. Like, it's we're gonna just, figure it out. Uh, his wife, like, it's been done just, so many times now. But this one was just so obvious. It, it's it's really annoying to me that like 
Because there is a way to make Gordon the the bad dude, but you just have to plan it from at least part two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't plan mm-hmm. it from part seven. Seven. The final you know chapter. Because <laughs> you know that it wasn't planned. It could not yeah. have been planned. Or if it was, and if it was planned, they did an awful job of planning it. Then, so it's like either way, yeah. you fucking lose, man. And you know, I, like this film is super problematic in terms of like a saw film. Like we we've seen, we've seen good saw films, we've seen mediocre saw films, and now <laughs> we've definitely seen ones that are not so good. Man, oh, dude, I, I I honestly think that they wasted one of the best scenes in the entire film too on a dream sequence. You know me. Sometimes I like dream sequences. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. But in this, in this situation, I was a little bit disappointed that that wasn't reality because that was pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> that dream sequence with Jill was absolutely amazing, man. When she's fucking tied up and those titties are all erect and shit, and then all of a sudden just gets obliterated, completely fucking destroyed. Yeah, by but whatever even that when she does end meet her demise, it's still pretty gnarly. That, no, that's pretty good, but I think the the first one was even better, though. Yeah. But I mean, Jill. I mean, of course, Jill's part of this one, and we, you know, one of the subplots in this film is Hoffman and Jill's. You know, Hoffman's trying to get Jill because she tried to kill him, kind of thing, right? And dude, Hoffman you know, I mean, sucks. Like, <laughs> like seriously, man. Like the weakest character in any of these films is Hoffman. Like he's so lame for a villain. Like it. I cannot believe that he's been like in. It, he feels like that in, in like four saw films. Like it's so monotone, to me. boring. He has no good look to him. There's no he has no redeemable qualities to be a villain. I think that That's that the is the problem. biggest mistake that they made in this. He even has the franchise. worst hair. Yeah. He's got terrible fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I totally 100 percent agree, man. He's just he's one of those guys you look at and you you laugh. You're I'm like, just that, like, that who's guy's not scary. The idea was it to cast this dude. It, like, you're gonna lead the Saw films for the next four in films. four films. Ugh. And I mean, I'm assuming that he's gonna be in the next one. We'll see. Like, I mean, I don't know. I can't see them not doing. I mean, the way this franchise has gone with with reoccurring characters, yeah, he's definitely gonna be in Saw. What eight. is it? Eight. Yeah. Eight. Is it actually eight? Do you really think well, ten years later, Jigsaw. though, he's still gonna be there? I don't fucking know, man. I don't know what they're going to do. Know. Well, I, I would feel a little bummed out if they didn't tie up loose ends, at least. Yeah. I, I, I mean, feeling they're not going to... I just have a feeling they're going to, like, start fresh with this one and just... They have to... They, I feel like they have to tie up loose ends. Like, they have to say something about the previous films, or else it's just... I don't know I don't know if you guys noticed this, man, but <laughs> there's a scene in the film where, <clears throat> where Jigsaw is actually kind of fixing up uh, uh, the Doctor's leg a little bit mm-hmm. and these scenes are obviously shot for this film and this is what seven years after the original one and man fucking dr gordon's gained a lot of weight since then he's like <laughs> weight chubby shit i actually started laughing <laughs> i was like whoa he's a little pudgy man <laughs> oh, one, one thing uh, that actually i will give them credit for that almost makes it that at least helps the twist a little bit is that Dr. Gordon he, is a doctor and he and it shows all the scenes where it involved some kind of surgical stuff like sewing eyes shut and stuff that he's the one doing it so they they went and t- took all these like concepts that that were in previous traps and was like oh yeah, like, yeah. Well, this is how they did that and it's like well, okay I, that's actually a good thing like that's that that was actually like a smart way to I tie agree. him in a little bit 
<clears throat> I like I liked the ending shot when he threw him the fucking same hatchet. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was awesome. But again, it goes against <laughs> Jigsaw, though, right? Like, it's yeah. like, okay, well, you, don't, you just tied this dude up and left him in the die. You didn't give him a trap. Well, that's because I think we're led to believe that Hoffman is the one kind of running this show, and I kind of take it as Hoffman is just this kind of idiot he's a villain. That, that he's, he's kind of lost, you know, he's kind of lost the, the whole fact of what Jigsaw's game was, that there was rules and shit. And yeah. that's kind of the way I see it sometimes. I mean, look at... I mean, here's a great example of Hoffman's inability to follow the rules, you know, within the Jigsaw world. Um, it's a scene in the end of the film where Gibson goes into that into that room there, and all of a sudden he gets fucking gunned down by a goddamn animatronic fucking machine gun. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, okay, was that, that thing was being controlled by a remote? Or a sensor? Or what? But, like, that was fucking terrible. I mean, I was just like, really? Like... I didn't like Gibson, or, uh, yeah, Gibson for one second, but his death was fucking lame, dude. They didn't put him into a trap, nothing. They're just like, fuck it. We're just going to off him with a machine gun. We ran out of money. So, uh, well, speaking of money, the budget for this film was $20 and it went on to gross uh, $45 in the United States. Um, So, uh, technically, it made money, but I'm sure when it comes to, like, because um, I don't think the budget also includes like press and like promotion and and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like I'm sure it wasn't like a massive. It probably they probably made money, uh, if not broke even, but but definitely didn't make massive money. You know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense that they would have ended the Saw films there. Uh, of course, <clears throat> we know that Saw Eight is on its way, and at the time of us recording this, it's it's a little over a month away. So we'll. You know, it's about a month and a half about actually. that one in probably yeah. just a couple minutes, honestly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> trivia for this one. Um, for some reason, the trivia just went to Chester Bennington. <laughs> Weird. Uh, let's see here. So, trivia. Oh, God damn it. It went to Chester again. All right. So, trivia. Obviously, Chester, um, lead singer in Lincoln Park. Um, Originally intended by two write, by writers to, and we mentioned this to be two movies. Saw the final chapter parts one and part and and two. So that so technically saw. What seven. are they fucking twilighting and Harry Pottering this shit now? So it's like what the yeah, fuck are they doing? Technically, saw seven would have been final chapter part one, and saw eight would have been final chapter part two. That's um, retarded. Well, yeah. <laughs> How the hell could they flesh out a whole another fucking film? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, exactly. obviously it didn't go go well at the box office with Saw 6, so they decided, hey, let's just do one last one instead of the two. Um, so you're telling me that this is two scripts down to one and they still fucked up everything? <laughs> uh, well, maybe that's why it feels so clunky, man, in between some of those trap scenes. Like, I mean, you know, the car scene I liked, like I said before, but it feels like it was, maybe that's what it is. It was just thrown in there. And you know, I, I don't. Yeah. After this release, um, <coughs> Lionsgate did get the, and the producers did say that um, although this is the end of the Saw franchise for now, more movies are planned for the future. Although it may be several years before a new one comes out, which mm, is pretty right. interesting because they were definitely right. Um, obviously, the only film in which a trap is outside and occurs in broad daylight. <laughs> Stupid. 
Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Shot in Toronto. Had to be submitted six times to obtain an R rating. So I um, guess it did have a little trouble with the MPAA. Maybe that's why they color color not corrected the blood. Yeah. <laughs> they made it like pink. Like, oh, well, it'll pass on that color. Pink is good. Also, the uh, Garage Trap was originally written for a previous Saw film. Um which maybe explains why it comes out of nowhere, kind of. But um, oh my god! Also, I told you, I told you, man. Uh, apparently, I, be, I bet, you, I bet you that was the best trap from the other script. And I'm like, fuck it, man. We have to throw in the last film for a while, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the producers felt like it was too disturbing back then, so they. Uh, they oh, back then. Yeah. So whatever, it might have been like Saw Four for all we know. So. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Let's throw it in. Uh, yeah, all, we have this extra footage. Let's just throw it in here. All the, <laughs> all the trap. Well, it wasn't shot for a other saw film. It just was intended. Yeah, meaning yeah, in yeah. the script. Uh, the traps mm. were all shot last. Um, the only film in the history to have first seven films released in consecutive year. Wait, the f- the only film series in history to have its first seven films released in consecutive years. From 2004 to 2010, that record originally was held by Police Academy, uh, whose first six films were released between 84 and 89. Um, That's really cool. So this is literally the only film series where the first, what, six, what did they say? Seven, seven films were released one after another. Huh. Mm. That's really cool. Mm. Um... 25 gallons of fake blood was used in this film more than two and a half times the amount used in Saw 2. How the fuck is that calculated? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. The film was banned in Germany, uh, but the ban was reversed in 2013. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else here. The infamous you know, bathroom trap has appeared in every f- film except Saw 4. Well, they didn't have a flashback to that. No, can't remember. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Due to slow 3D process, filming was completed in nine weeks as opposed to the usual six weeks for previous installments. So they even had longer on this one. <laughs> um, let's see. And the only Saw film to have a budget over $11 million. So it had the biggest budget as well. What a no. <clears throat> well, that probably wow. mostly went to 3D, honestly. That's expensive. Um, uh-huh. And Tobin Bell has played the Jigsaw Killer nine times, seven in film and twice in video games. <laughs> I wonder how the video games tie into the Saw. I think they actually do, actually. Yeah, Imagine they were too. just like all flashbacks. The whole game is just flashbacks. <laughs> So uh, that's pretty it. That's pretty much it for trivia. Um, do you guys want to get into ratings? Yeah, I have no idea who goes first. Uh, I'll go first. Um, so Saw Seven um, is definitely not a good Saw film, um, but I actually still kind of enjoyed it. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I I actually really like these movies. Now we did talk a little bit outside the show, me and Moods, and like we both uh, unanimously agreed that. We are not watching Saw for a very long time besides Saw 8 coming up, but like these are not films we're going to revisit. 
But I'm happy that I went through them. Uh, it's something that I always wanted to do. I enjoyed them early on. I kind of lost interest in them. I came back and uh, finally finished up the series. And I had fun. I really did. Like I, I kind of was interested every weekend to see what where the story went. Um, I was expect. I, I honestly, my expectations were a little bit higher for where the story eventually goes because it kind of just goes in a circle. Like it really does. Like the, the entire story is just. It's like a. It's a snake eating its tail, and it's just going and doing that over and over again. It's a never-ending loop. Um. But I, I still kind of like this one. I honestly really wish I would have seen it in 3D. Like, I don't even think you can get it in, like, the home 3D with the, like... Yeah, you can. ...red and green glasses. I know you can get it for the, like, 3D Blu-ray oh. players and stuff like that with yeah. the 3D TVs. But I don't know if you can get it in, like, the standard red and green old-school 3D. Well, I saw it in 3D. <clears throat> Was it good? I even... I even have the glasses that said that has I saw it in 3D first. Get it? Yeah, I have <laughs> I have the chainsaw I saw 3D on, glasses still, which I, I saw pretty cool because I saw it on opening night back when they did midnight movies. Mm. So, so I still mm. have those. Co- comment shitty. on the three. Oh, you didn't like the 3D? It wasn't good. I'm still not a fan of 3D. So Man, you guys are lame. Um. So, uh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. I. I wish I could have seen it in 3D. I actually like 3D. I think it's really cool. I admit that it it that, that it gets over every couple of years. It gets huge and overplayed. Um, but as 3D technology gets better and better, like the last couple films I saw in 3D, like Jackass 3D, Chainsaw 3D, um, did not give me headaches because they they changed the format from the red and green to to clear glasses. And and honestly, it's the red and green that gives me the headache. Uh, I still watch Friday the 13th Part 3D in 3D with the old school red and green. Uh, or is it red and blue? Is it red and blue or red and green? Red, red and, and blue. blue. And then it looks green. You know, um, I have <laughs> never watched <clears throat> I've never watched Friday 3D in 3D. Oh, come on, man. It's cool. I know. I've ha- obviously, I have, I've had the opportunity to do it. I've just never done it before. And, and when we covered My Bloody Valentine original versus remake, I remember watching the remake in 3D as well. <clears throat> <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't remember you doing that. Yeah. That's so um, or at, at least I think I did. Um, I, I probably said it on the show if I did or not, but I, I know I have before. I've definitely watched it a few <laughs> times in 3D. Uh, I saw I, that in 3D, too, in the theaters. Yeah, I like 3D. That one had it's a fun. shit ton. That's a funny film to watch in 2D because there's so much, like, obvious 3D stuff that's happening in that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just comes across, across as super gimmicky. Like, I haven't watched opinion. 3D in a while. Like, I just want to get off of here and watch Friday the 13th in 3D now. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I think that it's I think that it's a cool thing every once in a while. It does You know another film, and this is way off topic, I'm sorry. Uh, My Soul to Take has never been released in its 3D version. It's really annoying. Um, but yeah, one day I want a 3D TV just like as a side TV so I can watch these fucking things. Like I want to see Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. Um, but, uh, House of Wax 3D. House of Wax, like there's a lot of them and, and they've been uh, Amityville 3D. Like if anything can make Amityville 3 better, it's probably 3D. What about Jaws 3? No, that movie's awful. I don't even want to watch it. Oh man. No, Jaws 3 is the best sequel. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm coming in at a six out of 10 on this one. I still give it a pass. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the Police Academy films had six straight... They they put those out in six straight years, yeah. going back about ten minutes? 
Yeah. That's fucked. That's crazy, dude. I didn't even, never even thought of that. I've never even, I thought there was only four of them, so. <laughs> I think there's seven of them, actually. There was another one, too, right? Was there, Jeremy? Is there seven? You have the box set, Well, right? the, isn't there, yeah, like, 33 seven. naked guns and a half? <laughs> well, 33 and a third. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Get it right. Um... Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I I actually found myself laughing probably too much during Saw Seven. Uh, I I could not get over the blood. I think I have it written down about seventeen times how <laughs> funny the blood was in this film. Like, even some of the effects were. Oh man, when her guts were coming out in the beginning, it's just I don't know. It just looked really phony and shit. But um, phony. I don't know, man. I wasn't a big fan. I think my biggest problem with this film is that I wasn't a big fan of the whole setup to the film with with our lead character here and making a living off of kind of exploiting these victims and stuff. I just I felt it was very very far fetched, kind of like the opening scene. Just a lot of things that were happening in this one were very far fetched and stuff. But you know, it's not a horrible film by any means. It still has some redeemable fun qualities to it. Um, I still wish that the way Jill had died was in her dream sequence, even though her death was still damn, pretty damn cool, which kind of made sense that it was that death too, because that actually kind of plays in the film a little bit. Um, and uh, it was, it was kind of interesting to see Chester Bennington in the, in the film. That was kind of cool too. Um, overall, not a great film, but I'm also on the same page as JP with six out of 10. That's what I'm going with. I have six out of ten as well. So you like this one better than part two? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's Fuck move. Saw two. <laughs> let's move on to saw. Well, not eight. Jigsaw. Oh yeah, we have come to the end. That might be literal. I don't know. I hope so. Two thousand seven <laughs> from two thousand and seventeen. We have Jigsaw. I'm assuming probably going to be also known as Saw 8 in some various countries. Don't know. But yes, brand new Saw film. Seven years after Part 7, we get Jigsaw. Now, we've talked about this. Our thoughts on not naming it Saw 8, calling it Jigsaw. It's confusing people, but... I don't know, man. I think people are still a little bit confused <laughs> by the Jigsaw name. It's kind of weird. I like it. So I, I don't mind the Jigsaw. And I'm, you know me. I'm normally really against like these type of things going yeah. away from the number. But hell, they already went away from the number with Saw the Final Chapter, which we clearly <laughs> now know was not the final chapter. Maybe it was the final chapter in that story. And maybe this. In that story, get the fuck out of here with this story bullshit. Okay, so um, get the fuck out of here. What kind of shit is interrupted, this? Uh, this story, get the oh, fuck that. So I don't mind the name because it still has "saw" in the title. It's like it's like just a neat way of doing it, I guess. Like you know what I mean? Because yeah. "saw" is still in Jigsaw's name, so it's like kind of a cool. Cool little way. I, I I don't mind it so much, but um, obviously it, you this know film it, came out this year, sense. and it's brand new. It's out there in the theater. You could see it, uh, and yeah. I mean, you want to get into the synopsis here? Yeah, that. Yeah, this one. This one right here is directed by the Spig Brothers, who also did a film called Undead, and they also directed uh, Daybreakers. But Undead was a really cool film uh, that came out in two thousand three. Did you guys ever see that one? It's yeah, kind of a, a, I've seen it. I think I, really, I might I really be thinking, enjoyed that I might one. be thinking of the horde. 
think I'm thinking oh, you, Horde. Yeah, the French one. The one where they're stuck in the building. The IFC. Yeah, Undead is a real... It's actually pretty unique. That's the one with the cool gas stuff. mask and the shotgun guy, right? On the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the movie's better than the cover, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that... <laughs> yeah, stupid gas mask. All right, well, let's get into a synopsis here for Jigsaw. Bodies are turning up around the city each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect, John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw, who has been dead for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's where this one picks up. It's 10 years after Jigsaw has passed away. So, pretty much, we assume, at least Saw 1 through 4 take place, like, in the same year, maybe even 5, 6, and 7. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Fucking movie, man. Okay. (laughs) This fucking goddamn fucking movie. You you literally say it's a different fucking story, man. That's horseshit. That's a horseshit argument. Okay. Continue. Because he's really, he was really. No, because it's like it doesn't make any sense that this fucking guy is was Jigsaw's right hand man since the beginning. It's fucking stupid. It's like, what's the point of having Doctor Gordon then? Because this guy was supposed to be, you know, Doctor Gordon was supposed to be the doctor in the situation, and he was supposed to fucking sew everybody up. And this guy clearly had some kind of medical background. So the fact that fucking Jigsaw was freaking having Doctor Gordon as right hand man. Is fucking dumb as shit. And where the fuck has this guy been in the other seven movies? Like, nobody mentions him. I would assume Dr. Gordon and Amanda and these other people who were Hoffman would all know who this guy is. And nobody fucking mentions him in the other seven movies? Fuck that shit. That is some bullshit, especially since if it's Jigsaw's right-hand man, you know, the guy that he started all this shit with. That's some bullshit. Fuck that. It's but shit. But also, you gotta realize mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. is what they say in the movie is that the, he only helped him for that first thing, right? Like, he, it wasn't like he... Oh, was, I don't his, buy that. that what, I don't buy the, it. The, what do you mean you don't because... buy it? They say that's what happens. So what do you? what is there to buy? You know what I mean? The, you know, the only problem is that with... doesn't the... work like that. Okay, though. listen. This is why I'm going to s- slap your argument in the face right now, all right? And all right. I completely get why you feel this way. But Amanda, Dr. Gordon... Hoffman, his wife, we've learned now that many, many people are involved. He's like a cult leader, dude. But they all knew each other, though. No, How would nobody no. know that this guy, who this guy is? How, how, why did it, why did it, why did it not, like, Hoffman didn't know that Gordon was, was all, like, you know, down with the jigsaw from day one, you know what I mean? So it's like, they've done this before, he does this over and over again so to to pretend like oh he couldn't have had if you buy the other ones if you buy he converted amanda if you buy he converted gordon if you buy he converted uh his wife if you buy he converted hoffman then why can't you buy that he converted 
this guy because I don't believe that this guy was it was the first guy that he fucking why? chose to help him since the beginning. Like, he I would don't... just let him go. Like he would just like let him leave the rest. Why of his he life shows with that this he does do this though? You're but, saying that you don't think he would, but, but he literally has done it four but times. But he goes already. back to it though. So just because he goes back to it, he's always gonna have that on his mind about what he did with Jigsaw back in the day. So it's like I don't believe whatsoever that Listen, he would just every like one of these Saw films are not set up right. Like. It wasn't like they imagined from the beginning that Hoffman was going to be the killer. It isn't like they imagined from the beginning that Dr. Gordon was going to be the killer. It isn't even like they imagined from the beginning that Amanda was going to be down. These but, films are all written like that afterwards. But so that, why that's a problem that I have about now? this film. Like, why do you fucking, have a problem with it now Because you didn't just, have a problem with it with Dr. Because, Gordon or, or because Hoffman? Because they don't mention anything. They didn't anything. They Wait, didn't let me either. finish. Let me fucking finish. Let me finish. They don't mention anything about the seven other previous films in this whole fucking movie. The only thing that we have about the other films is the fucking trap museum in that fucking crazy bitch's warehouse. That's it. That's so why, the only why, thing. Why, why the only would these thing. cops mention those the investigations when they were not part they, of them? Because where are these people? Where's they clearly you? knew Hoffman was corrupted. Where the fuck is Hoffman? Where the hell is Dr. Gordon? Where the hell are these people? Obviously not doing anything for the past... Well, Bullshit! Because Doctor Gordon was supposed to be the one who takes over. Jigsaw. Why does he you know have what? to do anything though? Why can't he? But, why, he but, didn't do anything for so long the first time. Why does he have to continue to do stuff now? Why? Why can't he just? What, who, who's saying he can't I, come back? I'm in agreement here. I don't understand why they couldn't even. They, why you couldn't incorporate some of the other characters in here? Because they didn't join the film. Well. That but I mean, I mean, it's ten years later. I mean, if this guy, I mean, you, you think you would have some type of continuity? There is continuity. With, There's no well, there with is other continuity. characters. No, not I meant to like the rest. It of the... Does not mean that it didn't happen. Is what I'm saying. Well, I'm not saying it, the, but within the story here, man. I mean, it's like ultimately what this ends up being is more of like. I don't want to say origin story. It's more like it, it's it, it's more like a prelude story. I mean, given what the the guy is doing in this mimicking the very first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I understand the setup and stuff, but I mean, not even to mention any of the other characters that, well, they don't know if they are doing it. That's some horseshit. The, the I believe they knew that they Gordon knew Hoffman. The the they police... knew that Hoffman was behind it. They knew it, but they the knew Hoffman was behind it. Yeah. I believe that. I, I believe that. Yeah. What can you refresh my memory? Well, I mean, <laughs> at the end of part seven, or, I mean, yeah, I mean, they they actually, what they know at the, the FBI knows that it's Hoffman. I mean, that's who did the, that was the wasn't the it FBI? just two people and they died? What are you talking about? Are you, who, are you who talking knew about that it was Hoffman? The FBI, the FBI from the previous films, they were investigating Hoffman. Yeah, the two, the the the, the when they did the voice recognition, didn't those two people yes. die? Mm -hmm. that knew but that's what that's an argument that we had in the last film like where were all these people when these other three people died but i don't think like just because they died that means like oh nobody's gonna find out it's hoffman well that's my point you right know? it's like i mean maybe they, that's what they want you to believe but at the same time this is the goddamn fbi they figured out it was hoffman and stuff i mean there, but there's like literally just... no mention of anything like so every single character that was ever involved between uh the second and third film which pretty much is every other film is just but what reason would they now? have to mention them i don't know just 
incorporate them I mean, into yes the i would have preferred had they mentioned or threw a nod at them or something more. but it doesn't affect yeah, the story to mention them is what i'm saying there's no okay. reason to yeah because the story sucks Story what, how does is that actually, make sense? The story sucks, so there's no reason to. Me- like, what is that? That doesn't even make sense, Jeremy. I just said. feel like this series is so heavenly, just heavily relies on having continuity. Like we talked about that, but there like, is not, throughout not the entire- continuity. You're not pointing out like, where they break continuity. Where do they? Because break they don't continuity? talk about the other movies. It doesn't make sense. Just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it didn't about- happen, though. That's my argument. You don't have to say that this happened in order for – they're not saying anything that goes against what happened. That is how continuity works. Yeah, but at the same time, doesn't it make more sense in a new film to at least mention things to co- to to tie it into the, the new narrative? You don't need to. Uh, because, I'm not, because I'm not, I, I, know, I know what you're is, saying. You don't have to, but it makes more sense for the viewers. This it's a lot cooler if you link things. Itself. It is a lot cooler if you link things, but I I'm just, just saying, it makes it needed to. I don't think you it don't, should be called a sequel. It should be called a reboot because it doesn't have anything to do with sequel, the other though. It, 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 it follows it's the storyline of what happened. Well, what? this one right here really. essentially it is more of a on jigsaw. Who the fuck? Can... The only, we sat there and bitched the about only Hoffman continuity the that we have. Listen, the, we bitched about the fact Hoffman. that he the X-rays that he gave to Doctor Gordon. That's the only other part of continuity that we have in the other films. Listen, we bitched about Gord, uh, Do- We bitched about Doctor Gordon becoming the killer. We bitched about Hoffman being the lead for four movies, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we're not going to say that didn't happen, but let's just ignore it, not maybe not put light on it, and let's go over this way because people didn't like that. And now it's like, oh, why the fuck is Dr. Gordon not the killer? Why the fuck is Hoffman? We hated those things. It could have just been written in a few sentences maybe. about what happened to Dr. Gordon. Maybe he got no one shot by Maybe Hoffman. nothing happened to him. Maybe he just That's went on so being big. fucking... That's- but how can you not mention? You think in this film that at least mentioning Hoffman or what happened to him would be the appropriate thing to do, just to kind of sever ties with that storyline. If well, that's fine, what, if you want to make it original, circling back to that storyline, that storyline's well, not dead. You can still tell parts of that storyline. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, JP. They ain't gonna make another fucking movie after this. Why? So it did. It did decent enough. It made so, six billion dollars. This weekend, so and it's going to drop even more next sixteen million dollars. Yeah, said, and right? it costs ten million dollars to make, and plus marketing, it's going to lose money. It's going to make money by the time it hits uh, DVD and everything, for sure. I, okay, everything aside with the continuity and stuff, I think the storyline in this film is just weak in general. Just, Why? just telling because I don't like this origin story type thing. The twist and everything that happens. All of these Saw movies have done that. Everyone, I just. Yeah, dude, it doesn't mean that this one isn't weaker either, right? I think, it's, I think right? it's a little stronger than I think, some of the films, I, man. I think some of the other ones are a lot better. Some of the twists are a lot better and stuff. This one, telling an origin story, basically, and then having that reveal was like... I knew the reveal really? right away. Right they when they did. didn't show it the seemed, guy... It seemed so simple. It seemed so si- I was like, really? That's it? Right it, when they it, cut. It didn't seem that... Complicated, you know, like a lot of these things can get, you know, you they, usually the the narratives keep your mind fucking rolling all over the place. You're like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, this one right here, I'm like, I, w- I wasn't buying into it, man. It just I didn't what, find I, this. I I think that this one is far less convoluted than the other ones, right? It's, it's oh no, it's a basic a, story. 
you have Very- I, I like the traps. The traps were cool. You got these people tied to the, I, I thought it was pretty intense. They they haven't done that in a while, man. <laughs> Boots, how do you not bust out laughing with that? I, I, I actually, these are the weakest traps in the whole fucking series. Dude, I like bro. these traps. The the chain around they're the neck and they're so going to the, to the to the blades. That's no different than them sticking their hands in the fucking razor blade. I love blade. that trap too. But see, I thought these ones, and I'm not just hating because this is a new movie. So I thought the traps in this one were actually not that great at all. And I think it was a missed opportunity with the coil kill. Also, that whole scene was shot fucking terribly. You couldn't even figure out, like, how the dude was going to die or what exactly was going on with the coil. Like, I was like, what? What? I mean, that thing looks cool, but what's happening? And then all of a sudden he gets gnarled up and you're like, he's getting, okay, well, it's like a spiral like thing, dude. He's just getting, he's just getting shredded like a hot dog. Well, why didn't he get shredded the minute he went in? Why the hell did yeah. he make it all the way he to the like, bottom? All the way because of the he was at thing. the bottom. But why wouldn't the fucking wind fucking make him swing back and forth and he would hit the fucking thing and get shredded up? It's bullshit! Bad design, Jigsaw! Fucking first but, trap. Fuck you. And, but that scene was shot so poorly. I was like, the way they shot it from, you know, the top to the bottom and stuff, and then he gets snarled up, and I was like, oh, whoa, what the fuck just happened? I was like, trying not to blink. Yeah. Like, I'm paying attention. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh my god. I but mean, I thought the I thought the traps overall were just some of the weaker ones okay, within you, the whole You franchise. have to look at what a trap is to you. Like, to me, I don't... Like, the gore and stuff is cool and stuff, but I like the setups. I like... The, the, they're, I like how the, it progressed from this room and then they're still attached to this chain and it's dragging them and stuff. I'll tell you that the corn, the, the corn silo where the things was falling, I thought that was pretty lame. But I like the, the, the piano wire wrapping around the guy's leg. I like nah. the, um, what? Nah, that's lame. Why? Because okay, it's, well, it's not a trap. All it is so is his leg. He, he, he literally got caught in a trap. It was a it's tra- shitty. Literally it's not a even that inventive. It's okay, gone. going back, going back to what you just said. Inventive. Going back At to what you just said. At this point, in eight films in, I wanted to be inventive. I don't want to be fucking stupid. Okay, so going back to you know, you you like the way it was set up with yeah. the traps and stuff. You know, there has been some very convenient moments in this franchise, but nothing beats the convenience of the setups in this movie. There's a scene in this film where the dude, okay, he. Uh, leading into the coil kill. Mm. He happens to be the one to go over there and find the tape with his name on it. Why was it him? What, what happens if it was the chick? Then the whole thing, the whole scene wouldn't even have worked. Can you refresh my memory on what happened? So he sees so, the tape and it says Tyler Play. I think his name was Tyler. The black guy, Tyler. Okay. The black guy. He sees the, the guy that gets says, Tyler, play me. Yeah. So why does he fucking into that. Yeah, some, but the chick goes both, and grabs it? Well, yeah, they if both, the chick goes and grabs it, she's going to see that it's Tyler's tape. <laughs> Okay, so what about the scene... Okay, you just mentioned the corn one, too. Yeah. That whole scene only works if the dude... Okay, you've got these three characters uh-huh. in there, right? And basically, that whole scene is set up because of one guy not playing by the rules. Yeah, but you, so didn't, if the, but you didn't look that there was also an arrow that went the other way if you did play by the rules, so we just didn't see what would have happened. I know, but that's the thing. It just seemed like, okay, you know for a fact, this guy is going up there, something's going to happen, blah, blah. It just seemed almost so convenient for... Well, it, yeah, it literally within tells that- you not to do it, so you know something's going to happen. Like, that's yeah. the whole point, is like, they're saying, hey, there's, we're supposed to go this way, and that guy's But that like, whole no, setup no, no, no. was so... But it was so obvious, though. It's I'm like sitting there, obvious I'm like, because it's I'm telling like, you, do not do this. You know that it's going to happen. 
but but doesn't that make you wonder like okay i know this is you know this is a movie but i mean seriously this guy's gonna go up there he's yeah, gonna but, touch but, that bar. he's gonna was, through the floor yeah but there was other things they would have went in another direction which probably had more traps like that's what i'm saying like if he didn't which do we're not that, there was what i know but, yeah, i know there's I, well, arrows not. pointing other ways for them to go but so, don't like, you think mm-hmm. like if these people like Jigsaw's obviously a big pop culture icon. People obviously know what he is. Mm-hmm. So don't you think when these people would wake up and they would see what's going on, like the people that the doctor puts into the traps to re to fucking don't you think they would know what's going on? Who? Don't you think they would? What doctor? The people. Okay, the the guy who the reveal who the villain is. Yeah, he puts four people in the same trap that he was in. So wouldn't those four people know what the fuck's going on? Wouldn't they know? What to do based on the previous media coverage what do you of the mean, what to trap? Do? They wouldn't die. Why would Why wouldn't they die? Well, I think at this point, Jeremy, they're already captured. So, and they're they're strapped to chains with you know <laughs> they're not they can't do anything about that. Yeah, like, I know, but I think like, like they would know like what to if do. If somebody, to if you're hanging in the air. And it's like, oh, look, we just have to solve this puzzle and inject this thing into your bro- Somebody tries to inject me with something, I'll be like, hell no. Right, yeah, but they would. fuck away from me. <laughs> it's not I, like I'm choosing I don't to get just the, die. I don't get the replicate the thing. No. Him trying to replicate Jigsaw's first trap. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, it was it was pretty self-explanatory. I mean, they did use the they explained the fact that you know the two bodies that were never found, right? And then that became the, and they became the two final players, kind of thing. You know, Jeremy, I mean, Jeremy's I, dumb as hell. He messages me on Facebook and he's like, I get this he's like, how did the girl know that it's John Kramer? I'm like, dog, he's she's neighbors with him. They say that in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's like, how did how would he know that that's her? Vo- how would she know that that's his voice? I'm like, it's her fucking neighbor. Yeah, man, they were neighbors, and that's how he knew that she was a shithead. You yeah. know, I, I gotta be honest. Didn't. To me, this is a mid level saw. This is halfway point in terms of the good ones on one side, the bad ones on the other. This is no better way. than a couple of the saw films to me. Second, second worse. I disagree. Uh, I had a blast Open with this for one. You. I thought it was... Have a blast! How can you have a blast? It's so fucking... Nothing happens. What do you mean? Nothing exciting happens. happens. I into the setup. I liked that these people, from the very beginning, when they... I liked the idea that, okay, I know that Jigsaw is dead. I know that something else is going on. But I'm yeah, okay with exactly. that because I got to see Jigsaw on the screen again. I like this guy. So if... Even though it was like, you know, a flashback, obviously... I'm cool with that because – and I knew it was happening. I think most people know that, that he's not alive, right? It's, well, it's got to be another explanation. But well, except it, for the fucking idiots that I heard in the theater I, right after the movie ends. The first thing I hear out of this dude's mouth, man, I actually thought that he was alive again. I'm not joking, man. I actually started laughing to myself. <laughs> I was like, come no, on. When I was watching, I was thinking in my head going, the fuck is this shit? What? what he's shit? not fucking alive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So no, I knew he wasn't alive. You know, and I was cool with that no, because you know he's I like to see him regardless. So it's like, okay, this is a cool way to bring him back and and you know have that fun little narrative. Like, what if he is alive? You know, I already know he's not, but I'm but I don't need to believe that he actually is alive for it to be effective. Uh, and I I kind of dug the honestly <coughs> the the reveal of the dude, even though I've seen it 
four other times now. It, yeah. it, it, there's a certain point where you're just like, okay, this is just what Jigsaw does. Like he has an army, a legion of people who anybody who survived his traps, he has them, he converts them. That's what he but does. But he didn't survive his traps. It's bullshit. Well, he messed up, he which actually is better than him surviving the trap. It's kind of a. I just a don't believe off. it though. But did I you just ever don't believe, believe it, man. dude? Did you ever believe it, really? But he no, wants no, people. No, he just saves this... people who save themselves. The, I'm talk... He doesn't I'm save talk... himself. I'm talking about this one specifically. Okay, he theoretically takes the guy under his wing mm-hmm. because he kind of forgives him for fucking up. I mean, but essentially, you know, this dude did the ultimate fuck up. Because like Jigsaw says in the film, he said, well, if this dude hadn't, you know, switched the names on the... Um, on the uh, x-rays, mm-hmm. you know, he, he would have caught the cancer in time and he would have been probably better. You know, he probably could have survived this thing. Doesn't that give you more of a reason to, like, fuck that dude up more than anybody else? Because yeah, that was... But, you have pers- to, but, but there's that old that debate on what Jigsaw actually wants. Does he want people yeah. to realize the meaning of life? Or does he, or is he just a psychopath, right? And you guys have I been just, in the camp it, that he's not a psychopath this whole time. So... Yeah. It, like obviously if jigsaw cares about the game so much the idea mm-hmm. this thing that he designed and he drugs the guy too much and the guy doesn't wake up and almost dies because of jigsaw not mm-hmm. appropriately planning it out then i c- if he cares about the game that much then he doesn't care about fucking people up he doesn't care about vengeance he cares about no, no, no. playing the game I understand what you're saying, but I'm talking about a lot of those other people, they weren't personal to him. They had done things to other people, and now he's making them make a choice hey, listen, now. If he, if but, he gave but the guy a fair shot that killed his wife's baby, I think he'll give anybody a fair shot. I'm just saying, this guy specifically affected his life, right? He yeah, was so the guy the that... the guy that killed his baby. It was, it was personal. Yeah, I mean... What, but what this, he I mean, <laughs> It's way it worse. Was just, it was just. Well, what do you mean, though? Switching the names on their men? I mean, that essentially what led to Jigsaw's demise. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's so personal to him. I mean, it was as simple as. And but I if didn't he buy, knew that. Then why did he fuck up Doctor Gordon if he knew it wasn't Doctor Gordon's fault in the first I just, place? I just felt like they didn't show the guy's remorse enough. He's like, he obviously knew that he had fucked up with John Kramer's X-rays and stuff. And it was a simple scene, like, yeah, man, I. I fucked up How, with your shit, man. Like, this. I just didn't feel How the emotion. Is this twist worse than Doctor Gordon? Like, how is this guy being being part of it worse than Doctor Gordon? Because I don't care about him. He's fucking Doctor Gordon becoming Jigsaw literally it, made no fucking sense whatsoever. It literally doesn't. Literally not. But th- but this one right here, I didn't buy into the remorse. Like. The guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry for switching up your shit. And then he just takes him under his wing. It didn't feel like there was any emotion there. Like, he, he didn't beg for his life. And, you know, he's like, John, you know, fucking sorry, dude. Like, I totally John fucking... Uh, J- Jigsaw does not care about that. He only cares about the game that he designed, right? He's but he didn't beat his vengeance. game. That's his problem, though. But, that, but the point is, is that he just... Well, he gets a get-out-of-jail-free card because Jigsaw fucked up and almost killed him by mistake. So he Jigsaw clearly cares about that, right? If he goes in there and stops it, we, sews him up and stuff, he that. clearly cares about that. Mm-hmm. So if he yeah, clearly cares about that, then he clearly doesn't care about the guy switching his name tag. He thought the guy should see, learn a lesson. 
But that's it. So why should yeah. Dr. Gordon be punished? Yeah, I, his another mistake. thing I'm just not buying into. I'm not buying into it that he was willing to do that. I understand this was the very first game mm-hmm. that he was doing. So he, you know, he hadn't maybe fully established his rules and stuff. I can, I can just, you know, suspend my disbelief on that a little bit too. But it just seemed like it happened so easy. He was just willing to like, okay, shit, man, I fucked up. You know, you get a second chance well, they, type they, deal. It, but they show it in a flashback. They don't show the full scene of it happening. They, well, they just course. give you the cliff note of version of it, though. So it doesn't need to yeah. be the whole scene because you assume there's more conversation there because it's a flashback. They Flashbacks always just give you the, the pieces that you need to know. I can understand but I'm also, there's a scene that played out and it's like, and it's like, oh. But I'm also judging what I've seen, though, too, right? I mean, that's the only way I can do. I can't assume that there's more. I can't think of other things to, to critique. I'm just giving you what I've seen, and I just didn't buy into it. That was the problem. Yeah, I like, did. I, I, I see, I just didn't buy into the whole scene, and I, I just, I was like, okay. You know, I mean, it's not a bad thing that they did an origin story. You know, I, or like, I'll tell you what, besides Amanda, this, I like this guy being, you know, part of it more than Hoffman and Gordon. And I'll Hoffman was in there for three goddamn movies. And I hated well, him every Hoffman, second. It's also because Hoffman was not a likable character whatsoever. Like, he was pretty bland and boring and shit. But, yeah, his incorporation into, into the whole narrative saw was a little bit ridiculous. But I just, I, I almost could believe that more than this. This what? just seemed ridiculous, man. Why is it just seems Hoffman so over over uh jigsaw it's just it's simply simply because it seemed a little a tad bit more believable you know this one it just i don't know what it was man i it, i felt absolutely nothing i was like what he's just gonna he's gonna give him a chance right there i don't know man see i i think I this reinforces jigsaws and this is why i liked it because i feel like it reinforced jigsaws belief in what he has created and his sole purpose of living out what he created and even more so it makes sense why he had so much planning after his death because it shows how obsessed he was you know what i mean so to to take this guy who pretty much ruined his life because they could have caught mm-hmm. the ca- ca- cancer sooner instead of it being a testament to why jigsaw should have not been cool with him or something i look at it as a testament to why jigsaw cares so much about it shows why he cares so much about the game right it shows it shows that he cares so much about the game and that's really the the narrative throughout all eight of these films is even even back in saw three when the test was for amanda and and this that and the other like he's always been game first game first game first so i don't to me think it, it shows character at all no I, to me it just shows maybe like a tiny bit of weakness but, but like i said like it's more about him maybe not fully having established do you think it breaks what his character to do that a little bit i do i do i just I, I don't buy into the fact that he just oh yeah i get it that he was drugged and he was gonna die like you know and he, that wasn't what jigsaw had planned mm. right i get that completely but i just for some reason i'm not fully buying i'm not buying into it buying and into right there what, is a big exactly that he's gonna save him Okay. At that point, what so has he over- Jigsaw done in the past to show you that he wouldn't do that? But I'm saying it's also because this is the very first one, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the very first game that he's playing, yeah. and he has a different vision. He doesn't want him to die like that. I get that. But at the same time, I have a hard time so believing why would that he it was go- better way to do that. So if he didn't care about the game more than anything, why would he go in there and 
and save him. That's exactly what my point is. I don't know. It, it seems it seems odd to me. I'm not believing it. I think it was. I, I just don't. I don't like the, <laughs> the story in this film at all. I just don't believe that that's what Jigsaw would have done. Like I, at this point, I mean, I, the, the reason why I believe it is because he's never shown anything but that throughout the entire series. Right, and I get that it's the first time, so maybe he wouldn't be fully involved in it yet. But we saw how fast his progression went in just yeah, yeah. Not, in, in a it, year. It, in a year, all those traps, all those setups, just, all those things, all that legacy, planning, shit, swallowing tapes and stuff. Like I believe mm. that this guy, this guy, if there's anybody that would be doing that, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. And and Don't, there's evidence to my point on why I believe that. In terms of if you look at the other films, that's all I'm saying. If you look at the other films, it seems like, oh, yeah, that seems like something he would totally do to me. Yeah, I, I think that maybe that's something that he, or something he would have turned into. But given that this is like the very first trap and stuff, and given the circumstances of who the person was that was overdrugged, was the guy specifically linked to him, you know, with the cancer and stuff? And I just are linked to him. I like just a, have a, a hard lot, time like pretty believing pretty much all of the, the early ones. Because, like I said, at this time he hadn't established his rules fully, and I just the way I perceive it is that, like you know, he's not fully in, like indulged into this game. He hasn't mapped out every single rule. He has an idea of what he wants to do. I just think that letting him die and and then maybe I mean, but, if okay, it let's say that down, like, let's say I, that he did that let him would, die. Or, would but that, I think that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you feel better. like, oh, Jigsaw wouldn't do that? No, I know, but that also could lead into him changing his entire style and his ideas of what he wants to do within this game. It's like, dude, I probably shouldn't have let that guy die. I should have given him a, an honest chance. But just automatically taking him and saving him and taking him under his wing. He's done it, it just before, to me, man. I know, but it's... But this, I don't is, know. this is he, par for the course for Jigsaw. But, but he also needed the... I mean, yeah, at that point... You know, within the game, he also. I just want to know why he would blame Doctor Gordon if he knew that this guy was already behind him. X-rays getting mixed up, right? I mean, it's Gordon's fault too. Not really. Multiple people. Just because that guy did that doesn't mean Gordon couldn't have mixed up his X-rays too. Why does that mean that that couldn't happen? Get the fuck out! What do you mean? Why couldn't that happen? What does that guy doing that have to do with? Because Gordon? he t- he put the X-ray, he put the name on the X-rays, and then I assume he gave those X-rays to Doctor Gordon. You so know, how you get X-rayed doctor- multiple times while you're going through this, right? Like, yeah, but like if that's his, if that's his initial, yeah, but if that's his, in- I know, brother, dude, no, no, my no. mom had brain cancer, all right, I know. But those ones, but those ones right there, I think they do say that though, actually, or I think they imply that though, that those are the X-rays that went to Gordon. So I see where Jeremy's coming from. I, I I would have to watch it again, honestly. Because I, I think actually, I mean, if that if that's a true case, then there's a little bit of a if discrepancy. If that is a true case, then yeah, that's a little bit of a mess up there. Um, yeah. Which I would I would you know. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's right. I'm pretty fucking sure he's correct on that. Well, what did what was the reason that Gordon was in the original Saw? It wasn't because he mixed up Jigsaw's X-rays. It was because he was didn't appreciate his family. Well, it all came around to having to do with um, with Kramer's sickness, though, too. Yeah. That's he, incorporated he, into there, too. He, he 
you know, people who just were sucky around him, he ended up putting in traps, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they do link it back to him and his fuck-up, too. Where with, did they uh, do that the at? Dude, I can't remember exactly which <laughs> I can't remember part. either. That's why I, I asked these questions. It's somewhere, it's somewhere in 4 and 5 or something. Like, I mean, those two are so hard to yeah. <laughs> distinguish specifics from them. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, one thing I will give this film credit for, they didn't have that spastic, retarded editing in this one This one was way more paced better. It, was, it had its CGI, though, that ending shot, bit. man. That, had, I, it, that was it, sci-fi it, channel effects right there. It was. The CGI I didn't think was, like, the worst thing in the world. I, that ending know, I'm, CGI, I've though, seen I thought bad. the shotgun head explosion was nice. Mm-hmm. No? It was okay. It was all right. <laughs> I fucking laughed my ass off. It was okay, yeah. <laughs> um, especially because she didn't expect it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't expect it for some reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, as much as I hate that spastic editing, man, I walked out of the cinema going, that film didn't have, qu- there was something off about that Saw film, it didn't have the same feel. Oh yeah, the shitty ass editing well, wasn't I liked, there. <laughs> I like the main cop, like he was, he was an enjoyable character, he was black funny, dude? like, no, the other dude. Oh, of course you don't like the black guy. I, I like the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I just thought the other guy was... Let me ask you a question here, man, where in the fuck do they find all these actors for the, like... They find the most, like, mostly monotoned, kind of, like, just boring-ass actors for every Horrible scene. acting in this one, once again. I didn't, th- again, I didn't think there was bad acting in this one. It, I don't think the acting was, like, you know... It B wasn't level. as bad as two, but it was but like... Yeah, like, some of the acting was pretty dry and bland in this film, man. It was like, holy yeah. shit, man. Again, where do they find these fucking actors I don't know, to do they, this they shit? always seem to cast, like, these unknown people in these films. That but... redhead was pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she took her. She took her medical stuff off, and then we get to see her like in her abode there. That was pretty fucked up. She's good looking, yeah. but uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I thought that was. How, how do you? How, how I do you guys feel? I, I honestly was hoping that they were going to go somewhere with that more than the other reveal. What, you know, what, I mean, obviously it would have been too, with the chick. You know, being obsessed oh. with Jigsaw and, and all the shit like that. It just kind of dies. But there was one part in that in that whole explanation with her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm a big super fan of Jigsaw. I got to show you this, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But then she explains that she got these fucking blueprints off the internet from some dude to build that coil that she had in her in her studio. Yeah, which I bet you I know to- who the dude was too. <laughs> I'm like, she got fucking blueprints. Yeah, <laughs> like, but guess probably who the dude was. The guy that was uh, right in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think of that, well, did you? I, no, I, I actually did think of that, but I didn't think that was. Yeah, I get. Um, yeah, I guess so, right? I mean, but, I didn't. But that, that story was, just like kind of dies, you know? It's just like, oh, she runs out. Yeah. Out of the fu- and it's like, and yeah, that's no, it. It's, like, it doesn't it's, really it's go, go really. anywhere. Well, yeah. that, I like the, one of the things I liked is I liked how the guy set the cop up to take the fall. You know what I mean? Like he had mm. access to the to the blood. He faked the shot. He you know dropped the the bullet in there. Which I believe, if you pay attention to the film, it actually shows they, him do that too. Um, not really? just in the flashback. Well, like actually, when he does it, because I, I was like, there was something weird about that when when it happened live with that scene. You know what I mean? Um, well, 
I had a little bit of problem because when they're doing the explanation of, you know, with the reveal, they're like, oh, you know, this bullet, this, and he, you know, and he's explaining that, oh, you know, he shot him, blah, blah. Um, there's an issue there. Yeah. Because if, if you're, if you're, okay, the dude that gets his hand blown off who's holding the, um, yeah. the walkie talkie. Uh huh. Okay, so he gets shot from this angle over here. Right? The guy's standing on a building across the way. He was like right like, behind the cops, so he he had the same angle as them. But if he was behind him, no, he was no, behind I, the cops, not the guy. No, no, no. I think the way it pans over, I think he's actually so. If you are the guy, he's a more off to the left hand side because they they clearly show it, right? He's not directly behind the cops. He's no, actually he's not over directly a little bit. behind the cops, but he's you can that's an that if you've shot it. it targets or anything like that it, yeah the trajectory tra- trajectory is going to be slightly off but at the oh, same yeah. time he's the cops, and left the cops left. are spread out at that angle too like he's not but, completely yeah you know. but the thing is though it didn't really matter because he was the one that pulled the fucking bullet out anyways yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it never really mattered anyways but i just kind of laughed i'm like i don't think that trajectory would have been viable if someone actually looked into that a little bit if somebody looked into it they'd be like hey this doesn't make sense but they didn't they didn't they weren't looking into there was no reason for them to look into it the police shot yeah you know what i mean they already know who shot him why would they think somebody else shot him you know what i mean that would make no sense so yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i think that uh to me this movie i really liked the setup i really liked the the flow of it. And I, I honestly, like, I kind of liked the story. I just thought it was a cool story. I thought that like, okay, this taking like jigsaw's blood appearing and, and his, uh, um, voice on the recorder and stuff. I like how the guy took all these little files that he had access to and, and, you know, spliced them together to make jigsaw's voice. Well, you know, I'm glad that they showed that because I was thinking too, I was like, Hey, the voice, how is this done? And they actually showed him like cutting up audio files, yeah. which like, is okay, cool. Okay, that's, that's how actually, they did Chef in South sense. Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Post mortem. Yeah, um, but like, but honestly, like when the when the reveal happens and they explain everything, doesn't everything just seem so simple in this one? Yeah, no, it does. And I was, I thought that was a breath of fresh air. I was like, I'm tired, like, because. I was expecting it to be like some stupid, crazy twist that like doesn't make any sense, and and really it just like is exactly kind of what I expected. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm cool with that because I don't feel like every one of I feel like I feel like throughout the series I got really annoyed when the twists would be too crazy and it just wouldn't make it just would make it more convoluted, and make less sense. I think and, it's because this one had you know it didn't have two or three. Or four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seemed like some of the other ones just kind of went on and on and on. But So my, my question was, unless I missed it, but why did he decide to do this all these years later? Because it's like, you know, it takes place technically 10 years after yeah. John Kramer's died. So if he's dead mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever the, the timeline is with all the other stories, right? He's dead. And um, so this is a lot of years later. So yeah. why did he decide to all of a sudden kickstart this, his plan, or just to mimic this game? Like, I mean, I, 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 I think, think to myself, I'm like, I don't know. I think that it's one of those things, like, why does, you know, Dr. Gordon stay dormant for 10 years? You know, it's just, 
You know, sometimes serial killers do that. And, and, and this guy, you know, I, I don't know, a 10-year anniversary seems like a good time to pay homage to your hero. <laughs> I wish they had said that, because if they had dropped that line in the film, I would have been like, cool, I'm down with that. Yeah, 10 I feel, years, I feel awesome. like there's more to this story that either didn't make it to the film, or this was supposed to be planned for a couple more sequels after this. Um, because I kind of, I kind of feel like this is just a little chapter in something. Doesn't it feel like that a little bit? This, like, this doesn't feel like a complete story to me. Like, no. And I kept, I kept thinking when I walked out of there also, I was like, well, so if they're going to do this origin thing, man, you can keep, you could probably make two or three films around this time period. You know, he takes them under the wing and then there's like a whole nother film in there. Maybe yeah. they did, maybe they did another game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they did another game with this guy. Maybe they did two or three together before the first saw happened. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, like, just I mean, because this is his first, you know, trap doesn't mean that there wasn't like a bunch more exactly. we don't know about. That's the crazy yeah. thing about the saw timeline is it's I don't want to see that. I honestly like I don't want to see Gordon. I don't want to see Gordon. I don't want to see Hoffman. I would rather this guy <laughs> got way more charisma no than, than Hoffman. You got to admit that this guy. Has more oh, he's definitely better than Hoffman. than Hoffman. Hoffman's the worst character in the whole franchise. I thought it was not a bad attempt at resurrecting the Saw series. Like this is kind of exact. When we talked about uh, last week's show, where we were like, "What do you want to see out of a Saw series?" Like as, as continuity. Saw it does have continuity. <laughs> not really. It, just, it to me, it does a hundred percent because it, continuity doesn't mean that. Like, to not have continuity means it has to break continuity, right? Like, it's not doing anything that breaks continuity. So, to me, I don't, I, I would have liked mentions of that. And I even, I was even expecting maybe, like, there would be something in the post credits or something. But really, probably the main reason that they didn't is because the actors didn't want to do the Saw movie, or they felt like they couldn't get them Hoffman and, and Dr. Gordon. You know, because oh, there's mean? so much in demand. Well, I, I kind of thought the same thing, too, maybe. The reason why there wasn't those kind of throw-ins to tie things in a little bit, that maybe that had something to do with it. But we never know. We never know. Yeah. So we just have to judge it on what we're seeing, too. And, yeah, it definitely wasn't my favorite story. This isn't <laughs> within the... the worst opening Saw film. How about that? <laughs> six, yeah. six is the worst. Yep. So, yeah. that I mean... So if six got a sequel after opening the worst, why couldn't this? You know what I mean. <laughs> True that. Uh. True that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, do you guys want to get into? Uh, I mean, there's there's not really any trivia out there right now for it. It's a brand new movie, obviously. Oh, do you have? Yeah, that? there's no trip. No, no, no. There's no trivia. But I did notice something odd that'll that'll, you know, <laughs> it's kind of quirky to us, anyways. What's that? There, there's a scene where a security guard falls asleep and allows someone to do something. Yeah. Well, that security guard's name was M. Cantor. <laughs> Matt Cantor. That's yeah. funny. I know. I noticed I burst out laughing. I was like, hey, it's my buddy Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, me up, but... I mean, obviously, we don't know how much money this – because the other ones we talked about how much money they made and stuff like that. But um, I'm happy to get – look, this is – even being better than Saw, because I think we're all in agreement, it's at least better than Saw Seven, right? <coughs> no, 
Okay. Yeah, Saw Seven yeah. is. Do you remember? I, let me yeah. just refresh your memory. Do you I know the what Saw the opening of Saw Seven with the two people in the glass thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least it was. At least better. it was more interesting than anything that happened in this movie, trap wise. Is it though? You yes. Think that's, you thought that was. You hated that. I know, but it at least was more interesting than anything that was happening in this movie. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh no, was... his foot. His foot stuck. He has to pull a lever, which will cut <laughs> off his foot. And then the other people will live. Oh, oh, really inventive, guys. A plus. At least this, he's like, they're in a glass box and they're trying to fuck I don't in. Need, why does it need to be inventive? Like, why can't it just, like, to me, the fear notes. of having to cut off my foot is scary enough, right? Like, that's a that's why the first Saw film was really... I will I will give him to him, though, the, the shotgun part with the dude and the chick. Yeah. The result of that... Was actually kind of cool. That's what I said earlier. I love that part. Oh, did you mention? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The shotgun. Yeah, yeah. But I, I laughed. All right. I was like, because <laughs> like I thought I like they got me on that one. I thought she was gonna shoot the guy, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> I love when Jigsaw has these little things where it's like well, she tried to <laughs> anyways, but it, but I like I like how it's just so she didn't play by the rules. So, yeah, it's just so funny and it's so I it's so ironic because it like. Her plan literally backfired, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's just fucking crazy, man. But all right, so here's, yeah. here's the little bit of trivia that we have. It was shot in Canada. Uh, mm. Started filming September 26th of uh, 2016. Uh, there is what is that? It says a soft reference to Jigsaw was shown in the film Insidious 2010. It was drawing the clown puppet on the chalkboard with the number eight beneath it. I do remember that. I do remember that, which is obviously the eighth Saw film, um, <clears throat> which was seven years ago. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Even though Saw 3D, the final chapter, was originally intended to be the final movie of the series, in 2012, the studio Lionsgate had expressed interest in continuing the Saw movies. Um, blah, blah. Uh, this is the Fucking first Saw movie with two directors. Alright, so uh, that is it for the trivia. Um, what did it make at the box office in its opening weekend? Sixteen point two five million. Is that the actual totals, or was that the correcto actual? No, sixteen point seven five. No, that's what my guess was. That's what JP's guess was. It made oh, okay. sixteen million six hundred forty thousand four hundred fifty-two dollars. So I win box office brawl again. Thanks, <laughs> both of you guys. Shit! All right, well. Man, what was I off by five hundred? I was only off by five hundred thousand. No, you you guessed fifteen million. Oh no, oh, I no, guess Jeremy's it. dumb because uh, the actuals came out today, um, which was not. I asked him if it was the, yeah sixteen million six hundred forty thousand four hundred fifty two dollars right on the top of fucking box office mojo. Suck my nuts. Yeah, so you just said it wrong the first time. You said sixteen point two. So, no, and then I corrected myself, you fucking dumbass. Okay, so I literally was <laughs> off by like a hundred thousand, uh, a hundred and ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> that's as that's good re- as that's ridiculous. Get, that is good, and you guys made fun of my point seven five. <laughs> All right, that's let's get good, into man. the ratings. Jeremy, Jeremy, what's your rating? I think my rating is fair. 
four and a half out of ten. All right, JP, what do you give it? Uh, I really like this Saw movie. It's uh, I like all of them. I, I've I've said that you know as we went on here, and uh, to me this was one of the more fun Saw films. And me and Carly had a blast watching it. Uh, I honestly didn't have a ton of problems with it. I mean, I wish they would have mentioned some more about the old Saw films, but I thought this one's story was better than like Saw, like Saw, you know, four, six seven uh I, i'm coming in at 7.5 out of 10 seven and a half yes sir um man i i i swear to god that the writers of this film were british because the fucking the attempts at humor in this film were so damn dry <laughs> like the there was like three the puppet rolls out is really crazy oh. <laughs> yeah dude it's so bad and there's also another one too where they go to cut off the the helmet off that dude and they say something like i can't remember man it's just a, the, the, the chick says something is so cringeworthy i was like oh my god and some british people and i'm just offending british people i'm sorry guys um but no i i just thought the humor was like uh okay whatever uh yeah definitely not my favorite one i just i had a lot of pro I, the story wasn't like overly my favorite i mean I just wish there was a little bit more there to tie in some things. Um, but ultimately, it's kind of like slasher film. I watch these things for the traps. You know, I didn't think the traps were overly the greatest. And some of the filming wasn't the greatest either, just the angles and shit they were using this one. But, I mean, I guess I guess they're technically is worse in the, in the franchise. Um, but I'm going to come in at a five on this one. I think I'm... It, I think it's about part two for me i think i gave part two a five <laughs> i can't even i can't tell you what i gave the other films at this point because we recorded these things all <laughs> separately so i don't i can't remember but i think i gave part two a five and i think it's about the same as that i don't one, think so i gave take... any of them five or below i think i i think my lowest was 5.5 maybe maybe even six um turns out you know to kind of wrap this show up here the little outro uh, I really like the Saw series, but it's a series that I probably would not want to revisit um, besides maybe the first and this newest one, honestly. I feel like this newest one has a little bit more replay value because it's kind of its own standalone story, more or less. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the Saw films are one cool franchise because to me, I, w- I think that that's one of the reasons I also like this new Saw so much is because it felt it had that level of familiarity and it's just another iteration of saw. It's just another sequel. It's another film in the, in the saw legacy, if you will, you know what I mean? And to me, I like that. This is, this is me and Jeremy's Friday the 13th. We didn't get to grow up with Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? So we got to see the saw films as they came out. And I loved the Friday the 13th series as a kid. And I always wished that I was a part of that era so I kind of got to like vicariously live it through the Saw films. And to me, there's so, there was something really nostalgic about seeing Saw in the theater, even though I've never seen it in the theater. Just seeing a new one. I was just really surprised. I was like really into the fact that there was a new Saw film. And uh, yeah, I know Jeremy didn't see it that way. <laughs> but um, And he's more of a fan of the series than me. That's for sure. It's probably why his rating is so fucking low. Surprised you didn't go batshit crazy on him. Four and a half, that's like three points lower than you. 
Yeah, but it's only half a point higher than you, lower than you, so. Mm. Hey, Carly gave it an eight, so I don't even want to hear it. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, the, the Saw franchise has definitely got a lot of quality films. You know, it's definitely, oh, for a franchise with eight good. films... For eight films, man, there's definitely not a, a lot of like straight up misses in this one, which is pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of quality and and you know, kind of putting it up against the the major major franchises, the other major franchises like you know Friday and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and things like that, this one is up there. It's a big franchise with a lot of quality, so I can't really complain. Again, the replay value is not there for me. I'm probably not, not going to watch these films. I will probably not watch a Saw film for the next. 10 years no joke man unless a new one comes out or whatever but yeah like to me it's it is no, it is it is the furthest thing from my mind like i i think if right now you're like would you rather watch silent night deadly night one through six or saw one through six i would take silent night deadly night one through six <laughs> <laughs> that's just, just torture man so, so long <laughs> shit all right well I guess that is it. That is the Saw franchise. Take us, like, what, two months to review these films? It's pretty cool. Technically the longest show we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, man. We had, uh, I had fun doing these. I had, I had fun. I'm glad that we did this show. So no complaints there. Uh, again, yeah, there's Jeremy, not many take more us out of left. Here. Nightmare Friday, about it. What? Hellraiser. <laughs> Those are like the three major ones left. Oh, major. Yeah, I was about to say there are yeah, yeah. so many damn franchises out. I know, there. but like major ones, it's like yeah. I mean, if if you want to talk left. major franchises, we we knocked off a lot of them this Halloween. And th- and by the way, this is our last. This is our Halloween show, essentially. You know what I mean? We posted our viewers' choice Halloween show last week. Um, but this is our fifth fifth show in October, and we're going to go ahead and get ready for Italian Horror Month, um, which is really exciting. And a commentary. Actually, yes. We will be doing a commentary. Can um, we tell everybody what film? Oh, my God. Oh, my the Lord. The Hip Hop Witch. <laughs> this movie <laughs> looks atrocious. Beyond atrocious. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's supposedly a parody of the Blair Witch Project, so have you seen? I it can't before? even imagine. No. Oh wow! I've known about this movie, but I always—I I remember I actually saw a trailer for it, and I started laughing so hard I was like, "I can't watch this." <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so bad. Well, now you can, and we're all going to bust jokes about <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> I have a feeling this one's going to be a level acting. I can just tell. Wow! Did you see I just know cat? from the tra- from the trailer, Shum Shady's talking about getting a finger in his ass, and I could already think about eight jokes right there. This is like oh, back man. when Slim Shady was. Wait, why am I saying? Hey, I'm just gonna save these jokes for later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeremy, take us out of here. All right, thank you everybody for listening to episode 119 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, you can follow Man Moods himself at youtube.com slash mood616. And you can follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Go over there and tell him how big of a fucking asshole he is and sending me pictures of the puppet master box set without telling me that he didn't get it. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash NESRuler22. 
22. And as always, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so, but we still won't answer. 724-426-6665. And you could also leave us an email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. It's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. And always, please join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com. Search bar, 22shotsofmoodsandhorrorpodcast. Search bar. And as always, please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22ShotsPodcast. Thank you to everybody who donated in the month of October. We raised 184 bucks. Thank you, everybody. We are going to use that money for something special coming soon, so stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for episode 120 of the 22 Shots and Boots and Horror when we start Italian Month. And we'll be digging in to our first director spotlight, which will be Mr. Argento. Tenenbrae, Deep Red, and Phenomenomena. So stay tuned for that episode coming next week. So that should do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. And as always, fuck you, Jerry. <laughs>